born. Over the age, they would not meet until many years later, but when they did, a fellowship would be forged in the fires of Nerdum. Two more would join their cause to go around and talk about nerdy things and spread joy and love and all things awesome with the thing they known as the Fake Nerd Podcast. This is their story, 30 years in the making, episode 217. Ben Magnet and Brandon T. McClure are officially the age of 30. They are halfway to 60. Sparks ben, Ryan is going to be there whenever. And Ben is in a brand spanking new house that he moved into today, and he is god awfully tired. That was an intro. So, you guys are 30, right? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I am not 30. I am 26. Bullshit. <laughs> Man, you sound, this, that, that's the thing my mom pulled when I was young. Oh, are, you, um, are you pretending that you started Fake Nerd Podcast and then just stopped aging? Yeah, that's how it works. Because uh, uh, fandom lives eternal, right, guys? That's mm-hmm. how it works. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It, as, as as Ben said many times, yes, we have celebrated our thirtieth yeah. birthday this weekend. Our, our Mine 30th. on Saturday, yours on Sunday. Well, Which is uh, yeah. yeah, and as we are currently recording this, it is still it is my birthday today. It was Brandon's yesterday, but yeah, Saturday, Sunday, we are one day apart. And Sparks, his birthday is coming up. Two weeks. Two weeks. And, and Ryan's is in January. No, um, yeah. no, nope, you're Jan- right, January. January. Okay. okay. Trust your gut. So, hey guys, Brandon, happy birthday. Ben, happy birthday. Thank you. Sparks, thanks for being here, bud. Hey, appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, real quickly, guys, before we get started with our weeks, we wanted to talk about we wanted to wanted to sit down and have a have a wee chat with you all today. No, I don't know what bit I'm doing. Oh, uh, you it up. That's a good bit. <laughs> We did something this week that we're really excited to share with you guys. Coming up this past week, uh, coming up this coming week, uh, we sat down with none other than our good friend, Mike Matola. You know, guys, if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, you know we love Mike Matola. You love Mike Matola. Uh, he, oh, Merry Birthmas, says Mag. Ah, thanks, Mag. Mag. Hi, Mag. Um, yeah, we... Uh, we do these things called Mike's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge with Mike. He's a great friend. Um, and he this... made this awesome logo that you see right here in the yeah. corner of my screen. And uh, we did a new one, a fifth, can you believe it? fifth Mike Matola's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge uh, for The Little Mermaid. Really? Just five? Feels like Just it's five. been more. I feel he's like been on. He's been on more times, but this is the fifth one. Oh, yeah. this is the fifth movie trivia challenge that we've done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we've had him on as like just like a guest and talk about X Men. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, so is it six? Six. Yeah. I'll be real with you guys. I don't want to count the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Okay. Was that a? Oh, that's right. You remember? Hey, it's half a show. Yeah. So. It five and a-, a half shows with Mike Patola. Oh, yeah. <laughs> five and a half, yeah. Uh, but yes, we did it for The Little Mermaid. He is going to debut his new Little Mermaid print this coming Tuesday. That same day, we are going to drop that episode uh, for his trivia challenge. It was a lot of fun. He changed the rules on us. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll let you know when that one goes up. It's a lot of fun. Horatio, Horatio Telonius Felonius Ignatius. Sebastian. You, you did one too many Telonius Felonius. You should have just stuck with Horatio Felonius Ignatius. Wait, Christian. Oh, 
Sebastian. Oh no! Oh, wait, what was it? Because I thought uh, I thought Horatio it was Horatio Thelonious, Ignatius, Crustaceous, oh, Sebastian. It's Ignatius. Okay, I thought it was Symphonius. I would have gotten that wrong. See, I'm glad it that was... would make sense. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. Think. We all got out of the dungeon. Damn you, Diane! <laughs> Damn you, Diane! Damn. We would have had a perfect run if it wasn't for you, Diane. Uh, we uh, learned a lot about this movie, like who, like who the evil witch's human name is. None yeah. of us knew. No, it's Vanessa. It's like, did we even? <laughs> hey, you're giving all the way the spoilers, Ryan. Sparks knew. I'm sorry, we did make it out of the dungeon. Sparks knew. Uh, yes, a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that one, guys. You are in for a treat. Mm-hmm. I like. I like the, the the final note on that is I like the evolution of how it started as one thing with multiple choice and then we got like oh we actually got to like pay attention to the movie now yeah. and like, oh we're on a team so we actually have a chance of winning like i like to see what what, what we'll do next and like then and then one person carried the entire team and now we can't fall back on that person all the time well, anymore. It was, what was really great about doing it this time was that uh like like ryan said he changed the rules on us and, and we were on a team um but he controlled the stream so you know how i i control this right now mm-hmm. he built he built all these images, all these graphics, picked the clips, threw it all into the stream, uh, and and just like dictated it like the like a beautiful director created an intro uh, for it. It was awesome. He, he was know. he was it's great. A real game I, show. No, as much as I miss um, being with um, him in the same room or doing like the the con we did last year was awesome. Yeah. That was one of the coolest things I've seen, or, or one of the coolest things we've done in a long time. Like the fact that he could like throw the graphics up, put the questions up, throw the clips right in the middle of it. It's like, this is some cool stuff. Yeah. The, look how far we've come in technology. That's amazing. Um, all right. So who wants to go first with their week? I'll go. Cause Ryan. I, didn't, I didn't do a lot. I did two things. And then I read how many X-Men comics came out this week? Three. So I'd read four comics this week. I buy 10 to 15 comics every week and I'm slowly not reading them more and more and it's making me real sad. So I got a big old pile, but I always read my X-Men because I, I gotta do it. So first I'll say three X-Men books came out. Did anyone read them this week? I know you're behind. Ben, I think you're behind. Brandon, I'm way behind. I was out of town this week. I did not get a chance to read That's right. Okay. So this I think is the turning point for a lot of people on whether um, uh, all the buildup was worth it because I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, but there was a lot of buildup to using swords and then there's not really any sword action that's pissing a lot of people off. So I think it's cool. It's a really, there's a, it, it flips everything on its head. I'll say like, you think this, you think the event's going to be one thing and kind of just changes. And that's, that makes a lot of people mad. And I see why, because we had this, this thing was supposed to be like 12 issues long and they doubled it. Right. Cause of the pandemic. Cause they had more time. Maybe they didn't need to. Maybe I still think it's good, but you know, I'm I'm just enjoying the ride. I bet reading it all together once might be might might be a little much, but um, but we'll we'll see when when it's finished. I'm still the art is still insane, you guys. Like truly, like the best art of the year is in is in this uh this crossover with multiple artists. Um, and then I read the new Warhammer comic, uh, Marnius Calgar, who is the leader of the Ultramarines. So he's a character who's been around for a long time, for, you know, like two decades, whatever, in in the novels and games and stuff. Um. I didn't think that they would add to the lore as much as they do in this comic book, you know, with, with it being like a Marvel Disney comic book. Um, it's still incredibly violent. It still has all the, the crazy chaos, sorcerer, monster stuff that I love about, about uh, the Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines. But it does something with, with the character of Marnius Calgar that, like, fundamentally changes his role and, like, who he is as a character for all of, all of the history that he's been in a really cool way that also is pissing off a lot of, a lot of hardcore fans. And I'm like... 
I don't see the problem here. I think this is a dope addition because otherwise he's just like a boring white dude. And this makes it a lot more fun for me. Um, so I think it's a really cool addition. And I'm just like, I'm just still so happy that this comic is coming out. Cause I'm like, this is a real Warhammer comic. Like, it's not just like we're putting it out to put it out. Like it's got love and care behind it. And again, the art is just, Oh, it's so good. Jason Burroughs. You're the best. Um, and then all I did for most of this week was play Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Spider-Man Miles Morales. The PS5 came out. I did not buy it, uh, but I still have a PS4, and most of the PS5 games are still coming out on the PS4. So, hey, guys, if you can't afford it, you can still play those games. Um, Sony was kind of a little wishy-washy when it was first announced about what games would be on the PS5 only, and it turns out uh, Demon Souls is pretty much the only one you got to get the new console for. So uh, if you want to play those games, guys, they're available. How does Miles Morales run? Uh, it runs and looks better than Spider-Man's PS4 version. It is still, okay. it is still looks great. Like obviously, it's not the PS5 version. It couldn't be. It's a, yeah. it's an eight-year-old console at this point, a seven-year-old console. But um, it looks great. Um, before I, I don't want to talk about it too much because I know you guys are gonna play it. But I um, just actually uh, was gifted it. So yeah, awesome. Right on. Oh, uh, nice, nice. Um, so before I talk, before I go a little bit into it, um. Before this game came out, there was a lot of speculation about how long the game was. You know, like uh, it seems like a really quick development cycle for a huge Spider-Man game, and and it was real like, hey, this is a shorter game. So I put I put about the same amount of time into Miles Morales and into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I am fifty percent into Miles Morales, and I just hit the prologue of Assassin's <laughs> Creed Valhalla. But that's because that's a 150 open-world RPG. They're not mm -hmm. the same type of game. It's just funny when you put them side by side. I'm like, wow, I'm almost done with the Spider-Man game, and I just got the chapter one in this video game. Right. It's just very funny to see. Um, guys, Miles Morales is, is freaking incredible. Like, truly, everything I was worried about, I worried about it being just a side game that wasn't going to be important, that maybe having a like this creative this creative team of a bunch of white people handling a black character they hired black black writers to write this character all the stuff i was worried about about miles morales being put into this very shiny ps4 white world uh there's there's nothing to worry about uh it is it is so culturally diverse and half the script is in spanish because miles and his mom speak spanish and it is it is it is so good and all the villains and everything like you guys know miles morales like i don't need to i don't need to explain you if you've seen into the spider-verse you know who's in this yeah. like i don't it's not spoilers who shows up like genki and his uncle and all that stuff like it's not spoilers uh but the stuff it does with that it's just different enough from into the spider-verse uh to make it really cool and really impactful and uh the villain stuff you see coming from a mile away like you get introduced to this character and then you get introduced to the villain and you immediately know they're the same person but the game is not trying to psych you out. It leans into it and it goes to like, oh, why is this person bad? I can help them. And it makes it emotional. Um, I think it's a better game than Spider-Man. I, I think it's, I think the gameplay is better. I think Miles' new powers make it a, so much more fun to play. And I want to talk about the rumors real quick about a year ago when this game before was even announced. The game was rumored to be uh, during Christmas. It is during Christmas. Um, uh, it would be a lot of snow. It'd be Miles Morales, right? And then the game was announced and all that's true. Uh, with that being said, there's also stuff talking about the sequel game, the actual sequel game. And the stuff that they're implementing in this game, it looks like they were going to have a Gotham Knights Spider-Man game for the next game. And I don't want to talk about too much shit, but Miles and Spider-Man maybe both being in the next game where you can play both characters is maybe the most exciting thing I've ever seen in a game that I'm just like, this game is so good and it's such a good foundation where I can see they wanted to make a smaller game to test this stuff before they make it a huge Spider-Man 2. And I'm just like, I can't wait for you guys to play it because it is, it's exceptional. I think it's it's also so much funnier in every single way. It is a hilarious game. The bad guy's dialogue, it's so funny. 
Um, I just love it so much. Maybe yeah, we'll I, we'll get to do a review on it soon. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking as Miles Morales was coming out this week that like it wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to release the next Spider-Man game and not like they already incorporated you playing as him and Mary Jane in their own elements. Yeah. I'm like, it wouldn't make sense to release Miles Morales and not incorporate at least part of the game to be based around playing Miles as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm glad that that that's probably what yeah. will happen. And looking, I know we, we might talk about Spider-Man soon, but, but playing this game and seeing how it is a much more streamlined, like 15 hour experience compared to the not, I don't think Spider-Man is a, is a uh, overly stuffed game. You know, it's a big open world game with lots of collectibles, but I do think, I do think some of that Mary Jane and Miles stuff after a while gets kind of boring and I just want to be Spider-Man and it cuts a lot of that fat. So also some of the side quests fat. I think all the side quests are good and they're all streamlined again to make it important why Miles is collecting the things. It's not just to collect them. Yeah. It's for a story reason. Right. I, I feel like uh, also currently revisiting Spider-Man DLC where I just played Mary Jane. Yeah. I feel like the value of those things is that, yeah, it kind of is like... Uh, but it's an excuse to let those characters stand as characters in the game when you you aren't just having like long cinematics because yeah. otherwise you're playing Spider-Man. No, of course. And so, uh, you know, they can only expand on those characters so much. Like, I get why they're there. They are dull. But, uh, uh, and I think that there's just the idea of that those Mary Jane, Miles, Spider-Man 1 quests just yeah. need to be rethought so that they're at least more engaging skill wise yes i just thought they were a few of them were fine but i found like there was just one too many of them and they were just too monotonous yeah 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 um uh, but yeah real quickly real quickly which historian has a comment here it says this is the representation that is needed when yeah when oh just... man like there's like i'm just again like i'm very you know i'm very, I'm very 2020 in, in in life right now I'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling very very woke i just don't want to spider-man's a very white game and there's nothing wrong with that right so but when i come to miles morales i do not want to see any of that shit this is a miles morales game and luckily all the music is hip-hop inspired the christmas music is hip-hop inspired uh you have cinematic segments where he's doing stuff to rap music and it's like it's stuff he's listening to in the headset and he takes off it and you still hear the music in his headset and it's just it's it's such a more personal game in almost every way uh and it also helps that smaller what's up how do you unlock the spider-verse costume Baby, it's free from the start. Yes. Well, only if you pre-order. That's not true. Oh. Because I bought the game two like a day after it came out. Yeah. Uh, just forty nine ninety nine on the PS Store. They gave it to you for free. Unless they, I got bought, unless I got it for free for for nothing. Uh, they in Sparks's defense, they did say that it was available for pre-order. Uh, it was a pre-order exclusive. However, you can earn it in game if you didn't pre-order it. Uh, perhaps I that's what I started they the game and I equipped the suit. I didn't pre-order the game. It, it could Maybe be that they. It, it could be that they went back on their on on that because uh, th this week they said, and this isn't our news, but this week they said that the exclusive PlayStation Five suits that are going to be on the remaster of the Spider-Man of just Spider-Man PS4 uh, are actually going to also be available for the PS4 update coming soon. Awesome. So it's so so it could be that much like that they were just like you know what never mind we'll just give it to everyone. I also it also yeah. could just be that because it's the PS4 last gen version, they didn't feel they needed to hide it behind a wall because like the incentive is on the PS5. It's like, oh, I can get on the PS5. Whereas PS4, the game's gonna sell way more on PS4 because a hundred million PS4s are out there. The yeah, PS5 yeah. literally just launched. Like mm -hmm. I, I was a fool to even think they would launch this solely on the PS5. They want to make billions of dollars. Of course they're gonna release it on the PS4. Um but yeah, guys, playing the last thing on, on this game, uh playing it with the Spider-Verse suit with the Spider-Verse effects where it, it distorts the the um 
is that what's called like the frame rate but also when you punch these it does like the boom pack wow um it really turns that game into something even better than it already was because it just feels like i'm playing into the spider-verse at times nice. uh it's just it's just so it's just so refreshing like uh, this work week kind of kind of sucked a little bit. It was it was really just a lot. It was a very busy week. Uh, people get Veterans Day off. I don't. I work twice as hard because people come to restaurants on Veterans Day. Um, mm -hmm. But Spider Man was such a relief. And going into my next relief, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Hey guys, Vikings are cool. Did you know that? Um, <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling. I had an inkling. Yes. Uh, cool. So Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's a third game in this new updated. Um, witcher 3-esque uh, uh assassin's creed franchise um of the three assassin's creed games uh the egyptian or sorry egypt uh greece and now uh norway slash england with vikings um the vikings are the are the like group of people i know the least about you know i grew up loving greek mythology that's why i, I loved odyssey so much as i did and um origins is just a really really great story in egypt about a uh about a couple going through uh, trauma of losing their son and what that does to them and splits them in two different directions, assassins and Templar, stuff like that. So when I came to this Vikings one, I'm like, okay, I don't really have any association with Viking stuff except for like Norse God of War shit, right? Whatever. Um, it's amazing. Wow, Vikings are really cool. There's, <laughs> those guys are really cool, you guys. So... The two, there's many different side quests you can do in all these Assassin's Creed games, and they're tied to like you know like Egyptian stuff or Greek stuff. In this one, there's something called flighting, which is um, Viking rap battles, and this is a real thing. And this is something where uh, Vikings get into circles and they just they rap battle each other and they and they sick and they they spit sick rhymes. But the point of the mini game, it teaches you about rhythm and flow, and it teaches you about rapping. And it's really interesting. It's a, it's one of the most unique side quests I've ever seen because it's all about wordplay. And it, it gives you, the dude wraps something at you. Like, your mother is gross. She looks like a pig. And it'll give you three options of three different rhymes. But you have to match the inflection and tone to make a better insult than he did, right? And I'll give you three things that sound good, but you have to know rhythm and flow to make it, to make it work, to make the insult work. So it's a constant battle of trying to sound cool, but also making the rhythm work to like the da 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 like, like music, right? And I've just never seen that in the game. And it's just you, you're just like, yo, your mother's ugly and I hate her. And you got to say something better than the next guy. And I just find that super fun. And all the Vikings, they're all very, like, Viking culture, and this is a game. I don't know if this is real. But, like, Viking culture, they're all very, like, machismo, and they like to make fun of each other. Kind of like how we, like, rib each other, like we rib Ben. That's just what they're doing all the time, but they're doing it in jest because they're just, like, warrior people. Uh, and, again, Viking society, like, chicks can be uh, just as badass as, as the Viking dudes. And I'm playing as girl Eivor, and she rocks, dude. And she has a huge scar right here. Super cool. Um, she her One of her kills is you get a hammer, and you get another hammer, and you slam a dude's head like that. And I'm like, this is insane. Uh, this is the most violent Assassin's Creed game by far. They, they they turn the gore up to like eleven. Like when you sort of do like blood splurts out like a like a Japanese like fifties movie, uh, like three hundred. Um, it's really cool. Also, uh, the one of the best side games also is a drinking contest where you it's a drinking battle and it's a rhythm game where you have to hit A as you're drinking and the faster you drink the circle gets smaller and the people behind you are going chug 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 and the more you drink the more drunk you get so you have to use a stick to wobble and it's this constant it's this hard game of getting drunk. And it's just super fun. And just all these games are tied to Viking culture, but it's also ways to just have some fun. And I'm like, yo, man, this game's great. Uh, you go on raids to build up your, your settlement. It's like Red Dead Revolution, where um, Red Dead Revolution, yes, where you build up your settlement, where um, you build a blacksmith so you can upgrade your shit, or you, you build a, a fishing village so you can get a better fishing boat. And it's just all the stuff that stems into the economy of being a Viking. So everything, much like Miles Morales, seems to matter in the world. And just both the, both the games, I'm just loving so much. Uh, I put 
eight hours into both of them over the last like four or five days. And I just like, I almost wish I didn't have a podcast so I can continue to play it right now because I'm just, I am loving it so much. Uh, and I'm just so glad to have that in my life right now. And that's me talking for 10 minutes. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Uh, I, real, I did stuff with him too. Real quickly, uh, Witcher Story says, The Witcher game three is a correct. Uh, I think that might be a typo. It feels like it's not quite an Assassin's Creed game, which is what they've been trending for recently. Do you understand that, Ryan? I think like like the the structure, like the new modern Assassin's Creed games are are like The Witcher. They're open world uh, uh, action RPGs with like upgrading elements. I see. Uh, Sparks, do you want to go next? Or? I suppose so. Uh, yeah, the old Assassin's Creed games were, were open world games, but they were much smaller and much uh, uh, much kind of tighter, like not as big as of breadth. Um, and these games are much more just like, yo, th this is a big ass game. Yeah. Um, so I had to watch uh, 13th. This came out a while ago on Netflix. It's the documentary about um, the 13th Amendment and our prison system here in America, uh, oh. mostly around black people in being incarcerated. Uh, I was aware it it's directed by Ava DuVernay. Sure. Um, I, I, I've heard a lot about it, but I never sat down to watch it, um, but I had to for a class. And it's it's a good documentary. It's a solid documentary. It's going to make you very angry. <laughs> um, that's just like, that's just the reality is it's really upsetting to watch, uh, watch them very eloquently explain how racism became political, became easy to uh, litigate and hide blatantly into... Uh, you know, the Jim Crow laws and then the war on drugs and all of that leading into uh, the bullshit of that we're all kind of aware of, but like, it's just really in your face and it's a lot. And it's, it's a really good documentary. You will, you will be angry uh, <laughs> after. So just be aware of it, but, yeah. but you should be angry about it. It's just, it, I maybe didn't want to be that emotionally angry this week, but uh, it, it's, it's solid. I recommend it. Um, Thanks school. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad I watched it. I'm informed, uh, more informed than before. Uh, Megan and I are still watching the third season of Killing Eve. Um, that's a good show. That's a good show. Have, have they killed her yet? No. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> she ain't dead yet. For some reason, I watched The Little Mermaid this week. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a good and, uh, and when I did that, I also decided for some reason to watch The Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea. Oh, honey, no, why? Too Guys, much. that's actually legitimately an enjoyable film, up to a point. Oh. And there's a specific point where all of a sudden it becomes less enjoyable. <laughs> and it's when you meet the discount Timon and Pumbaa, Walrus and Penguin characters. Oh, no. Um, well, I, I had no idea those characters were. I just knew Sebastian was. I thought he was going to be the main foil for Melody? Yeah, that's it's Melody. Okay. Uh, that's Tara Strong, by the way. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea I think is is fine uh, I like that story of Ariel and having to like relate to her daughter in a sense of like doing the same thing that her dad did but in reverse and it's like oh it's like a massive it, it's, a, it's a reach no yeah yeah wait years later uh, she's her daughter's a teenager um, uh, it's it's it has all of the original voice cast back except for Eric um, including wait, how does she never mind <laughs> including uh ursula playing ursula's sister so um it's it's fine it's a fine watch the uh, show is better I, I did it for some the show is better um uh, but i did it i did it just to like i don't know i just i just did it whatever yeah, yeah. um <laughs> to, to, to interject really quick a lot of the disney sequels i've always been curious about i just 
I think the only ones I know for a fact I have seen that I can remember is Lanking 2 and Mulan 2. Lanking 2, I liked, but Mulan 2, the more, uh, the more, the uh, more I remember we've Mulan 2. We've yeah. had this discussion a lot because uh, we want you desperately to watch Aladdin 3, King of Thieves. Yeah, I want to watch that one. That one's yeah, fine. Yeah. That, that, that one I'm down. That one I'm down. Also, Cinderella there, 3, I heard is there, really good. There are Disney sequels, yes. Uh, there are Disney sequels that are just, like, bad. And then there's ones that are passable and fine, and you're like, they're nothing to write home about, but, like, it's fine. It's a fine continuation. And then there's great ones. Um, Little Mermaid 2 lands in the passable. Okay. Uh, Megan and I also watched the first episode of Prop Culture. We did a lot of Disney Plus stuff this week. Uh, just, yeah, just the first episode, because it's the Mary Poppins episode. She felt like doing it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's a good um, episode. Uh, we also watched, we watched most of them, but we watched all the shorts on Short Circuit, um, the Short Circuit collection on Disney Plus. Yes. Where different people who work in Disney animation got to make a short. Um, people who don't usually lead animation things. I also, on my own, watched Once Upon a Snowman, which is the uh, new Olaf short related to Frozen. Um, I'm a, I'm a sucker, I think, for this kind of story element, which is the we're going to revisit the thing from the original project, but show it from a different point of view. So what this is, is that the opening of the short is the middle of Let It Go when Elsa makes Olaf in the snow. Hmm. And then it follows Olaf up into the point he meets Anna and Kristoff. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's Lion King one and a half? Yeah, essentially, but yeah. condensed into a 12-minute short. So it's you know much tighter and yeah. it works better. Um, and uh, that's actually pretty good. I have to say, um, as not a big fan of Olaf, I think that the comedy of it is pretty good. He spends a long time at Wandering Oaken's trying to find a nose with him um, because yeah. Oaken thinks he's cool. Wandering Oaken is the redheaded shopkeeper guy. Oh, yeah. uh, Hello. Real, real yeah. quickly, real quickly, uh, which historian says Mulan 2, King of Thieves, and Cinderella 3 are the best sequels. Uh, I'll fight you a bit on Mulan 2. I will definitely fight you on Mulan 2 because I did not like Mulan 2. I would. But... I would so land in the same place um but, uh king of thieves and their other three are, are good those i've heard are the best ones so those i'm like okay I, once I've... here's the thing i really like simba's pride too i do too um it's, it's been years but yeah getting back to uh, olaf so so once upon a snowman uh i think is is a solid little thing um i think they do a good job of like pointing out where Anna and Kristoff are and how Olaf is just kind of within their perimeter, but doing other things before he eventually ends up colliding with them. Um, it's fun. It's engaging. Uh, I recommend it. Um, still on the Disney Plus kick, we watched George of the Jungle. We did watch oh, George of the Jungle. Megan hadn't seen it in years. I the original one? I saw it since I, I watched it like on DVD when it came out like 20-something yeah. years ago. Yeah. I uh, saw that movie in theaters. Yeah. That movie's uh, awesome. That that movie's hilarious. That movie, uh, besides some uh, just a couple like dated things, like holds up like very very funny and like for, like fourth wall breaking, and like the the like I see the gif online of like this is where we throw our heads back and laugh. Like I see the gif all the time. I'm like oh right, it's from George of the Jungle. Yeah. Wait, that's from George of the Jungle? Yeah. yeah. Really, Are you I really kidding? Like the... I thought that was from like a nature documentary or something. No. I really like the bit where John Cleese is like oh uh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's the Junkless is the gorilla, right? Junkless is the gorilla. Yeah, um, he's an ape named ape. Um, like someone like 
it's it's obviously a kids movie, so there's some like physical comedy to I just don't think it's super funny. But like mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser, man, like you said, he was like he was repping like good Goku energy, and I'm like, yeah, like big like big dumb guy. I, yeah. I was as we were watching it, I'm like, I think Brendan Fraser playing George is the closest I've seen like spiritual personality wise to yeah. Goku in live action. Like, like so that's, wholesome. That's yeah. that's wholesome and stupid in yeah. the right way. And super strong. Yeah. Uh, and super strong. I'm like, yeah, that's like he he's unfathomably unbeatable so he doesn't take anything seriously yeah he's <laughs> um, one punch right yeah uh, uh movie's really funny yeah jordan jungle is solid really watch out for the tree uh, uh i didn't know there was a sequel so when we we clicked on the the thing it's got the kid from two and a half men yeah the most soulless stare like they picked the worst picture for like the promo shot because the kid's just like that's like evil looking i'm like Oh my god! I'm never watching that movie. Wow. I want to say that was his first acting gig too. Brendan Fraser is not in that film, so I've not yeah. seen it. It's like a Brad Pitt knockoff. It's like Brad. The only Pitt. the only good joke in George of the Jungle Two is the very beginning when the narrator says, "Our hero George," and George swings in, and then it's the new guy, and he's like, "You're not Brendan Fraser," and then he's like, "No, <laughs> studio couldn't afford him," and then they move on. Uh, it's the only good joke. That's uh, pretty good. And it's at the very beginning, and it's all downhill from there. Uh, I, I was saying to Ryan that, and Megan that I felt like George of the Jungle is uh, the most like Muppet movie kind of humor and energy I've seen in a movie that doesn't actually have like the Muppet characters. Um, although the gorillas are partially puppeteered by Jim Henson Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so George of the Jungle happened. Um, we, we also that same night watched The Mole. Oh, yeah. We watched the first episode of this old show called The Mole. Anderson Cooper's The Mole. Which is from like the year 2000 uh so um that show is basically live action among us for real like the timing couldn't be crazier of like us playing among us uh and then watching the show which it's about a group of people uh doing tasks and one person is trying to sabotage them to get all the money to get all the money and but like they, they have to be careful how they figure it out and and so like they like a person gets eliminated for knowing the least about who the mole is uh, because they all have to answer this questionnaire at the end and without like revealing anything to the others, the people who are running the show check them and find the person who knows who has acquired the least information. And that person is eliminated. And when they're eliminated, they make a big like goodbye reel because they're executed. And so they make this like cheesy minute long reel of this dude who is only in the one episode. So well, who's like, and they give descriptors where it's like, you know, undercover cop is this one guy's profession and career manuel who gets eliminated his descriptor was single father <laughs> it's like it's like the most 2000s like stereotype show it's but it was actually really entertaining it was really entertaining anderson cooper's the host like t- like 10 years before he went into politics and it's him being like wearing like a turtleneck sweater with like a leather jacket trying to be cool and i'm like oh anderson oh anderson oh anderson you don't yeah. know where you're gonna be in 20 years my <laughs> just man. just wait which historian says such a ridiculous show after yeah, saying OMG Anderson Cooper. They, they go out of their way to cut to a shot to make it look like Anderson Cooper is flying the plane that they that they go in. <laughs> so cheesy. And it's I'm so like, cheesy. he's obviously not going to be their pilot, but they go out of their way to film it. Okay. I need to look this up real quick. Keep talking. It's on free. Yeah, it's on, it's on YouTube for free. Katie uh, is the reason we watched the mole. We watched it with her. That's <laughs> we watched funny. it with her. Um, <laughs> uh so there you go um 
we also played Among Us. You played Among Us for the first time. Yes, I did. Uh, I've watched many streams of famous people playing that game, and then I decided I'll play it now. And now you have joined the legion of famous people playing that game. I am so famous, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, the game. I love games that are about like being deceptive, where like you can you can lie to your friends, but it's all in good jest. Yeah. Like that is that is that is always like like Ultimate Werewolf games like that. Mm -hmm. um, big fan of those games. Yeah, it's very much the same concept as Ultimate Werewolf, yeah. just in like that format. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also played some Fortnite this week. You returned to Fortnite for a bit. I did return to Fortnite. God, that game is still good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this was the week where they decided to release in the item shop Psylocke, Domino, and Cable. Yeah, and <laughs> all in one bundle. Daredevil, Daredevil's there. Captain Daredevil America's and Ghost Rider and are there. Yeah, Silver Surfer is cool, and I'm just like Blade. Yeah, Blade's cool. Yeah, that that's uh that is a Marvel Gal heavy game right now. Galactus is literally just like approaching. He's like this he's just on the horizon. Oh. Yeah, so we're gonna fight in like a week or two probably. Yeah, you looking at the mole? Yeah, I'm looking up Anson Cooper in the mole, and damn, he did love that term. He it, it, it real quickly, which historian, which historian says he was really hot there. Can you corroborate, Ben? <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that was Mulder. I, I would argue, no? has Anderson Cooper ever stopped being hot? Start from the top. Now, I have to say, Anderson Cooper is a very good-looking man, but I kind of like the white on his hair a little bit more. It's this, it's Although... To be perfectly honest, he probably got that through the past four years of the current administration. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Just losing his mind. Yeah, Fortnite's still fun. Um, we Our anime group started a new anime. It's called Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, it's all about uh, there are cursed objects that exist in the world, and only some people can see the auras that they create and the spirits that they attract, spirits and demons, who want to consume the cursed objects to become more powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, and one hapless dude happens to get in the middle of the whole thing because he can kind of see these things, and he's helping a dude who, is, like, actively pursues these cursed objects, and is he ends up and he ends up swallowing uh, this thousand-year-old finger, mm. and then becoming like demonically possessed, but I, he's somewhat able to control it. I think I've seen a clip of this. It's uh, it's pretty dope. Um, Brandon, you didn't get to watch the first episode yet, right? Yeah, uh, it, that's going to be our, our show for a while. Um, I like the first episode, so solid stuff. Into it. Uh, I'm playing through the Spider-Man DLC right now. Uh, just returned to it. start that before, right? Yeah. Okay. I just finished the first piece and started the second. Gotcha. Um, so I just I just started the part where, like, you're after Hammerhead's gang hideouts in the yeah. rain. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Um, my game's fun. Uh, it takes a little bit to get back into the swing of it, but then, but then you're there. Because again, remember, like they expect you to know everything still. Yeah. So like they throw hard for at sure. You. you know, yeah, exactly. you know what games need to put quick, quick side tangent. You know what games really need to do is if you boot up a game after, because obviously there's like an eternal clock in the system, yeah. and it keeps track of how your hours. There should be like, hey, you haven't played this game in like two and a half months. Here's how to redo the controls that you forgot. Yeah. Uh, it, it that definitely makes it hard for me to go back to games I dropped for a while, uh, where I'm like, all right, gotta spend like an yeah. hour or two. That's uh, why remembering how to be, you know, you know. That's why when I when I start like huge open world RPGs that are like 100 hours long, I try to stay with it as long as I can because if I come back in like 70 hours, I'm like, I have no idea what's happening right now. Uh, I'm just reading the story. It's called. I'll, I'll pull that. Damn. I'll pull that up for the audience. Excuse me. Thank you. He has never not been hot. Uh, this is talking about Anderson Cooper. We passed this <laughs> bit, but uh, and he started growing gray white when he was twenty. So silver wow. fox, come at which is come so at me, silver fox. I I agree. Um, 
some John Oliver energy. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking yeah. about Adam Driver. Yeah. Oh God, I oh, love God. Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Uh, the last things I'll talk about is I watched Screen Three for no particular reason except i guess brandon said i haven't seen it and then we're watching it and he's like nope i've seen seen this (laughs) but then couldn't figure out who the killer was for the life of him yes literally everybody in fairness in fairness i cannot remember most of the movie and uh i don't think the killer makes a lot of sense yeah yep uh we also played a game called blockbuster yes Yes. And Mysterium. Uh, we played Mysterium for the first time. Mysterium, which was a lot of fun. Uh, yes. Uh, 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 we played a. Are you done? Do you want. Can I go? Uh, we're kind of sharing talking about that, so go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it was my birthday, and uh, Sparks and, and your missus came by, and we played a game called Blockbuster that ended up being. I bought it on a lark. Uh, it's based off Blockbuster video. Uh, oh, so, little... so is it the Blockbuster game that comes in the, the plastic thing? Yeah. Uh, like a Target? And, yeah. We play yeah, and we played three rounds of this game, all switching teams, and it was it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I never is. I've never heard of this. So basically, like all of the concepts are that you have to try to be uh agreed. Scream three is amazing. Um, but the others are are more amazing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um we the point of Blockbuster is a lot of like you're testing your movie knowledge. Ooh, yeah. And so like you're working on your team to get them to recognize the film based off either one word or a quote or by acting it out. Um, And you kind of get to gauge where you put them. But before you get to lay those films out for that with your partner, you and one person from the other team have to go head to head against each other. And you get a random card that's like movies with a dog and you hit a timer that goes for 15 seconds and you get to hit it every time you come up with a movie that hasn't been mentioned. It isn't part of the same franchise. And you just go for as long as you can until one of you can't think of them. And that, so imagine that was a Yeah. Airbud. Airbud two. Uh-huh. Airbud three. Uh, Air one, of, one of them was Homeward Bound. Uh, one of them was movies. Which one was the one we went like forever on? It was the second one. I don't remember what that one was. Yeah. Uh man, that it was wild. Mm-hmm. At the end of the night, it was 3:30 in the morning, and I slept good that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, I need to bring that because I want to play that game now. And when, we talked about it. We talked about it when we were playing. Like as soon as we can all get together in person, like the four of us doing our thing, yeah, man, we're playing that game. Cause, no, because I see that. I, see I the bought the expansion game. today. No, <laughs> Mag's like old yeller. With how the board is set up, could we do it virtually? If if he just if he just has a board, you know what I mean? Since it's just trivia knowledge, right? No, it'd no. be it, you have to pass the cards off, oh, okay. and so like because oh. what happens is whoever wins the head-to-head gets six movies mm. and they get to pick the like whoever won it gets to pick the three they think are going to be the easiest for their team oh. and give the hardest to the other team got it okay and, I got all, you. and the goal is to get one film from all eight genres that are in the oh. uh uh game got it okay oh man that sounds really fun it's a lot of fun yeah. the expansion comes with a hundred new movies and Ooh. four new four new uh, genres a little board game so you can actually play the expansion by itself Ooh. Oh, wow um with just those cards so uh yeah i'm 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 ready to go again on that game Man, that's not, no because every time i see games like that at blockbuster because there's like a tracker keeper game there's a the block but like the blockbuster game or there's there's these all these like novelty games that they it's like oh that looks cool probably is a uh, shit game but the, the other game 
the other game we played was also really fun. I really enjoyed that one. Mysterium? Yeah, Mysterium. Ghost yeah. games. Uh, yeah, Blockbuster would be a lot of fun to do. Uh, uh, I think we would even record it uh, sometime. Mm. I'm down. We've got cameras. Yeah, I'm done. Well, it's because I, why don't I go? Because I, uh, I have my birthday first. Mm-hmm. So yes, age before did. beauty. Um, <laughs> Call me um, beautiful. Yeah, I am. Oh, thank you. Don't feel like beautiful, Sparks, but appreciate it. Like Sparks said, like we've been talking about a lot, I have my birthday this past Saturday, and, and Sparks and, and his missus came by, and we, we played some games, watched Scream 3, which I enjoyed. Um, but I also went up this past week to see my family. I mentioned before I went out of town. I did go see my, my dad and my mom and my dog. Not necessarily in that order. I put my dog before my mom. Um, but we... <laughs> But uh, it was a good time. I had a good time, honestly. Um, uh, in a rare form, my mom and I did not fight. Uh, we fought beforehand, so we got that out of, the, out of our system. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to go see my um, my grandparents' graves. I haven't been in a very, very long time. Uh, and I wanted to go. Uh, so we would go up to San Jose. That's where they're buried. And we and paid our respects. I haven't been there in a while. Uh, but I'm going to tell you a fun little anecdote. I went to a hot dog place up in San Jose called... Um, uh the hungry hot dog the hungry i forgot what it's called hold on happy hound happy hound happy hound it's called happy hound it's been there forever it's a family-owned joint um it's a small little place so we ordered some hot dogs uh some tater tots and so i'm like oh i'm easy you know give me a corn dog give me some tater tots and give me a give me a hot dog with a ketchup well so i we get the food and uh, let me show you what my hot dog with ketchup looked like. <laughs> I'd eat that. I'd for eat the that audio too. listeners, for the audio listeners, that was a hot dog with shredded cheese on top. Not, not a little bit. Not <laughs> not a little bit. amount of cheese. Covered, <laughs> covered in cold, shredded cheddar cheese. Oh, it's not even warm. Oh, oh it's no. all cold. F that. Right. On top of a warm hot dog. And I was looking at that and I'm like, how? How? You know what? I how did you do this? Like, what how did I go? Hey, can I get a hot dog with ketchup? The most basic hot dog you've ever seen in your life. And the person on the other side of the glass went, hmm, got it. Cheese. <laughs> like, how'd you do that? I'm honestly a little impressed. As someone who works at a restaurant sometimes, tickets get swapped. Uh, sure. stupid uh, <laughs> as, as someone who's also worked in a restaurant I can confirm everything Ryan is saying sometimes be, makes I didn't go, I didn't go back to get the hot dog because I was kind of like worried about what that conversation would look like excuse me you just put a ton of shredded cheese on my hot dog can I get like an extra dog for all this cheese There's, the portions <laughs> are off uh, apparently they wanted a dog with your cheese I tried to eat it I tried to eat it I ate most of it honestly it was a lot of food because of the shredded cheese uh, it was wild. I was happy I ordered the corn dog and the and the thing. We did, looked did at it for a solid, Yeah, the corn dog was fine. We looked at it for like a solid five minutes, looking at it like, how did they do this? It's like Ashton Kutcher's back there. He thinks he's getting a ketchup dog, but he's gonna get a cheese one. And I'm wow. thinking like, I'm thinking like maybe they like switch the orders because like maybe maybe they have a regular there that just buys it with shredded cheese. But the yeah. person before us was this old lady, and I'm like, surely she's not getting a hot dog with shredded cheese on it. Just I cold, only eat cold cheese shredded cheese. cheese and hot just, dogs every day. just funny enough, I would totally eat a hot dog with cold shred- shredded cheese on it. 
I did. I would too, but like if it's not what I ordered, I'd be like, I, I know if it's not what you ordered. It's oh, just oh. such a weird. It's just such a weird. How do you get from ketchup to cold shredded cheese? How do you get from point I mean, A to eventually point B? And I mean, not that much cheese. That's the thing. Is like if I have a hot hot dog and just like a mountain of cold shredded cheese on top. I don't know, man. I don't know what to do you with to eat myself. Like a pound anymore. of cheese before yep. you get to the dog. By the time you're there, like you're there out. Man, it's funny because normally when people say, "Yeah, I, I like cheese," I'm, they'll put like a little bit. I mean, they'll put just a, a bit. Cheese. And you know what? It's also melted and toasted. Yeah, and they, oh god, even there are times when I go to Chipotle, I'm ordering my burritos. Like, hey, can I, even when I did it on the app, it's like, hey, can I get extra cheese? They just put the regular amount of cheese, and then when I go in stores, like, put a little bit extra. I, I give me my cheese, lady or uh, person, whoever's there. <laughs> But that's enough of that anecdote. I wanted to share that on the podcast because that was, no, that was funny. Oh, I, I liked it. I'm a cheese I man. Like even I'm uh, like, come on. Even I have. <laughs> yeah. Of I'm really the, glad I added the picture just to, be, yeah. to give you guys that visual. Although, what, although I don't know how much of a cheese head I am that when I first saw the picture, I'm thinking, oh, so you got an upgrade. I got some, I got some other, I got some good gifts for this, for this birthday. I'm really appreciative. I felt really loved. I had one of the best days of the year, uh, probably the best day of my whole year uh, yesterday. Um, this year's been tough, uh, and and I was lucky I got to see my best friend and and have some have a good time. Uh, oh, you! You gave me a beautiful gift. You gave me Kevin Conroy saying how much he loved me. Uh, that's beautiful. But my girlfriend uh, gave me a, a watch, a new watch. Uh, she uh, she does, and as you can see, she had it custom painted with Marceline, Marceline! Bubblegum! and bubblegum. Oh, that's uh, cool. The best it. relationship in Adventure Time. Um, so I was very touched by that. I recently went through Adventure Time. I love Adventure Time. Uh, so that, and she had inscribed it uh, uh, for the Marcy to my PB, November 2020. Oh, that's so much. So, <laughs> that's isn't really, that adorable? So, I uh, yeah, anyway, so like going on to the nerd stuff I did this week. Uh, I watched Little Mermaid for some reason. We'll t- later. Um, Screen three, I talked about. Uh, I finished, I started and finished The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, right. We should watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I told um, you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to finish it because uh, I, wa- I wanted to be sure um, uh, that, that I watched it before I finished, before I went up, been up to Monterey. I don't think it is structured as well. And it, as people have said, it's not as scary. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just don't think the show is structured as well as Hill House. And that's its detriment for me. Overall, I think Hill House is a better show. However, I think Bly Manor has a better ending for me. Good. I think Bly Manor ends very strongly. What? I can't speak to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think the ending of Bly Manor really resonated with me uh, on a way that Hill House didn't. Not to say Hill House has a bad ending. I was just a little left cold by it. Whereas Bly Manor, I don't think I was. Good. Um, that's all I'll say on that one because as we talked about, you guys are going through it right now, and I don't want to get too much into it. Appreciate it. Um, I read I read a bunch of comics because I went up I went up to I went up north, and while my mom's watching Grey's Anatomy, I had some I needed something to do. Um, so I watched Grace and Frankie. It's a good show. There but go. I, I read I caught up on the death metal issues. I was three I was three issues behind. Uh, Rise of the New Gods, which was good, which I I, I mean I liked. Yeah, actually, I really like that one. It's got a Gurren Logan-esque uh, kind of thing happening in the background, which I appreciated. Um, the Justice League issue, which I liked. Uh, and then, uh, what's it called? 
Infinite Hour Extreme with three X's, which is a Lobo one-shot, um, written by Frank Thierry. It's pretty wild. I actually had a good time with that one. And I'll speak just a just a tad on it. Um, it because it does introduce a new Batman, uh, Dark Knight, who is Lobo and his, you know, whatever. Um, but I think Lobo is such a fun character to kind of comment on the silliness that's happening uh, within Death Metal. And, and it he's he was a fun character to write throughout the Death Metal universe there's three pages where he rewrites the or the the batman superman and wonder woman origins to be lobo uh and i thought those were a lot of fun also it's a good time honestly i uh, i i i like me some frank Thierry. he did that space punisher like he, he's yeah. he's definitely a, a a wild guy so like um the last the last death metal issue i i read was the uh infinite well it was the one with alaman i forget it was the infinite multiverses what was it called I, uh the and the, the multiverse's end. Multiverse's end, yeah. Um, I really like that book a lot. Uh, when 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 the book isn't taking itself too seriously, that's when I'm most enjoying it. So I'm glad uh, that Lobo one, like I, I might probably check that. Yeah, one. Rise of the New Gods picks up directly after of Multiverse's end, but it's not really about what's happening there. Um, but we do get more about what happened after they left those universes and what their plan is to to beat the the, the darkest night or whatever. Um, I read Crossover, which is Donnie Cates' new book. That one res- resonated with me on a way that I didn't expect, but that has more to do with what I'm going through emotionally lately in regards to how I enjoy or don't enjoy comic books. Um, it's it's more a book that I'll acknowledge came at, a, at the right time in my life than it is so much as a good book. Um, I do think it's, it's a good book, but I, I don't think it's like anything mind-blowing or whatever. <laughs> it's got a great premise that I'm intrigued in he's in it for the long haul with that one i posted on twitter that i liked one of the reasons why i liked donna kate's one of the things that i that i think about a lot with crossover specifically is that even if he's not sure he can do something as a writer or as a or as talented um he always makes an attempt and he's always just like look if it doesn't work at least i tried it and i appreciate that not just on a writer level, but also as a, like a person level. I think that's what gravitates me towards like his more stuff. Even if I don't think it's it's a hundred percent there, I think it's got the potential to do it because he's doing his best essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's what I said. Like I don't. Uh, I I didn't think that first issue was was terrific. I think the premise is cool. Uh, yeah. He is for the long haul. I just personally wanted that first issue to give me more to give me more reasons to care about the investment. Yeah. Um, and then I caught up. Yeah, I'll say I caught up. I caught up on the Black Hammer universe. I was three issues behind, technically, two miniseries behind, because uh, I hadn't read the last two issues of, Stol- of Skull Digger and Bonehead? Crossbones? I don't remember the kid's name. Um, and uh, Skeleton Boy. That's it. And Colonel Weird Cosmogog had its first issue uh, last week. Um, and I thought both of those series, which are written by Jeff Lemire, are excellent. Some of the best of the Black Hammer universe. Um, Skulldigger is going in a direction I had no idea could be done. It's kind of a Batman knockoff at first. You're kind of thinking, oh, this is just Batman meets Punisher or whatever. But by the end of it, you're like, wow. You're, you're, you're like, it's so flipped on its head. You're, you're just kind of got whiplash. Uh, Colonel Reed Cosmogog, I think, is right up Ryan's alley. I almost picked it up, but I'm just so, so far behind. Because that is a character I like the most because of this how weird yeah. he is. I almost picked it up, but I'm just so far behind. I didn't want to have to invest in like more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. It's the only four issue miniseries uh, about what happened to Colonel Weird after uh, the the last Black Hammer series, um, and he's 
and you don't really need to know anything because he is such a weird character. He's kind of like floating lost through time and dimensions and appearing in places that he shouldn't be appearing in and like uh, uh, seeing things that may or may not be a moment in time or an hallucination or, or whatever. It, very weird, very, very like uh, psychedelic. I enjoyed it. Excellent. That's all I did. Goodbye, paper. Goodbye. Benji. Yeah. So uh, I'm probably going to be pretty quick. Um, so as you guys can see, I am not in my old spot. Uh, as I said before, I has been saying for the past few weeks, I moved. You're in an uh, attic. No, I'm not in an attic. Ah, God damn it. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm actually in a loft. So yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so before it was the bunker. Now I'm in the loft. We'll still call it the bunker. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, I'm gonna uh, call it the attic. Yeah, I'm. But I mean, you can't really see. But I just, I, I'm actually using uh my computer desk that Fanny gave oh, me. Amazing. So I got a computer desk. I got space for my PC. One second. For those of you who don't know, this will probably make a lot more sense when you realize that Ben has been recording from his bed. Yeah. <laughs> every week. Yeah. Oh my God, Ben. Then we can start playing PC games finally. Mm-hmm. We can start playing PC games. Um, and like Brandon said, um, like I said earlier. Uh, yesterday's Brandon's birthday. Today is my birthday. So I also want to share some of the presents I got. Mostly this T-shirt I'm wearing right now, which for the audio listeners, it is a Amazon Prime T-shirt, but it's in the font of the classic Transformers, and it's Optimus Prime as a white Amazon truck with a freaking Amazon Prime trailer. I was pretty proud of that when I got that. I, I bet you were. Now, of course. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, why would Brandy get Ben an Amazon Prime t-shirt? Does Ben like Amazon that much? As much as Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> I'm an ex-Amazon employee, and I don't have very nice things to say about them. So, But now you got the shirt, so screw now, you. <laughs> now I have a shirt. We're wearing it. It. Although I have to say... Um, Thank you. <laughs> Although I have to, because when I looked at the the mailing, like the return address for it, I was like independent artist. And to be perfectly honest, I thought Brandon had like Jen or Jeremy or so or Mike like commission a nostalgic bitch T-shirt on the sly and gave me that. As, I'm not like, gonna. Here's here's the thing. You know what? Now that you brought it up, I'm not gonna do it on the sly. I've already done it. Already? But did we agree on the design yet? Not yet. Okay. We've been talking about it for a while. Okay, so you're okay. So you three are in cahoots. I'm the one who's in the dark. I'm All just right. talking to an artist. Well, <laughs> Have See you met me? See you at Christmas. Shit. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Ben. Ben, I didn't get that from Amazon, so I didn't support Amazon no, in no, the no, getting no. of that short. So I, I know, I know. Oh, I'm I'm still gonna keep it. I mean, it's Optimus Prime. I love Optimus Prime, but no, I do get the jo- oh, I, it. I get the joke. And you know what? I'm I'm gonna hold on to it. I'm not gonna get rid of a good shirt. It's better for billionaires. No. Although I do like how on every Prime Day, there, there's always that on uh, my Facebook or even Nine Gag. There's always that funny that person who posts like people have forgotten the true reason of Prime Day. It's the shot from the Transformers movie when Optimus died. <laughs> it's like this is why we celebrate Prime Day to remember Optimus Prime and how he beat back the Decepticons in 2005. Thanks, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, so besides that, uh, Sparks also got me a cameo, a really cool cameo that I was not expecting that I opened up right at midnight, because that's when he sent it to me, 
it was the it was a cameo by a Todd Lights, who, for those of you who don't know, is the PA announcer at Dodger Stadium. So, of course, since the Dodgers won the World Series this year, he sent me the cameo, and my jaw was on the floor. And the whole time I'm watching that, Fanny is next to me looking at it going, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> who's that guy? I have no idea who that is. Who's that guy? Because I saw at first I saw this video and I click it and he says, Hey Ben, I'm like, wait, how does he know my name? And then he do talks know, to Do you know how, how Sam how, Do you know how Sparks did it to me? How did he do it to you? Um he he said he said, I have one more thing for you. It's a it's a video message from a friend of ours. Uh he just wanted me to send it to you. He's wanted me to show it to you. So I've got my phone, that's good. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Who is it? Jeremy, Matt, I don't care. Uh so Kevin Connor was like, Hello, Brandon. I'm like, ah! Hello, Brandon. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I it was a really awesome message. I did watch it like five times last night when I first saw it. Like right before the bed, I'm like, I'm just gonna watch it one more time. Yeah, just just one I forgot. more time. <laughs> I completely forgot that was a thing that you can do, and I'm like, oh wow, I can I could have been doing this for so long. Yeah. Cameo, it's like, yo man, give this give this lovely money. I'll talk to you for a second. Like, uh, right. uh, Lindsay Lohan will send you a video message for four hundred dollars. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> 2005 Lindsay Lohan, yes. 2020 Lindsay Lohan, no. Uh, I'll say, I'll say this because uh, I saw her video thing listed on Cameo, and I'll say she looks good, yeah. but she also do- looks unrecognizable. Oh, uh. but she looks good. So I mean, I don't know. It's a win lose. It's a win lose. <laughs> Y'all remember her Playboy spread a couple years ago? No, no. No. Oh, well, she did a Playboy spread a couple years ago. Where did I hear first? I read it for the articles. Um, yeah, Cameo, Cameo. Yeah. Uh, interesting i i won't lie i had the kevin conroy idea a little while ago and then uh and then i thought about dodgers stuff after the world series how um, quick was there was the response two days from both nice not bad two days they have they have a within a week turnaround oh, okay and if they don't get the video done for you in a week then they just refund you? cancel it and refund you and Makes like sense. you could try again if you want and that kind of thing oh, shit. it's it's very interesting because you are only allowed to basically give them a tweet of oh, information. Okay. like it's that many characters um, oh that's nothing yeah uh so you you have very concise they do help you by like you have several categories to like help specify what the main event of it is mm-hmm. and like you can you you can lack punctuation and brevity if you want to get more details in there like you yeah. know you can go uh say this say this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. This. you don't need to spend a bunch of time on like proper grammar kind of thing <laughs> if you don't want to um uh but i tried not to be like very guiding i just gave like small insight with that uh and todd ran with what he got and kevin conroy really ran with what he got for brandon so um, yeah i saw yours ben i can't wait to see yours brandon that's yeah man yeah i'll I'll probably post i'll post a trim because it's five minutes long but right i'll I'll, I'll post something of it uh this week yeah Yeah, uh it just it just felt like a, a really nice way to like do something nice for you guys because i i thought of uh, uh thought of it and uh, i'm you know todd was todd was easier to pull off than kevin i'm not gonna lie so that's <laughs> what made me go for it and uh also I, I feel like i've bought making fun of you for the dodgers for the next year by doing that so. <laughs> i gotta say you're you're um, i was almost expecting a joke in that message but it was it was nice and heartfelt and i'm like i i was like i'm not it's, it's a birthday message yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not gonna be a dick I was, I was waiting for like i heard you're a fan of stephen king and i'm like oh god like, it was, i was i was i was expecting something about them because when i when you sent me the because you texted me the video and when i saw the thing and i saw like a, a gentleman with a beard because i never seen what he looks like live i mean the last time i did see him was for a fan appreciation day back in 
2000 and 2000. Yeah. And of course, I was sitting way up at the top deck, and he was all the way down the field. And if you've ever been to Dodger Stadium, top deck is really, really high up. It looks like an ant. It's hard to see. And even with the Jumbotron, it's, I mean, you know, it's been over 20 years now. So for him to talk, and even when I was listening to it, because Fanny was once again, I was like, who's that? Who's that? And then she's like, ooh, he sounds announcery. Is he an announcer for something? <laughs> I'm like, this is the guy who's, who tells you who's up to bat at Dodger Stadium. This is the guy. So that was very- that was. It's a very sweet idea. Yeah, it was. Thank you. I was. Yeah, I was over the moon. I absolutely loved it. Um, the, the the big giant thing that I did get was um, from Fanny, and it was funny enough. Um, so Fanny helped me out with our move with the safety deposit. So I'm just paying her back slowly. It's 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 a good agreement, and plus she knows where I live. So if I don't pay her back, she can come break my legs. Um, Shit, like uh, a dark. <laughs> it's not like you guys have been together for years and years and years also. Like, yeah, ben, true. Ben, if Fanny, Ben, if Fanny is abusing you, <laughs> she's blink not. twice. She's not. She's not. Blink twice, Ben. <laughs> no, she's not. I swear no no, I swear to God. I swear to God. I that, was really that was two. <laughs> she did it. She, she is not. She is not. She is not. Oh my gosh. So I was so I, I paid her a portion of of the cash that I was like okay this is fine but then I just looked because I paid her back through Venmo and I looked down and I saw that my mom paid Fanny and there was a birthday present emoji there and I'm like gotta make private oh, yeah why aren't you making this private mom mom <laughs> so. Fanny's asleep at this point. So she wakes up. She's like, okay, I got to go take a shower. I'm like, so my mom helped you with something, didn't she? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I saw on Venmo. She gave you money for my birthday presentation. <laughs> Man, the way you sound it is like when Mark Wahlberg was saying, if there's Zoe Deschanel and the happening, I didn't even have a cough. Oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how you're telling the story. I went Mark Wahlberg. Good Lord. I meant like more sinister. I, I found your plan. That's what that's what he does. In the happening, Zoe Deschanel talks about how she how she had a dinner with some dude and it was only a dinner. And he and he was talking like, I went to the gas station and I went inside to get a. We can't do this whole scene. Can we not to get some <laughs> cough syrup? I didn't even have a cough. The best part of that movie. Right. So anyway. I'm ta- so I'm talking to Penny. She's like, "Well, it's not what you think it is." And I'm sitting in like the whole rest of the night. I was like, "I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to pry because I didn't know. It doesn't show how much my mom gave Fanny." But the whole time, I'm thinking, it's like, it's going to be something big. Maybe it's the PS5. No, I'm not expecting a PS5. It was just the cash. It was but, just is the it, cash. but if it is a PS5, because my mind was thinking, it's a it's possibly a PlayStation 5. My mom didn't get me shit. <laughs> well, so long story short, it wasn't a PlayStation 5. But, she, but Fanny coordinated between not just my mom, but also my younger brother, my dad, and my and his wife. And they got me a brand spanking new MacBook Pro, a brand new laptop, which, which I've been desperately need for of uh, for over five years. Because as Ryan could, as Brandon and Ryan can attest, my old laptop, because sometimes we would record on that, would crap out right in the middle, and I'd be super scared to use it. Yep, we had a lot of recording issues in the old days. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yep. And I'm currently recording this through Fanny's laptop. So once I open it and after the hugs and kisses happen, she looked at me and dead in the eye said, stop using my laptop now. You have your own. Is that, what talk- Is that what they're calling it these days? <laughs> hugs and kisses. The old hugs and kisses. 
<laughs> but she, but of course, she also gave me a really sweet card, and it's it's like a tradition for us. Whenever we give each other cards for birthdays or anniversaries, we always try to find us a really cute Star Wars one. She got me like a rhinestone Vader for the audio listeners, like and of course, like a, yep, and like always, it has a really cute uh, mess, handwritten message from her. So that was nice. Besides, besides that, I did a whole lot of moving. Like, uh, unfortunately, uh, Ryan, I had Veterans Day off, but unfortunately, I also worked, but not working in that sense. I was continuously moving. But there yeah. was some media. There is media that I did th- actually was able to consume. So right after we stopped recording the podcast last Sunday, I went on Hulu. I was like, hmm, I'm just going to check through Hulu. I just want to see what's there. Uh, my Hero Academia pops up. It's like, you know what? Last time I checked, they didn't have the dubs of season three. I'm going to check to see. Guess what they had? They had the, the dub. Rick and Morty season four. That too. <laughs> they finally put that on there. Yeah, they finally put that on. So they had, not only did they have the dub of season three for My Hero Academia, which is the season I've been wanting to watch, they also have the dub of the entirety of season, uh, season no, season three and season four. They're up there because I thought they were only going to be on the Funimation and then I'm scrolling again, and they have the uh, episodes for uh, Princess Half Demon, Yashahime, the Inuyasha sequel. Oh, oh, yeah. So not only do they, they're the subs are coming out first, but they're also slowly but surely putting the dub episodes up as they come out. So hmm. I started essentially two animes this week. I started I started watching season three of My Hero Academia. I'm on the last episode of season three. And I am also watching Yashihime with Annie, and Lord, do I have things to say about both. And okay, so, so now you and I can officially return to My Hero Academia because we don't have to wait for Ben anymore like we were. Okay, cool. <laughs> Mr. So, wait, I want to watch the movie with you guys first. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. I, I was there for that conversation. So, so we're gonna we're gonna pick up My Hero Academia at some point if it's yeah. okay we, with you. I don't even know where we are. We're 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 right before season three because that's when the movie happened. Did we finish the, season two? Yeah. We how long ago was this? <laughs> it was a long time. It was a long time ago. There wow. Thank God for recap episodes, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Princess Happy. Hefti- yeah. So I I'm loving season three of My Hero Academia. I feel bad for class three A. I'm not gonna spoil it because you guys haven't watched it yet. But Don't damn, class. What's up? Don't say anything about it. Yeah. I'm loving it. Can't I can't wait to finish it. Uh, Prince, Princess Half Demon. It the main character isn't who you think it is. Like, She's a full demon. No. Okay, her parents aren't the person you think they are. Oh, spoilers. So it's uh, there's three main characters. Two of them are twin sisters, and there's a third one. And I, it kind of threw me for a loop at first. But I don't hate it, and I'm really enjoying it. Well, I'm still very early in. I'm only on a, well, I'm only five episodes it. in. Enjoying it means you don't hate it. <laughs> you don't need to say I don't hate it. I'm really enjoying it. Okay, let me rephrase. I'm like I'm enjoying it. Good. It's a good. It's a good. If you're a fan of Inuyasha, you're most likely going to really like this. I am a fan of Inuyasha. Inuyasha and half demons, even full demons. I'll take all yeah, of them. It's like oh man, I'm I'm. Not not to set anything in stone, but I was my a friend of the podcast and also podcaster herself, Inga, who hosts uh, Adults Talking Anime Plus. I've been on her show a few times. When I finally started watching not only My Hero Academia but also Yash, uh, Yashihime, I started messaging her. I'm I'm like, Yo, when are you talking about Yashihime? There's where are they? And I'm so sorry. Where are insert character's name here? That's that's possibly a spoiler. How many episodes have you watched? 
Five. Okay. Give and, there's, and there's seven up on Hulu right now. Got it. All right. Cool. Uh, is anything else better? That, that's all I got. Just all right. Moving. Uh, I spent. I'll say one thing. I just, I forgot. In Assassin's Creed Valhalla, my favorite moment happened where uh, there was like a cliffside, right? And I'm inside this building, and you get an ability to throw axes as one of your like special abilities. So I kick a door open, and this Englishman turns around. And he's like, "What's this then?" And I just throw axes at him, and he goes, "Ah!" And he just falls off the cliff. And it's the funniest like, laugh uh, maybe this year in video games. Just situational <laughs> comedy is really great in video games. That's all. All right. So let's move into our bread uh, and butter. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick. Ryan forgot one Mine. other thing. Didn't you watch the Green Meal? Green Mile? I did not watch the Green Meal or the Green Mile this week. I okay. missed this week because I worked until after the show even ended. Gotcha. Mm. All right. Overtime. Oh, also, also, for some reason, I had to watch Little Mermaid. That was a fun thing to go home to. If anyone wanted to watch Yashihime, I was like, yep, I got to watch Little Mermaid. She was like, what? We all watched it. It's weird. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, right. So let's get into our now let's get into our bread and butter. And here is your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear, thank you. One we hour got, later. We got a fair bit to get through. Uh real quickly, some sad news, however. Oh, no. Uh Ken Spears, who is the other co-creator of, of Scooby-Doo, passed away this year at the age of 82. Uh, due to complications related to Louis body dementia. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, Kay Titus is here. Hello hey, from the Rising Sun, Japan. Hello, sir. Uh, yeah, this it's sad and bizarre that both Joe Ruby and Ken Spears died months apart from each other. Yeah. Uh, Conspiracy. Joe Ruby, we we talked about in August. He passed away August 26th uh, earlier this year. And now Ken Spears, both of the creators of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, Sad times for Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. They've been uh, writing some form of Scooby Doo. They've been writing for Scooby Doo pretty consistently, um, not up to this iteration, but you know, even they, if they, if they weren't controlling it, you know, they would still write a couple episodes for it. Yeah, they were they were still contributors for most of their most of their lives. Um, yeah. I'm glad they gave us that show. They lived long lives, both of them, but uh, it's still sad. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Okay. So some Disney news. Let's move it on. To some Disney, the Disney news, specifically Marvel Cinematic Universe first. Hmm? Time for the D. Time. Yep. Um, the Disney. The Disney D. Uh, so the Marvel Cinematic Universe had some news this week. Uh, the the main thing was uh, I don't want to do that bit. Whatever. Thor: Love and Thunder uh, is gonna feature Chris Pratt as Star Lord. Star Lord. So. Yo, man, that move that that thing's filming. Uh, uh, Christian Bale is on set looking suave and like, holy shit, it's real and real. He's going to be a bad guy in this Thor movie. I can't looking believe. like a Minotaur, maybe? Looking like maybe a Minotaur of a savior. Yeah. That's that's good. I'm glad that they're picking up some of the Guardian of the Galaxy tie strains. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I'd have to wager that Thor's not going to be involved in Guardians 3 at all. Uh, I have to imagine. Considering that Gunn recently said that his version has basically not changed. Yeah. And I'd imagine that Thor was not in that version before. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Uh, but I'm glad that some amount of that chemistry, that connection from Endgame will carry on. Yeah. Uh, that cat in the background, she's, she's sad. She's real mad at me. Can't do anything about it. Sorry. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like Star Lord's awesome. And like uh, uh, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt can be really funny. Chris mm-hmm. Pratt. Um, so like, just, I'm all about seeing more of that energy of them playing at the, the very end. Like I, I'm the captain and he's like, yeah, yeah. yes, of course. Yes. You're in charge. Yes. 
And he's like, like, of course. Uh, and yeah, um, Taika can make anybody funny. So like, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So WandaVision had a major EW spread this week um, that didn't tell us the release date. However, the EW release date is December 2020, which was disproved when uh, the a new motion poster came out saying that the release date is now January 15th. 2021. Woo. Yep, that's soon. Which officially means 2020, a year with no MCU. Yep. Hey man, yep. Uh, a lot of people uh, feel like they needed a break, so like, good. good. I, Hope you break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. In, yeah. You go back in January 15th. Yeah, you got two more months. That's I was talking possible. about it. I was talking about before. Like I, you know, I felt the comic, the comic book movie fatigue pretty hard after Spider-Man: Far From Home. Uh, but by the time of what a Black Widow being pushed the first time, I was ready to get back in. Yeah. Um, so, like I don't feel like oversaturation of anything. It was the one-two punch of having the of having Endgame and Far From Home so close together. That, we talked that, about it before that Far From Home should have been pushed to November. That that that's just story stuff. That, that definitely yeah. left me at a like I don't need like I I wasn't against like oh comic book or superhero movie, but I was definitely like I don't need another like. Marvel lore dump for at yeah. least six months. Oh yeah, no. Post after Endgame was a mistake, but like, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, but some other things came out for Wandavision. Uh, for example, uh, we have a little bit of a of a synopsis uh, from that EW spread. It says, "Set after Avengers Endgame, Scarlet Witch and Vision are living as a married couple in the suburban t- town of Westview." trying to hide their powers, but before long, their perfect world begins unraveling for reasons still unknown. Well, I think we know why. It's the Scarlet Witch. Maybe because Vision's dead? Yeah. (laughs) Scarlet Witch is doing some real shady reality shit that's messing the world up. Um, They also talked more about, like, how the... It's very sitcom inspired. The show says the show is a love letter to the golden age of television. We're paying tribute and honoring all of these incredible shows and people came before us, but we're also trying to blaze new territory. So the showrunner, uh, they also talked about how they went to Dick Van Dyke for advice. Uh, uh, and the first episode was shot in front of a live studio audience. That was the part I was like, that's real cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that they went to Dick Van Dyke also, but the fact that they shot in front of a live audience is we, awesome. We see some of that in the trailer, but it doesn't actually give us indication that it was actually like in front of an audience. There's like a mm-hmm. laugh check part, but like, yeah, like that's dope as hell. Like, What's that's cool, really cool. What, what I think is cool about that is that like, it's it's going to be filmed on their nice cameras, but it's going to have that we did this live energy. Yeah. Which is going to be really weird to watch. Yeah. yeah. I'm super stoked about it. I am too, man. Ryan, I, you've read probably more vision you've definitely read more vision than i have well, is there... i mean like i've read tom king's vision and then he's had like one miniseries from the 80s so right. like i'm i guess i've read does more vision. vision doesn't always have to have the mind stone right no the, the mcu the mcu connection to the to the stone is he doesn't have a, a, a reality gem or a, a gem in his head at all in the comics okay okay yeah. that's he's just that, android. That, that's why i want to double check i was like he yeah yeah yeah, so he so that's why we speculated before uh, Avengers Endgame came out that he could be repaired without the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's just a movie thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they said that it will also feature, it, even though it's six episodes, uh, sitcom inspired. They will feature all the character development and action expected in an MCU story. I'm assuming they're going to be like an hour long, yeah, or like 45 minutes to an hour or whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. Wait. Yeah, I two months is isn't that long. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. 
this, is there more stuff about like uh, uh, what's her name, Monica Rambo, or what's her name, um, Photon? Photon, yeah, because like they're saying that she's gonna actually appear as a superhero in it. Yeah, yeah, she's she's. They said that she's in it, but the EW article didn't explain much more. I think the rest came from just rumors and the rumor mill and things like that. I I have to say, like, I I was excited for Falcon Winter Soldier. I still am, but I do think it's worked out serendipitously in a better way that WandaVision will be the first show mm-hmm. for the MCU. I think it makes a stronger statement of proving what they can do yeah. and how much they're going to bend shit. Uh, then, then I think like the, uh, I, I think more people would be anticipating. Yeah. But WandaVision mm-hmm. with Falcon and winter soldier coming out first. Yeah. And I think now Falcon and winter soldier will just be looked forward to like, Oh man, it's going to be like that. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, and I think that's going to pay off. Also, I think, it. uh, Again, not like for any indication of quality, but Falcon and Winter Soldier is a more kind of traditional thing where WandaVision is, this is a reality war It's going to get weird. It's going to show weird. Yeah. Right. It's going to show how the Marvel budget applies, whereas like Falcon and Winter Soldier will still have that, but like. Not... It's like another like Winter Soldier, which is dope as hell. But like, right. yo, give me that weird shit right now. And then yeah. I'm like, I'll prove it can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. Um, very excited for WandaVision. Uh, Lilo and Stitch's live action film is apparently talking to John M. Chu, the director of Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Uh, to direct the film, it's awesome. Yeah, we'll that was a good movie. Uh, I mean, yeah, that movie's great. I'm sure it would work just as well as live action. You know, sweet, sweet. Lilo, little... Lilo and Stitch is one of the few where I feel like a live action is a really great idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot of play that you can do without just retreading that movie yeah. uh, with the Lilo and Stitch story that can be done well and lovingly, and like there, it feels like there's a good reason to maybe do something weird and live action-y yeah. and be more culturally representative. Not that the animated film isn't. Yeah. Uh, it's actually more culturally sensi- sensitive than a lot of others, but uh, uh, but you can go for that even harder. Yeah. Um, and then Darkwing Duck is getting a Disney Plus reboot from <clears throat> the producing partners of Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, James Weaver, and Alex uh, McAtee and the Point Break Pictures. I didn't hear that part. That's awesome. I didn't hear that part either. Cool, I love Darkwing Duck of all those shows. Like, oh, that was the, it's like you know, he's like the Batman or whatever. Like, that was that was fun as hell. Uh, let's get dangerous. Does uh, this have anything to do with because I haven't heard how popular or how well received the Disney or not Disney Plus the DuckTales episode because they did a DuckTales hour long yeah. special with Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Is this yeah. in response to how well that turned out or just people, a whole bunch of us like me? They, say, it's not explicitly said, but I have to imagine. Yeah. It's yeah. it's both, and frankly, they've been very clear that Ducktales is building a Duckaverse. Duck, Ducktales, like they're they're super going popular. to do whatever they want to do. They're yeah, making cool a whole it. expansive show. Both Donald Duck and Goofy are frequent characters in Ducktales. Like they are expanding into whatever amount they want to explore the world that Ducktales established. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of my comic book people on Twitter really like that show, and like that show, it has a huge audience, like mm-hmm. uh, bigger than I even anticipated. So like, it makes sense that it's yeah, getting, yeah. like a. a I, Funny enough, I remember fondly watching DuckTales on, on like, Toon Disney, Disney Channel when it was airing back in the 90s. But yeah. then when I heard about the new DuckTales, I actually really love the we new We talked DuckTales. about it. We talked yeah, about it. Yeah, it came I out. A, yeah, I have to, like, talked about DuckTales. Um, no, no, no I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm saying as a show, uh, mm-hmm. and, Spar- and Sparks and I, we watched a couple of the first episodes, and we talked about it, how great it looked, how great it was. Like, it's mm-hmm. a, it ended up being uh, a very popular show. I, I definitely uh, retweeted a little while back that one of the funniest things I've seen related to DuckTales was this bit where there's another, a new character looking at the, uh, at like Huey and Dewey and they're feeding ducks bread. Oh yeah. Ducks. And then that character just goes, 
<laughs> no, oh, there was this other great joke in Doc, in one of the episodes of DuckTales that I thought was just a I can't remember what it was. I just remember loving it. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, they've they've been able to do a lot with it. The animation is solid. That that of the new launch, uh, like Disney made properties, not original things like Owl House or Gravity Falls, but things that are like Big Hero Six, Tangled, Ducktales, all coming out in this new wave of Disney television animation. Ducktales has found a massive fan yeah. base. Uh, remember- Dark Duck is definitely spilling out of it. Yeah, I remember what it was. It was um, it wasn't a joke, but it was a reference to the gummy bears that I lost my mind over. Uh- but the show will be exclusive to Disney Plus. So okay, um, right, all right. Some more news on the Suicide Squad. We thought we saw the whole cast. Apparently, we didn't. What? Sylvester Stallone has been added to the cast of the Suicide Squad. Seriously? Yeah. Audience too. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. Hell yeah. Um. So man, you guys, Taika Waititi's still in that movie, and they still haven't confirmed who he is. And I'm 95 percent sure he's playing Starro. Like he's gonna be just a big stupid star man, and I'm just I I'm so stoked for that movie, you guys. Oh my uh, god! People are saying that that Sylvester Stallone could be voicing King Shark. Oh, Ooh. see that like yeah. What direction do you take King Shark? Because you have you have the video game coming out. It's gonna be like the funny one. You have Harley mm-hmm. Quinn. He's the funny one. Do you take it a hardcore direction? I would. Uh, I would. Uh, yeah. Don't you, turn him into Groot or like James Gunn knows what he's doing. Knows yeah, he's definitely doing. don't turn him into Apocalypse. Yeah, you were gonna yeah, say. Don't, this. Yeah, don't don't turn him into uh, King Shark as a shark. I thought he's like it was an honor fighting with you. What? Yeah, d- yeah. Don't don't make him Groot. don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, I, I think it's likely because he talked about the fact that he was just cast. Like this was not he was kept a secret and he was on film. Like he was yeah. just cast, which means he's it's a really voice. a voice, yeah. He's a voice of something. And I think probably King Shark's voice. That's that's awesome. That'd be yeah. dope. His, um, his his natural yeah. uh, or lean well into looking like it's coming out of the mouth of a shark. Harley. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's gonna be great. Um all right. So Peacemaker, we know that this Peacemaker Peacemaker <laughs> Uh, we know that the Peacemaker series is coming, a spinoff of Suicide Squad. New cast members has been, have been announced. Uh, Daniel Brooks, who was in Orange of the New Black, has been cast as Leota uh, Ab- Adeboya. Adebayo. Abadeo? Yep. yep. I don't That's know. Right. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, Robert Patrick, Terminator 2's own Robert Patrick, has been cast as Augie Smith. Jennifer Holland, who was actually in Brightburn, uh, has been cast as Amelia Harcourt, reprising her role from the Suicide Squad. Um, and then Chris Conrad has been cast as the DC superhero known as Vigilante. Heck yeah. A.K.A. Adrian Chase. He was in the Arrow television show. Yeah, he was. I like that guy. Yeah. I thought he was good. I thought he was good. That's dope. Uh, like- I'm, I'm all about it. I love it. I think Suicide Squad is finally going to bring like both sides of the the you know it's only snyder and the uh, everything else that isn't snyder is bad and the people who are like no but it's it's all good it seems uh, like together it's like, yeah let's be like its own thing just like just, just make a movie who cares about all these elite i feel like it'll just finally be the thing where people can go we all agree this one is great yeah <laughs> and it'll just be nice for us all to be like look no matter what we all agree we like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so yeah. many. There's so many things. Like whenever James Gunn was like gets asked questions all the time, like, "Well, was Kevin Feige on the set of the Suicide Squad?" I was like, "Oh yeah, he came down and said hi. He was, he's my friend." And it was like, 
James Gunn is selling out the DCEU to Kevin Feige. He's stealing all the like. God, come on, people. No, you, just, you can't. You just uh, you just uh, you hit mute on those people, and you never see them again. It's very easy. In the in the words of our president, come on, man. Oh, good one. Good one. <laughs> I like that. Words of our president elect. As much as I want it to be true, we gotta wait two months for that. We we have to wait till January. January twenty is still that's inauguration day, right? Talking about the other guy. <laughs> What'd you say? I said we gotta be specific because let's not pretend we're talking about the other guy. You're right. January twentieth. January twentieth. That's inauguration day, right? Yes. Good days. Uh, we'll explore the origins of the character that Cena will play in the upcoming film, A Man Who Believes in Peace at Any Cost, No Matter How Many People He Has to Kill to Get It. Oh Lord, he coming. And Vigilante is a is like a, a, a mercenary hitman guy. So like, there we go. Yeah, one of those oh, guys. Oh, what he got? In the words, in the words of the immortal Ryan Eliopoulos, twenty twenty is weird. Is it? Because Peter Tormer said that a sequel to his Constantine movie by Keanu Re- with Keanu Reeves is coming. Yeah, that dude <laughs> says, "Yo, I got a script, and we're making this movie." And he posted on inst- his own Instagram. Yeah him as satan saying i'm doing it again and i'm just like what <laughs> what okay yeah, the further so, i get from it the more i like it because it's just me too. It's, it's its own weird cool thing and i'm like, like as an adaptation it's bad no it's a bad question but, but as yeah. its own thing it's good yeah <laughs> you know what i remember because i have uh, okay quick quick back quick backstory when i was in a film class never quick we, with you baby oh my god you know what when I was in when I was in a film class, we were talking about Constantine, and I mentioned about how the old Constantine, like the Constantine movie, was a bad adaptation of the comic book Constantine. It's like, yeah, we don't talk about those. It's like, well, what do you mean don't talk about those? And I said, because that's not John Constantine. This NBC one looks like Constantine. This one it's, looks like true Constantine. Like honestly, like the if you take out the name Constantine, it's pretty good. And that's yeah. where I think Warner Brothers is coming from. I think Warner Brothers has seen its cult status now. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, let's just bring this back. But we're just like. We're just like, no, wait, we don't want it as Constantine, though. Bring back Angel Shia LaBeouf, you cowards. Oh, my God. He's at Chaz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That end credit scene was actually, I really was surprised when I finally saw that end credit scene. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that movie's just, it, it's got a really slick look to it. And it's just like, again, like the further we all get from it, like, oh, yeah, we, have, we find appreciation look, in it. I think it's like Jesus cool- Grenade Launcher. Oh, Look, I think it's a cool, over-the-top sci-fi demon exorcist film. Constantine is dope. high up there, yeah, in, mm-hmm. in like cool and stylish and inventive. Yeah. So how many times? times? We're having a sequel. I just don't want it to at all. Just try call to, it. Try to say it takes place in the same world as Wonder Woman. Just don't try to tell me that. Just call yeah. it John. Just call it John. It could be in the multiverse. But don't try to tell me it's the same world. How many Lord. times? How many times would have we done this? Yeah, just yeah. It's cool. Bring the tattoo together. It's cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, no, Tilda Swinton is Gabriel the Angel. Dude, that movie. Oh my God, that movie's. I need to watch that movie again. I need to watch that movie too. I remember. That would be great, downright annoyed. Ooh. I would Ooh. do that. Guys, for sure. I would do that one too. Bring me in on that action. I want to know that well, action. Well, we could also do that as a commentary. No, no, no. No, 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 no. The other people for that one. <laughs> uh, hell, tell, tell that to your downright annoyed people next time it's your pick. Say you get the whole crew together for that one. You hearing this? <laughs> We're talking Keanu Reeves. Hold up. Should, should, should I text him? Get me, I, you the, guys... get me the downright annoyed people now. I can message him right now because I get their messages on my phone all the damn time. We all do. Um, 
All right, so some comic book news. Uh, I'll start with the good. Marie Javins has been announced as the new permanent editor-in-chief at DC Comics, replacing Bob Harris, who had it temporarily. Um, this woman was the editor for Justice League, Snagglepuss, DC Superhero Girls, and the Dark, and the Dark Knight's Death Metal series, which is going on now. Um, and basically what that means is, hey, she'll be, uh, um, uh, what is it called, shaping the line with Jim Lee for the 2021 season. So that's cool. From, from everything I've seen online, um, cause we all follow various comic book people. Yeah. Um, this is, this is stellar news for DC. Um, not only is this person respected in every capacity and like, uh, she gets great books out, but, um, like she helps discover talent and like, and, and she specifically like Mark Russell, the guy who did the Flintstones and he did like Prez and now he's like blown up and he's on all stuff. Like, like she, he and her were like best buds and like he did Snagglepuss and stuff like that. So like DC saw that like this, she's super talented and she knows how to handle people. Yeah. Um, so this, this makes me really excited for the future of DC because she knows what she's doing. Uh, <laughs> and she knows talent. This news. I, uh, sorry, uh, just real quick. I think just in general, when we all saw this, we all felt like, finally a sea change in the direction we wanted was happening yes. at uh i think i think that that this news also disproves bleeding cool ridiculous bleeding cool's ridiculous report that dc is going to abandon the continuity in favor of an omniverse listen it just that just means that comics are going to come out and they're not going to be so intrinsically tied kind of like how marvel does it or yeah. how dc could do it like it's not that that's such. I'm so glad people don't like that article because that's such a stupid idea. It's so stupid. Anyway, yeah. but yes, this is cool. This is what we've been asking for. The one thing I, I like DC's line, but the one thing that I keep talking about is like I would. I want more diversity. I want more diversity. I. I that, that's that's all I scream. Yeah. X Men Legends. It's a new comic book series coming out in February. Mm -hmm. uh, the first issue will be Fabian Nicieza. Nicieza. Yeah, Nicieza. Yeah. Uh, and Brett Booth. Yeah. Um, it will revolve around the third, it will resolve, specifically resolve, the third Summers Brother storyline from the run by Fabian. Um, the series itself will be revisiting uh, through classic writers their runs, going back and resolving plot threads or going or returning to those runs, um, featuring greats like Chris Claremont, Louis Simonson, uh, Larry Hama, Peter David, and more. Uh, this is this is super super dope. Uh, some artists uh, aside, um, I really like this idea because again, I'm talking. Uh, I talked about and you're reading a juggernaut. How I think Fabian Nicieza has as being an older guy has become a pretty decent like modern writer. If you know modern sensibilities, so I'm glad he gets to not only come back to the X Men but also gets to come back to his story from 25 years ago and get yeah. to continue the story while not interfering with what's happening on Krakoa while also still being tied to it. Um, I think it's dope. Um, Brett Booth's kind of a, a, a shitty guy. That, that, like, he's not like he doesn't murder anyone, but he just has some really bad opinions about women and. The one issue too, so he's not back for the rest. One issue, yeah. So like, I'm not. Uh, it's not breaking my bank or anything, but like, Marvel, you could be better about this. You know, yeah. you know, he's caring. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a bummer when you've got all of this like strong representation of like diverse and positive beliefs yep. in the X Men <laughs> writers, and then you get yeah. It happened. It's one issue, thank God. As far as a podcast goes, we've been pretty critical of Jeff Johns, uh, I would say, averagely uh, in recent years. Um, Jeff Johns is going to go the indie route with, I believe, his first ever indie comic. Nope. No. It's his first indie comic in 15 years, which is basically like saying his first indie comic. 
Okay, so all the articles I read have forgotten about that book then. <laughs> oh, I, every article I've read has been specifically stating it's been 15 years since he's done his own thing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I it's like a small book that like, no one really cares about. Like, I've never read it, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank will be going indie uh, this, this coming 2021 season uh, with uh, an independent comic called Geiger. The solicitation for this book says, Who are the scavengers of a dying earth? Geiger is set in the years since nuclear war ravaged the planet. Desperate outlaws battle for survival in a world of radioactive chaos. Out past the poisoned wasteland lives a man who even the nightingales uh, and yeah, Oregon people fear. Some name him John Glow. Others call him the Meltdown Man, but his name is Geiger out in April. Sounds all right. So, like... Uh, I'm critical of Jeff Johns as a person. Uh, his writing, like, I just haven't liked that. Uh, the last two books, uh, not Shazam, people like Shazam, but the last two big books he's put out have just been Alan Moore sequels. And for me, that's not what I want from Jeff Johns. I, uh, I'm i very, I'm the most, obviously the most critical of his podcast, but it's not like I, I picked the Jeff Johns book club like a couple months ago with the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike his writing. I love his Green Lantern run. Uh, I just think his choices of the last five years have been really bad. Um, this, this sounds insanely generic. As someone who reads lots of independent post-apocalyptic stories, there is literally nothing here that's original. Or, or like Noctera is a post-apocalyptic story from Scott Snyder coming out. That's all about dealing with apocalypse and, and light and monsters. I have no problems with him doing an independent book. Gary Frank's one of the greatest artists of our generation. This sounds really boring. Like there's nothing. It's just a, there's no, it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Where's the intrigue? Uh, I just want to know more about it because Gary Frank's dope. But it just sounds like, a straight to DVD uh, apocalypse movie, you know. I think as probably the least critical of Jeff Johns on this podcast, I actually agree with you. Um, and I, of... I want him to do like bigger stuff, and like this doesn't seem like he can. He's he's so much bigger than this. It seems like. Yeah, he definitely is. And actually, the thing that turned me off was when he said, "I want to go back to kind of the storytelling of '90s image," and I'm like, I don't think I want you to do that. And spe- specifically, as someone who's like. I would like Jeff Johns to to get away from the, some of the things he's doing. Going directly back to '90s image is extremely um, machismo, big belt buckles. That's like it's part. That's the image nobody likes anymore. Yeah, that's that's the Todd McFarlane like like that's and like Wildcats and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if that's what people want, man. Uh, I feel like some of what's happened with Jeff Johns at DC, without being involved in the system, is reactionary to confines of what has been happening corporately mm-hmm. um you know we we know that doomsday clock was and rebirth as a whole was meant to be spearheaded and handled differently and that definitely didn't happen um and uh, even looking past that and just other things in his recent works i think there's just a lot of like if i were to gauge like the best way to sum it up there's a part of me that feels like johns has had one hand tied behind his back the whole time yeah. Uh, through the last parts of his career at DC. And I think that that's created an idea of, I want to get back to roots of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really like the idea of him breaking free of that and getting to do whatever he wants. But I, I also echo, this just doesn't sound like an intriguing version of that. Yeah. Uh, it almost, unfortunately to me, feels like something I think we brought up a while back that when John's stopped doing stuff at DC, he should take like a year uh, and just kind of reassess what he wants to do in comics. 
spend a lot more time reading and consuming other material and seeing what's out there and then reassess maybe where he wants to be. Yeah. And this just doesn't feel like that. This feels like I, I want to find uh, a groove I used to like, and I'm just going to dive at that really hard. And uh, I don't know if I want to go along for that ride. Yeah, I agree. Ben, anything? Uh, I have to, I used to love Jeff Johns. Oh, okay. No, not used to. I still do love Jeff Johns's work. He has written some great things. Um, Brandon was the one who got me onto him mostly for his Green Lantern run. And I have to say, I still really dig his Justice League run for the new 52. I thought it was great. And of course, his first Aquaman run was fantastic. But I feel that as good as Jeff Johns' writer is, he has been slipping the past few years. I just read issue two of Three Jokers the other day when I was playing the card service. And it was, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I felt when after I finished reading it. I was like, there are parts of it that are really good, but there are other parts of it's like, did you really have to put that in there? Like you've read all. Well, I think, I think Sparks is absolutely correct. Like the he he's he feels like a writer who's been writing with one hand behind his back. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't. I agree with Brandon. Nineteen nineties image isn't somewhere I feel like you should go, but I mean, he's writing an indie book. It's he has full control of it, which is good. I mean, I love Gary Frank, and I really like Doomsday Clock. We can only hope that you know. Maybe it evolves into something more. Maybe it yeah. does, and I hope and I hope it does. So, I, I don't want to be sounding like that hipster who's like, "Oh, I prefer the earlier work. The early days are the better. The modern stuff sucks." No it's problem like, no, liking the early stuff. No, there's no problem liking the other stuff. But saying that the early stuff is the only good stuff is kind of like, okay, there's some good. There is because there is some good stuff here. Doomsday right. Clock, I feel, is one of those gems. I agree. Um. All right. All right. Umbrella Academy, guys, we all liked Umbrella Academy, right? It was a good show. Yes, we did. Sure did. Mm-hmm. It was canceled after season two, I'm afraid. That's a lie. Bold-faced lies. It has been renewed. It's been renewed for a third season. Uh, real quick, the comic book G-Stop says, Hello, my fellow oh, n- hey. nerd. Just finished Wayne. So good, over-the-top, violent, and graphic. But put, put, put so good. It's an OG. Original uh, nice. So, yes, yeah, Umbrella Academy coming for season three. Fun nice. fact. Uh, the actor who plays Diego, I just found out this week because my school let me know, is a CSUF alum. Ooh, nice! Oh, cool. I could tell that to Fanny because she's also a CSUF alum. Diego, yep. go. Uh, that's great. I'm super happy about Umbrella Academy. Yeah, yep. going to the to the, the the weird future past, the alternate mm-hmm. alternate future, the yeah. Sparrow Academy. Yes, alternate present. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Bloodshot. Well, I got. The sequel no. to Bloodshot is in the devel- is in, is coming. I don't believe you. They're, oh, they're threatening us with the sequel to Bloodshot. Wait, wasn't that the last movie you saw in 2020, Brandon? In, in theaters. In theaters. It's not the last the, movie yeah. I saw in the year. No, no, no. That's why I meant. That's why I meant in theaters. I movie in seven months. <laughs> yes, it is the last movie I, I saw in theaters. I didn't think Bloodshot was terrible. I thought it was like it's fine. Like right. if you, if you're bored on a Sunday and it's on HBO for free to watch it, right? I didn't think it made that much money, did it? Or because of the pandemic, it made money. It made money on VOD because of the pandemic. Got it. I okay, think that it makes sense. was also lower budget. Like, yeah. then it looked better than the budget it had yeah. would have made you believe. Yeah, it's a, it's they a, they yeah. used that budget very well. I'll say that yeah. about that movie. And I think I, I liked all those special effects for the most part, I think. I did too. And I, and I feel like there was a story there that could have gone... We did a review. We did, uh, but I feel like that there's a, a well there where they could have like gone harder on some stuff, and they they just didn't. 
I would just rather them maybe just like make another Valiant movie than focus on a Vin Diesel bloodshot movie. Yeah, yeah, like have him in it, but have it be about a different one of the characters. They can't because the rights are owned by different companies. Oh, there you go. That's the that's the thing that pisses me off that the main Valiant guy can't be in the Valiant universe movies. Yeah, that's great. Um, a Quiet Place is getting a spinoff. Oh, um, John Krasinski's A Quiet Place is going to expand out and include a new spinoff oh, written Cloverfield. Cloverfield. <laughs> Uh, written and directed by Jeff Nichols, um, based on an idea uh, <laughs> by John Krasinski. Hey, so is Quiet Place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we we reviewed A Quiet Place Part 2. You can find it on the podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, one of the only people who saw it. They got those laser cannons. <laughs> they they got to get that from a sequel. That big Kamehameha looking thing. Yeah. Um, didn't Jeff Nich- Jeff Nichols is like a very... I'm pretty sure it's the guy I'm thinking of. He's like a very interesting filmmaker who doesn't make like a lot of movies. So yeah. if, if it's the thing I'm thinking of, then the idea must be good enough for him to be like, yeah, I'm coming back to make this. I'm so like, okay. they weren't clear in the language, but I assume that this is what we were talking about. We wanted with a quiet place part two to begin with like different people, different people in a different setting yeah. with the same, with the same story happening. Yeah. And, and I'm all about that. I think there's a lot of different ways you can tell this particular species invading Earth. Anthology. In good stories. Yes, exactly. Cloverfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cloverfield, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I think that's great. I'm all about it. Uh, I, I can't 100% judge until we truly see A Quiet Place Part 2. So what's crazy, this guy has made uh, three movies, and they're all, like, Academy-nominated movies. So, like, what the hell is this movie where this guy's like, yeah, I want to make that movie? I'm like... What you just made like a civil like a, a like a civil rights nineteen sixties drama the last movie you made I'm like all right cool make a quiet place three whatever <laughs> whatever it is Ben no uh, <laughs> cool all right uh, yeah Fantastic Beasts has some news uh, we uh, did we lose them behind did we lose them did we find I don't them want, I don't want to find them anymore <laughs> oh the beasts. <laughs> I thought you were talking about us. I was like, oh my God, did you lose us? Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Right. Fantastic Beast 3, uh, we heard last week that Johnny Depp was asked to leave the role. Uh, We now know some new bits of information about that. Johnny Depp is going to receive his full salary uh, for the movie. Billions of dollars. No longer in it. Good job, Johnny. Uh, Apparently, J.K. Rowling did not push back on the decision to let him go. Um. She wrote the script. She's done with it. Who cares? I, I, I still stand by what I said last week. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like Line the bed you made. Colin Farrell is not available because of the Batman. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they're looking at Mads Mikkelsen. To re- I'm so to... mad. Are you kidding me? No, no. I'm so mad. God. I to love replace Grindelwald. I love Mads Mikkelsen so much. So here's the thing. Oh, no. <laughs> if Colin Farrell had come back... I wouldn't like, and people still said, yeah, Fantastic Beast still kind of a drag to go to the theaters for. I'd be like, you know what? I'll watch it when it comes home. Yeah. If Matt's Mickelson is in it, I'm going to have a hard time, even if they're telling me that it's bad, to not go see it because I like him so damn much, dude. Oh, uh, man. Real quickly, mm-hmm. Comfort Juice Up says they are bringing a Hellraiser. Yes, we know about the Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, we talked Just about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Last week, yes. Last week, okay. Yep. Uh, I'm mad about it. I'm I don't want Matt to be in it because I I feel like Fantastic Beasts is, is a yes. I agree with you, which is sorry. They never should have gotten rid of Colin Farrell. Yeah. Um. Although I'm really happy he's in the Batman as the Penguin. Uh. Yeah. I I if Matt's is in it, I don't know what to this do. This is the man. one. I don't want him to board this sinking ship. This is the one that has a co-writer, correct? 
Yes. Okay. So I'm already like 10%, just only 10% better with that. But with Mads, I'm like 450% on it. So like, because <laughs> I just love that dude so good in literally any movie he's in. He brings, I he believe it. him more as Grindelwald than I did Johnny Depp. Yeah, and he would have that. Ooh, he'd actually look good with it too. I mean, I I agree with all of these points. It's just <laughs> it's hard. I know. I, I don't know how you clean up the mess that was the end of Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> you get another writer to fix it. So when I saw this news, I'm actually really excited about this. <laughs> I'm actually really. I, I'm stoked. I'm actually. Because at first I'm like Fantastic Beasts three. I don't care. I hated the second one. I don't want to ever see. I don't want to step in that world. Matt Smith said, "Excuse me, what?" Yeah, uh, that that's kind of the thing though. Is that that's why I, like I'm mad because that would make me excited. Yeah, I pull back I, in. I, I, it's like uh, it's, mm. I should go get J.K. Rowling my money I, at the movie theater. I feel like John Wick. Like I was out, and they're just pulling me back in. Yeah, I think I'm in. I was done. <laughs> I left it. It was dead. It's amazing how just like, wow, just like one piece of news would be like, wow, I want. I guess I'll see that movie now. No, watch. So we go into Fantastic Beasts. Like, yeah, I'm not going to be huge in Harry Potter again. We walk out of there. We're all in wizard's robes. We have wands. It's like, oh. I guess I'm back in. That movie no, won't be a miracle. Man. Yeah, I was not going to do that. Um, right. Man. Speaking of, they keep pulling me back in. Oh. The Rock is developing a reboot of The Scorpion King. Pulling me back in so hard. <laughs> There's one uh, gif of the of the rock in the Scorpion King where he's like, "Ooh, yes." And with that, um, yeah. This is coming after only two years since the last Scorpion King movie, Great. Scorpion King Four: Book of Souls. Yep. Uh, of those. Couture, the MMA wrestler, I believe. Yes, comedy spot. Really? Yep. Listen, I yeah. like the Rock a lot. Like. If he if he thinks he can make this into a fun movie, like that first movie is like passable, it's fine. Um, if he thinks he can make it work, get, oh, whatever, <laughs> whatever, go for it, whatever. The, go the for Scorpion. It. For those of you who don't know, the Scorpion King franchise started as a spinoff of the Mummy, a spinoff prequel of the Mummy, and then it got three directed DVD sequels, each time replacing the actor who played the Scorpion King, each time being a prequel to the last. I uh I keep I keep wanting to make like a video series on all those movies because I saw the first one on, on DVD and it's real bad and I'm oh. like oh two more we gotta it, do it one day okay Ryan yeah. Ryan refresh my memory is that the one where the Scorpion King is in love with that one lady where she has to scene with the jars and the snake bro that's yeah. all the movies <laughs> <laughs> that's all the movies shit so the Scorpion King. Uh, the Scorpion King, The Rock talked about it. This is how I know it's real because The Rock actually released a statement saying like the Scorpion King was the, my first role on the silver screen. I'm so I'm super passionate about the about the character. I want to bring him back to, DV, to the to now that he's got his own production company. He's producing his own movies. This was like a priority for him to come back. Jonathan Herman, who wrote the script for Straight Out for Straight Out of Compton, is writing this film. Yo, my my dream, my dream is that. You you find a way to just like make this incredible new Scorpion King movie, and everyone's like, you know what? Just get Brendan Fraser. Let's make another Mummy, Mummy Scorpion King showdown. End that series the way it should have been. Get Rachel Weiss back in here. What she said? No, give her more money. I don't care. <laughs> just you know do it right. You know what? If the Rock's production company, he can give the money. Yeah, he can so, get that money. So the Rock will not be in it. He won't. That's. They want to be clear. The Rock is not going to be in it. He is not going to be the Scorpion King again. Um, they will, so they will replace him. 
uh, MCG, uh, sorry, Mag, not MCG, says, please no CGI Scorpion Monster. Uh, yeah, oh, well. Before that. Yeah, it's a prequel. It's before, before that. Prequel. Not very cool. All right, Halo. Love it. I love it. Halo has replaced the actress for, uh, who played Cortana in the new Showtime live action series with the voice actor, Jen Taylor, who was Cortana in the games. That just makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Surprised... It's cool that this is happening, but I'm surprised that like they just didn't do this from the beginning. Right. Because like... well, The reason why is because, because they wanted Cortana and uh, Halsey, her creator, to be played by the same person like they are in Reach. That that actually I, that actually does make sense, right? Oh. So Natasha McElhone, who was cast as Halsey and Cortana in the series, will yeah. only play Halsey now because uh, the COVID schedule does not allow her to play Cortana as well. Okay, so which historian? Which historian says WTF? Yeah, I, I forgot the whole Hal, the Halsey like this is a prequel thing, so yeah, like yeah. it wouldn't make sense for them to be same person, the same voice. But I mean, it's cool for the for you know yeah. the video game. That's cool. Yeah. It's not like I'm gonna ruin my suspension of this Halo video. You know, it's funny because when you broke the news, I was like, they weren't the same voice actors. I was. You know, like, I, was I mean, confused. the idea. The idea. Um, I get the idea, and I like the idea. It's it's from Reach. Is the fact that they created each other. Uh, well, they created each other. Uh, Halsey created Cortana in her in her image, so it made sense in the game for them to be voiced by the same actress. You can still make the character of Cortana look like. The actress playing Halsey, you still do yeah. that, just have a different yeah. voice. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Um, and which historian says this is a good thing. A good thing. Um, and Kamabu G Spot says, "Good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you." Uh, the the guy playing Master Chief uh, was like just on set, just like seen on set because like they're doing like reshoots or like backup shots or something. I'm like, no, they're filming it because they had oh, to stop filming through COVID. I'm like, Halo's happened. It's, it's like ten years <laughs> of production. Like Peter Jackson was gonna do it. Like Spielberg. Halo's happening. Blomkamp. Blomkamp. I remember people saying Jamie Foxx was going to play Master Chief. I remember that was a rumor for a while. I I don't remember that one. I remember something about Jamie Foxx. That doesn't even make sense. Why would you ever change the voice of Master Chief? That's a good point. Why would you? He never takes off his helmet. Why? Yeah, that doesn't. Even the live action Halo things they have already like done with the with the. Uh, forward no, to dawn. Forward yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing with Mike Coulter. Yeah. Uh, like they they have him. There's a live person, and then it's the voice. Like I don't Movie, get it. T- movies and TV are weird, man. I don't know. All right. The only time you should see John is when John's a little boy. Yep. Finish the fight. No. I can't All right. Trailers. Woo! the trailers. Woo! The Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion special, where I finally realized that Will Smith is losing his mind. Oh, Brandon, you're not on YouTube enough. That man lost his mind years ago. You didn't watch Shark Week this year. <laughs> no, dude, I didn't. That dude, uh, he's become like a YouTube phenomenon uh, just because he's Will Smith. But that, when you become that rich, you just lose a little bit. But like, he still seems to be a good person. So I'm not too yeah. mad about it. Right. <laughs> he's not like uh, some other some other bad celebrities. Uh, but yeah, he posted the thing being like, you guys are not ready for this trailer. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm like, it's not Thanksgiving, dude. <laughs> not yet. Um, but yeah, it looks good. There's a reunion special I, where we talk about how cool Fresh Prince was. Yeah, I uh, I I talked to him about it. Like, uh, uh, I grew up watching it. I never watched it from like its entirety or anything, but I watched it like every night it was on. So just episode, mm-hmm. every, 
episodes and stuff. But um, this actually looks really good. Like, it looks really mm -hmm. heartfelt. And, like, everyone seems to actually care about each other. And, like, they're getting both the moms in there. And that's like, mm -hmm. ooh, the drama. Like, it, seems, it just seems fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely more pumped for this than the Friends reunion special. Yeah. Um, my company was working on. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. Screw Friends reunion. I'm going Bel Air all the way. I didn't know we had to pick sides. I mean, I mean, don't make me choose, Jacob. It's it's more just like this is basically like what that Friends reunion special, when it comes out, is going to look like. And I'm way more interested in all of these haven't been in the spotlight ever since Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like most of them you don't get seen or talked about much mm -hmm. anymore. Sharing their memories, sharing their, like, like it truly feels like revisiting these faces. I've seen Courtney Cox and Matthew Perry and Jennifer Aniston in all the years since after friends ended. I know they're around. I know what they're up to. I know how they feel about friends. Cause they still get asked about it all the time, which isn't um, their fault. Fresh but Prince. See, they're going to talk about uncle Phil. Yeah, of course. But yeah, Seeing seeing all of them come back together feels more like revisiting the the old, revisiting like with people you don't get to see talk about it and that kind of thing, and that feels way more special and engaged, which is why yeah. I think this one looks really good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right. The wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. Oh boy. Uh, those Mickey Mouse shorts are incredible. I I this is the same animation, same team, same all that. I don't know because no one specified if this show is gonna like be a consistent runtime. The shorts are kind of all over the place. They can be four minutes. They can be 12 minutes. They can be nine minutes. Just like the Mandalorian. Uh, huh? Yeah, Just exactly. So I don't know like what the point of the shift really is yet mm -hmm. uh, to, from the Mickey Mouse show, which has been running of shorts. There's five seasons of it to the wonderful world of Disney, but I'm all about still watching this animation and stuff. I love this interpretation of the Mickey Mouse characters. Yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous. Um, and all of those shorts have been fantastic. Yeah, awesome. I'm just glad the shorts are coming to Disney Plus so I can watch them. It's a Disney all Plus the, original. All the Mickey Mouse shorts are already there. This oh, is are? the new show. Yes, oh, all the Mickey Mouse okay. shorts are on Disney Plus right now. This is the new show that is now like the new version of that new, taking over, new. which is why I think that I, supposedly I think that they're going for something less short form storytelling that they're going okay. to be telling longer things, more narrative driven. That's yes. That's what I think the point is, but nobody okay. said that. So. All right. In my defense, I saw this trailer for a very, I wasn't really paying attention because stuff. Oh, is that what they're calling it these days? Moving. You know, the, you know, is that what they're calling it these days? You're just like watching a trailer, moving a box at the same time. <laughs> right. Uh, and then finally, Adventure Time: Distant Lands Obsidian. This is the second. This is the second Adventure Lands. Uh, Adventure Time: Distant Lands. Adventure uh, Land. What do you call them? Like special? They're specials. Yeah, yeah, I um, call them that. They. Uh, this is the Marceline and Bubblegum uh, one taking place after the series. Um, not to spoil the first uh, special. Um, going to the new kingdom of the the glass kingdom looks good i'm excited coming out november 19th we got mm -hmm. the date for this one four days yeah hot dog um i haven't finished adventure time but i sure do love me those characters as well so like i think i'm probably gonna watch this one it's really nice uh because they didn't like 100 go in on marceline and Princess Bubblegum being a couple until the very last episode of Adventure Time. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, all the pieces were there, but like they didn't really go to for it until that. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that there's going to be a thing where they're, like they're clearly going to go for it. Yeah, 
that's nice. That's actually one of the things I, I like about because when you, sometimes when you get some of these shows like these, like this is what happens after shows, they don't really focus on the things you care you want about or the characters you want about. I.e., uh, two characters that end up in a relationship, they just kind of gloss that over and they're like, yeah, yeah, they're happy, they're fine, whatever. It's like, no, but I want to see that. I was and this talking. Oh, where... sorry, Ben. Continue. No, because um, seeing this trailer, because I actually am curious about Bubblegum and Marceline's relationship after the finale, and this looks like this is a look at her life. So I'm, you, you I'm should, y'all should finish the show because the bit where Bubblegum shoots a bunch of candy out of her hand is going to make a whole lot more sense if you do. <laughs> all right, I'll watch all five hundred episodes right now. She is the the candy elemental, uh, and uh, that's her power. Well, look, yeah. I don't have to watch it. You just explained it. Uh yeah, I'm really I'm really excited for this. I I think the songs sound really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be really solid. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Mag, uh, did bring up a good point about Wonderful World of Disney. Uh, uh Mouse, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Thank you. Uh, the Minnie Mouse voice actress because we talked about it before she the original voice actress she passed away. Uh, yeah. Not the original, but the one who'd been doing it for 30 years. She passed away. Uh, so she is being, she was doing the voice for the short. She's being replaced for the show. Okay. Um, I'm really excited for Adventure Time Distant Lands, Obsidian, as I, as I said. Uh, I mentioned, I talked to Sparks. We, we were talking, we may start to do something for Adventure Time Distant Lands. We'll see. Stay tuned if something happens there. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. That's, That's all the trailers. Leaving the trailer park. Yeah. Backing her up. Anything else you guys want to bring up before we move on to our topic? Yeah, what was the bullshit trailer we watched before this? The Breach. It was called Breach. Yep. Uh, so there was a new Bruce Willis, uh, Bruce Willis movie called Breach, and uh, I didn't plan on talking about it, but I was like, oh, there's a new Bruce Willis movie. Let's watch the trailer for it, and it's a, it's a, it's a ripoff of Alien in space, and it just looks not great. I didn't That's see all. it. No, I didn't. I don't want you to see it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We specifically didn't tell you about it for a reason. So remember remember a few weeks ago when they said, where people were saying Die Hard's coming back, Die Hard's coming back, but it was an ad for Die Hard car batteries. I I forgot to mention this. I I finally watched, saw that commercial. It was playing during one of the Dodger games. And God, that was horrible. I Uh, saw it at work and I was was excited for a second. And I was like, oh no, I'm a fool. (laughs) Uh, As we were watching the Breach trailer, that is the moment where I was sitting with Ryan and I'm like, is it have we reached the point where it's really bad that I would think this movie looked more appealing if Bruce Willis wasn't in it? That's have what, more faith in it to be yeah. good. That's the conversation <laughs> that led us into joining the call with you guys talking about Bruce Willis. Wow. Um, okay. Well. So that's it. So um this week the PlayStation 5 was released. You may have heard of it. It's kind of big kind of oh, but is the Xbox series? Yes. I don't know what it's called. The new Xbox is also out, baby. Yep, it is, it is out. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. I thought they, were, I thought they were staggering the release. Like both out. Uh, Xbox. So new, yeah. Right. So the new consoles are out. So we were talking. So um, I'll have Ben jump in in a second. Yeah. Um, in a second. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, essentially the last generation of games uh, as we approach the new one. But Ben, it is your topic discussion. So yeah. why don't you kick us off? Yeah. So well, you actually kicked us off pretty well. Ed. The new consoles came out, the PS5. All right, thank you, Ben. (laughs) Go ahead. So I thought it would be fun to talk about all four of our experiences with this console generation, the PS4, the Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch, because it did come out this generation, as 
Ryan reminded me. And uh, um, I actually came up, I mean, we'll get to this at the, we can get set when we're winding down to talk, but I also I created uh, my own personal top 10 list of the best games of the generation with some honorable mentions and with one bummer. But mostly, but the thing I want to get off the right off the bat is this past generation with the PS4 and the Xbox One, um, it was an amazing generation for video games as a whole. Not not just um, because obviously every gen, I feel like every generation is like, oh my god, this is the best generation. I don't I don't think I've had this felt this giddy going into a generation since the PlayStation Two era. Mm-hmm. Like just being excited and just like looking back at games because this is the generation I fell back into gaming. I fell back in love with video games. And dear God, the games that we got this generation were amazing. Um, Ryan, because you've been playing a lot. You've also a lot of PC games came out. I'm a console player as of now. Um, What are things that you're in? How did you like this, this generation? Well, first, I would like to say this is the first generation where we were all adults who probably purchased our own consoles. So this is the first generation where we had you know, our own access to play as many games as we, mm-hmm. we personally wanted to. We weren't limited by being young or a teenager or Christmas gifts, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, I think I think every every person at our age will probably think, like, the, the generation they're in is the best one because it's the most access they've ever had to video games, right? Yeah. Like, growing up, like, I did not have this many video games to play because uh, I grew up poor, right? I got what I got. Um, so I think, for me, this is the best generation because I've never played more games in my entire life because I'm a grown adult. <laughs> you know what? If I may, oh. if I may interject on that, yeah. I, mm-hmm. um, this is actually the the generation that I fell out of gaming. Mm. So this is going to be a difficult topic for me. I I would do want to talk about it because I I did play games towards towards it, but this was the I got my first job. I was in my first like long term relationship. Uh, broke that off. I uh, got my second job. Uh, worked in forge i was like i didn't find a lot of time to play video games and so i a lot of this generation just like flew over my head in the early years uh through uh, at the end of college and my depression my depressive haze that is that i'm still in i still played some some but it was mostly at the tail end of the generation mm-hmm. i kind of feel like i was cheated a bit and i skipped the xbox one completely i haven't touched my xbox one since i finished halo 5 and that was years ago oh what a one to finish on yeah <laughs> right yeah, you know, um, to comment on that, I completely understand what you get because one of the things that I do love about this generation is accessibility. Like with uh, with Xbox Game Pass or PlayStation Plus memberships, like you get free games. So many games are coming out for free. But I do have to agree because this is the generation where we became adults and I could not play everything I want to play. I still haven't played everything I want to play. There are still games on my, um, on my PS4 uh, that I bought digitally for amazing prices that I haven't even touched yet because I just... I'll get you Shadow of Mordor. The Witcher 3. I, I read, actually, I did get Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor was for free on PlayStation Plus. I downloaded it. And Ryan whispered the biggest culprit, or not the biggest culprit I haven't touched yet, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, because I know that's a 100-plus hour game. And unfortunately, I haven't touched it yet. But I feel like the games I was able to play are the best generation but that that's the thing about adults you have to find the time and it 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 sucks when you do it find the time budgeting it it is a pain in the ass but the second you're able to go through with it is awesome uh bouncing off what you said ben this is the generation where i discovered and made peace with the fact that i will never play all the games i want to play it'll never happen Mm -hmm. no matter what i do it will never ever happen yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> some things are just never going to get touched or yeah. never going to get finished. And I have to make peace with that. Yeah. And this yeah. generation made that very, very clear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I was trying to find, so the, the generation really just ended, like the new consoles literally just came out. So the articles that I'm looking for haven't been written yet, but I wanted to find what did the last generation, what was the legacy or what, what was the last generation, what brought to the table that we will see in the new generation, right? Uh, and I couldn't find any articles for that, but I did find some older articles that, uh, that I think kind of help. Um, these are from like two or three years ago, but um, some of the things that just this generation did really well are um, the rise of indie games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indie games have obviously been around since the dawn of time. People can make games whenever they want, but the to get uh, to delivery system of more people with more internet capacities and better systems, stuff like that. Uh, smaller games have never been played more often. Like Ben, you and I, and even you, Sparks, love to play small games. Uh, uh, Panzer Paladins, Blasphemous, Cuphead, stuff like that. Oxen free. Oxen free. Uh, this is a fantastic point. And uh, I, when I was making the list, I'm like, I do want to really talk about indie games, but there's no time to talk about like individual indie games yeah. really, um, because this part of what that what i was just saying about this generation indie games are some of my favorite things because they're unique uh-huh. they're they're very flavorful i think is the word i want to use and uh and i can put the time in and finish them they're often bite sized yeah. they're usually much smaller and honestly that works mm-hmm. for me and i'm able to play many many more of them um yeah. and and i feel like the accessibility for them is off the charts uh, and so indie games have been some of the biggest things out of this generation that I'm so happy for. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I remember when Cuphead was just even announced at E3, and just the fact that this... Oh, because A, Cuphead is an indie game, but also the fact that it's an indie game that I feel accelerated to AAA status. Yeah. It'd be just because of A, it's art style, and B, it's difficulty level. Um, it became a cult... It went from a cult thing to now it's a mainstream thing, and I even... So happy for Studio MH. Um, what's the studio name? God. Um, MH. It's it's it's. Damn it! If you don't have it readily available, you can't. No. I, yeah, but that's the studio that made Cuphead. Which, if I remember correctly, it was only two people who hand drew and animated the entire thing by hand. And apparently, we are getting a sequel. We're even getting a, a show on Netflix for show, it. Yeah. yeah. Studio MDHR. MDHR. I knew there was an H and an R and an M in there somewhere. I knew all the letters were there. I just didn't know how they went. I was missing one. I was missing the D. Um, yeah, so we all think I'll have lists. Shut up, Sparks. I know when I said shut up. Don't, don't you <laughs> do that. <laughs> oh. God. Um, all right. I think we all have lists uh, of kind of games. 30 years <laughs> old and suddenly missing the D. I feel <laughs> aging is hard. I hate I am mad. Are you missing no. your own D or someone else's? D? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna entertain that answer. I'm not gonna entertain the Nintendo DS. There you go. The Nintendo 3DS, because that died this year. It sure that did. passed. That passed away with the. I mean, we knew it was coming ever since 2017 or 2016 with the announcement of the Nintendo Switch. How do so, we want to? How do we want to do our list? Uh, real quick, now that the the Switch mm-hmm. Lite is out, Ben, mm-hmm. you can pretty much guarantee that Nintendo was not going to be releasing a new console like. No joke, maybe for the next five years. They'll just no. keep up the Switch. No, because I... they created like the perfect video game system, like in my opinion. Especially for them. Yeah. Oh, oh, completely. Like um, I know we're talking a lot about PlayStation and uh, Xbox, like the, the because there's big three, there's the three the big three, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. But Nintendo's been around since the eighties. There's a they reason also, they stuck around this long. They also do whatever they want. They don't they do 
Microsoft and, and Sony are often like fighting, doing the same stuff. Nintendo has mm-hmm. always done their own thing for better or worse. Yeah. Whereas, because we were uh, we were talking about indie games, I feel Nintendo, especially with the Switch, has become the indie darling. Because yeah. like uh, uh, Ryan, you mentioned it earlier, I mentioned it on past shows, Panzer Paladin. It's one of my favorite games of the of this year. It's definitely going to be on one of my top ten of the year, and it's only available on two platforms. Uh, the PC on Steam and the Nintendo Switch. Nowhere same with, else. Same with Hades. Hades is like mm-hmm. one of the, the best games of the year. It's Switch and PC. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I I do want to because this is a good segue for that. What you're talking about? Yes, it is an indie darling. Microsoft got real smart. Oh, got, they did. Uh, oh the God, yeah. Which gives you things for your PC and your Xbox. And they have also embraced indie gaming in a hard way. Yeah. This has given them such an incredible edge. And Xbox has really changed in the past mm-hmm. two years the dynamic of console gaming. Yeah. Oh, they uh, totally have. We've we've talked about it like since since we've both gotten Game Pass. And and the more they've added, like they just added the EA game stuff. So EA Play, which is their own EA's separate subscription service, is now bundled into the Game Pass. So you have all of those EA games like Battlefield and Mass Effect and Need for Speed all for free. Uh and mm-hmm. it's just because Xbox all, all for games. your subscription. Yes, price. of course. Yes. We, and and like nothing struck Ryan and I harder than even though we haven't started it. Gears Five. When yeah. Gears Five came Launched. out on Game Pass on launch day, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, if you were getting the subscription, here you go. Here's this AAA title you can just play right now. Yeah, changed everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Nintendo, they're still kind of iffy with their AAA titles, but the fact that a AAA title like Gears of War is on Game Pass second that day one just huge step forward for x for microsoft and xbox yeah and i will say what this generation really uh established in gaming is xbox and playstation really reached out for online and yes uh and they they branch out to that hardcore nintendo's biggest flaw it is is online oh no i will completely agree with you because um i just watched the newest the new nintendo switch uh christmas commercial that they have during the holidays. It's really cute commercial, a huge um, boost for the LGBTQ community because it it showcases a gay couple. And they bought their nieces and nephews a Nintendo Switch. The thing is, is that... Good for them. Yeah, yeah, good for them. But here's the thing. It also, the commercial broadcasts one giant problem with Nintendo, and you're right, Sparks, that is its online capabilities because they're using their own cell phones to talk. And Nintendo has a Nintendo Switch app which has the exact same push to talk or not push to talk, but it's like call your friend through the switch app and they'll answer or do what I did back with my Nintendo Wii. When I was playing Mario Kart, Wii with Adam, just call him up, put him on speakerphone and we just talk through there. There's no true voice chat. There's no true headset support. And it pisses me off. Whereas you have Microsoft, Nintendo, of course, PC, they're all fine. They have that locked down. They know what they're doing. Whereas Nintendo, it's like they're amazing innovators in other fields but they keep bumbling along with things that other people want. At the end of the day, Nintendo has always been about making games. Yeah. That, at the end of the day, that is what they care about. Mm-hmm. They don't care about if you and your friend can talk online. That's not why they're there. They're there to sell you a video game. For some reason, I don't know why Nintendo is 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 they're they're very forward thinking in a lot of innovation, but they're very backward thinking in terms of forward innovation, like what Xbox and PlayStation are doing. Mm-hmm. Like just getting online stuff now for the Switch. PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox 20 years ago could do this. Like it's yeah. they are so behind in some aspects. It's almost it's almost baffling. They just don't care because they still sell. Mario mm-hmm. sells more than any other game ever made because it's Mario and you don't yeah. need to talk to your friend. Like it, they don't care about it, which sucks for us who are mm-hmm. multiplayer fans. I mean, and that's I, why they 
on the Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. So I know Xbox is doing amazing with their Game Pass, and but one thing I do want to give Nintendo a, a, a round of applause for is, I mean, yes, it is a Nintendo Switch Online thing, but it's their accessibility to their older games, the NES and the SNES um, archives, essentially, where you can play these old oh, these old any um, these old games, which some of them are very hard to find physical copies of on your HD TV, with no problems. It's perfect emulation as long as you have a subscription you can play these amazing games and the best part is they keep adding games yeah yeah that's that's a really nice thing that they mm -hmm. do for sure especially especially for a huge retro nerd like me it's like cool i don't if do i just play this for free I'm on sorry, my switch ben. i'm sorry ben i'll have to correct you especially for a huge nostalgia's bitch like you okay as someone who loves uh who is a nostalgia's bitch, I'm having access to these games, especially these games where going looking online and looking and finding a physical cart of like say Super Metroid or a complete cart of um Super Mario Kart be in the fifties or hundreds of dollars, whereas I could just play this for on my Switch like right now. And the emulation is really damn good. The yes. only one thing I will get say is like Nintendo is the king of handhelds, put the handheld stuff up on there. Put the Game Boy up there. Put the yeah. Game Boy Advance up there. Give me yeah. the access to Metroid Fusion. God damn it. You've done it before. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean it's a it's a good point and it it sits well with the like the, the big detriment of Sony right now and what yeah. Microsoft has also done done well in contrast mm -hmm. to them is the embracement of people want to play their old games uh on your new consoles. They don't want to have to keep four consoles in good condition mm -hmm. lying around and hunt down or keep and maintain or, all the physical copies of the old games. They're like, please just make them or hope for, or hope for a remaster of those games. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like, they still, so I still have my copies, Xbox 360 copies of left for dead and left for dead two. I can play them on my Xbox one. I can play them on an Xbox series X. That's fantastic. And it'll look better. And it'll look better. Like that's mm -hmm. It, it, how Sony is still so resistant to making things from the PS1 and PS2 era available. Yeah. That, um, that's been real quick, Ben. That's, that's always been now that we're at this generation, you can see the clear divide of PlayStation is we are a generational device. You buy a PS5, you pay PS5 games. If you want to play the old games, either wait for the remaster or play it on the old console. That's like, that's how it's always worked. But Xbox is like, but why, why does it yeah. have to be? Yeah, and it's it's kind of like no one ever thought about it before they just did it, and it's just yeah. it's like oh they're just doing the Apple model. They're like you can have the phone from five years ago or the phone now, almost it's basically the same. It just won't look as good. And I'm like that's smart. It's the PC model. We should have done this from mm -hmm. the beginning. Yeah. Right. So even to drive the nail the cough the coffin because there are because I have look, looked and I actually do have a PlayStation Two game on my PS4. It's uh, a copy of Star Ocean to the End of Time. Uh, I still have my physical copy of the PS2 version. Uh, just in case, just in case something happens to my PS4 and or something happens that wipes all my saved games for some unknown god reason. <laughs> That's honestly kind of my my issue with uh with this generation uh, is that I would like to go back and replay yeah uh, Ultimate Spider Man or the, or the God yeah. of War games. Uh, but to, to, or the generation we're heading into. Uh, the generation that we're heading into, one of the, that I would have liked, but also, but the thing I missed from the last from this last generation that we're talking about, which is the idea that um, I would like to play the games from the PS2, the PS3. I don't want to keep those consoles; it just mm -hmm. wastes space, and they become dust collectors in mm -hmm. case I want to play them. Yeah, yeah I, I most, 
you, you don't end up doing anyway. Yeah. yeah, I had to clean off my PS1 just because it was just super dusty and gross. Um, and just going back and to finish uh, a point I had on PlayStation of why they've fallen behind in the retro market, whereas Nintendo of Xbox have made great strides, is do we all remember the PlayStation, the Sony PlayStation Classic fiasco? Whereas Nintendo oh, yeah. and even Sega reignited the console wars in a way with their minis. And these are great minis. I absolutely adore these things. You look at PlayStation, they dropped the ball hard i forgot that thing even came out man no, You're right. it meant even a turbo graphic 16 mini came out and i think that's sold more than it's the playstation classic you know what just came out on xbox pc game pass bin final what? fantasy 8 remastered mm-hmm. there that's, you go that's a that's a that's a 1998 playstation one game that i'm playing on my xbox pc that's like god thank you microsoft because, because they understand it and it's it's mm-hmm. just it's baffling to be headed into this generation where even Nintendo understands old games going to digital formats for people to be able to play them and at low prices. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, a low cost to get access and PlayStation still can't wrap its head around it. Yeah. The thing they're doing for the PS5 is that is that like retro PlayStation Plus thing where you get all of the PlayStation 4 games. So they're just they just if you get a PS5 and get PlayStation Plus, they're just giving you like uh, Last of Us and the Tomb Raider and like those in God of War, but I'm like if you have a PS5, you've played those games on your PS4. Oh yeah, like, that's not as it's not the same as Game Pass. You're just giving us the games we already own. Right. That doesn't make sense to give PlayStation owners PlayStation exclusives. That's why they bought your console. Yeah. Right. I remember. I remember Sparks. I think Sparks. You, myself, and Ryan were talking that if PlayStation just made a retro console, uh, like a say called the PlayStation Legacy that plays every single PlayStation game from one to three in a one hundred dollar package, oh, I'd yeah. buy it. I would buy it. Yeah, I'd buy it too, but I'll be honest with you. What I'd really prefer is just for them to make it so that either you can put the discs from the old things into your PlayStation or that they invest in making a massive market of the digital recreations of all their old games. Mm-hmm. Uh, either one would be fine with me because basically just go the Xbox model where like either one works. You can find it digitally on the marketplace if it's available to play on the Xbox and your consoles, which the majority of games still are, and they are still adding more and more games from the older generations like republic commando which i can play on my xbox one mm-hmm. um and or, PS, ps5 has been so wishy-washy on their backwards compatibility too. or you just put the disc in like i do with left for dead and then boom there you go mm-hmm. or sprinkle sprinkler just went crazy yeah wow. uh so i just looking ahead and even looking at this current generation that that is just the the frustrating through line of sony yeah. that makes it really hard for me to if they didn't get good, such good exclusives. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's this great meme. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it. It's it's the from Avatar The Last Airbender where Uncle Iroh is talking to Zuko about the Four Nations, but he's talking about the four, essentially the four types of gamers. PlayStation gamers, Xbox gamers, Nintendo gamers, and uh, PC gamers. How each nation, how each essentially being of being a gamer is like its own nation and how they're different from one another. Like, uh, PlayStation is the nation of exclusivity, whereas Nintendo is uniqueness. And the PC is because you can mod and all stuff. It's like the creative. It's, it's a really good meme. And it's not like, hey, everyone sucks. Go with X, go with X, Y, and Z. It's we're all video gamers. We should all coexist as one. Sure. Gamers rise up. Uh, so uh, I think we'll have lists of games that we want to highlight. Uh, so how do we want to handle that? So I, I forgot that uh, we did a... Uh, we did a, uh, a end of the year podcast. That was like an end of the decade podcast. Yeah. And I pretty much 
I forgot I did that. And I you very much blew your video games on I, that one. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them. Because I went hard because it was a decade. But uh, I got I got more I didn't talk about. Yeah. Uh, I, funny enough, as we were doing this conversation, uh, as we were talking about it, I was like, oh, crap, that's a great one. Oh, my God, that's another one. Because funny enough, I don't, I can't look at all my games because my games are in a box over there. Hilarious. Um, I think that what's interesting is that my list—it's not interesting, but my list is going to be the shortest. I had to go to my shelf, and be like, "What did I? Do I have more? I should have more." And so I would like write down because I had so little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I can't. Uh, for me, I can't possibly like. First off, there's a ton of games that I know I haven't gotten to that I want to, and I wish I could talk about, but I can't. So hopefully, someone else does. Probably this guy. Uh, and then that there's also, um, there's too many games, even with that reduced category for me to want to touch on specifically. Um, so I tried to think of ones that I felt like were really like innovative of where we were going in gaming necessarily, or just things that I thought were super, super dope. Um, I didn't rank them in any particular order, though. That and, and I just have a list of things I want to make sure we talk about because they were things that really dominated the gaming space in this past generation. Um, and I'm going to kick things off. Kick I guess. it. Yeah. I'm going to kick things off by bringing up uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, the most crazy, intense dragon. This Call, game... Just say what it is. It's the best Dragon Ball Z game ever made. It's the best made. Dragon Ball Z game ever made. Yeah. Like, this fighting game made people fans of the show that had never seen the show that's how good the fighting game was uh like i can't that game's incredible that game is incredible it's sadly the first like true real true dragon ball z fighting game and i don't mean that i like the budokai games are fighting games but i mean like this is a tournament level street level uh street fighter like technique like you have to be if you're like top 10 players in the world play dragon ball z fighters they don't play street fighter like it's what i watch that game a lot i don't play that game anymore but seeing the fights it's like watching that anime dude it's insane that game is that game looks so good i can't believe it looks like the show it looks like 2d animation that turns into 3d sometimes uh it's gorgeous and it's got a it's got a full length uh campaign that's kind of bad but just really fun not only not only is that revolutionary for dragon ball z games it's revolutionary for fighting games yeah what what a masterpiece that is to have come out in this generation uh fake nerd fight night Coming. Fake Nerd Fight Night, baby. Coming soon. Fake Nerd Fight Night. Um, ben. Yes. We're going to get this out of the way right now. Let's talk about Zelda. Yeah, so I actually did uh, make a list. And uh, funny enough, I'm changing it right now. Did you rank them? I, I did. I put So this list is going to like go up and down. But my top three are the ones that I'm going to keep for this generation. Like from numbers four through 10 are going to jump around. And even my honorable mentions might get back in there. But Breath, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is at number two of this generation as one of the yeah. best games of this generation. Um, my God, that I was thinking about this. Nintendo has perfected an art. And that is the art of the launch title. The N64 had Super Mario 64. The Game Boy had Tetris. The GameCube had Super Mario Sunshine. And the Wii had Twilight Princess. And with the Switch, you get Breath of the Wild, which was is still phenomenal. And just, oh my god. I, I still remember playing that game for hours, just thinking, I want to go over there. What's over that hill? What is over that ridge? What is up this mountain? Just the fact of exploring and these giant open sandbox games, like games like GTA Five. GTA Five is not on this list. It's not even on my honorable mentions. A great game, huh? 
You played GTA 5? I did. I beat GTA 5. It is a great game. But the thing with stuff like GTA 5 is that there's just so much stuff to do that I get lost. I get scared. Whereas Breath of the Wild, for some reason, it was just like, go. Have fun. Explore. That's my favorite thing about about, uh, good good open world games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Freedom. Uh, And honestly, like, when when did this come out? 2017. 17 okay so mm-hmm. uh I, I think i talked about it. the last game before that that really had an impact for open world rpgs was skyrim in 2011 yeah. where like yo like this is how you make an open world and you streamline it and you make it uh you make it hard you make it hard to master but easy to play right mm-hmm. uh, breath of the wild capitalized on that in every single way um games are going to be are going to be taking inspirations from breath of the wild and they already have started to uh yeah. games are like Genshin Impact is a brand new RPG from this year that is straight up, yo, let's play Breath of the Wild. Um, mm-hmm. Ubisoft, Gods, God, what's it, Gods and Monsters? Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising. It's a terrible name. Yeah. Immortal Phoenix Rising is a, that is Breath of the Wild, like straight up. Like they're just copying it, which is not a bad thing. Cause like, it's not bad if you're taking from good inspiration. Like that's not a bad thing. Video games do it all the time. Video yeah. games do it all Imita- the time. And of course, in the video game, in video games, imitation is the clearest form of flattery. Exactly. Cause uh, they know. Mag, Mag had a comment. So I guess these are their favorites of this generation yep. doom ff7r spider-man breath of the wild super mario odyssey oh baby yeah getting all of those hell yeah so all of those are on my list except for one and uh, that is my bet and that is final fantasy 7 remake it is oh, in my really? honorable mentions that's interesting yeah uh do you just uh sparks did you have more on your list or did you just want to i think are we, are we spent, I think... no my list was one this list was one okay no, i'm kidding ben i'm kidding i think we're just like bouncing we're bouncing around we're just we're, bouncing around. i i put them in no order so yeah okay. um you know i'm just gonna go through my list of like one through ten really quick god of war breath of the wild super mario odyssey spider-man fire emblem three houses dark souls three near automata final fantasy 15 doom eternal and super smash brothers ultimate you haven't Ar- been bloodborne yet right no i haven't been bloodborne yet okay. i haven't been yeah. near automata yet either but i love near automata uh, my honorable mentions are Kingdom Hearts, the all-in-one edition, because I'm putting that all because you're the way the reason why you're able to play all the Kingdom Hearts on the PS4, I think it's just fantastic. Or at least experience all the Kingdom Hearts is amazing. Sure. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is honorable mention, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Mega Man 11, Monster Hunter World, Shadow of the Colossus, Crash and Sand Trilogy, Cuphead, and Tetris 99. Whereas my right. one bummer, the one game that really bummed me out, but I still have, but I haven't touched it, is Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Ben, real quickly, I think once you get to the point, one thing I think once you get to the point that your honorable mentions are as long as your list, you should probably just make it part of the list. Still rank them. Like I said, the, the honorable mentions can jump; they can keep jumping. But I mean, there's so many honorable mentions. Just make it the list. You haven't. It's so interesting that like Marvel Infinite is like is like the like the one like it's the one that got away. It's not that good. No, it, it's not, and. Because I, I didn't wanted... play it, huh? I thought you didn't play it. How how did you judge it so quickly? No, I did. I I own it. I own the steel book. No, I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, we thought you said you said you didn't play it. No, no. I I'm I said I didn't finish near Automata. Oh, okay. Whereas <laughs> I whatever. Yeah, but uh, just just go on about yeah, because Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite it was as great as Marvel vs. Capcom Three Ultimate is. Infinite dropped the ball. It did. It completely dropped the ball. The roster is so tiny. The story mode is it's it's okay. I mean, I I like it, but it's people just aren't playing the game. And what made Marvel vs. Yeah, what made Marvel vs. Capcom two and Marvel vs. Capcom three great was its colorful roster. Was how fast paced and quick that game was. 
And I mean, the 3v3 fighting system is awesome. I mean, the Infinity Stones, it sounds cool to have an Infinity Stone, but those turn into really cheap uh, cheat codes instantly. I, I hate it's, them. I, it's think it's, I think it ruins literally every single match. That's why I don't like that game. Like the one thing I do love about 7 is that, or not 7, God, Infinite, is that you have Mega Man X and Zero fighting, but the storyline totally took them out of the equation because their main villain, Sigma, is fused with Ultron. You would think they'd have more screen time, but they didn't, and that's bullshit if you ask me. Um, Solid. Solid list, Ben. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I, I was less like, because of the ranking list, I more just wanted to like, oh, I, I thought of this thing, I want to talk about why it mattered in this generation. Mm-hmm. Brandon, I want to get you in on this, because yeah. I want to talk about the the slow, painful downfall of Halo in this generation. Halo 4 and Halo 5 came out in this generation. Uh, and did, boy, did they? Yeah, and boy, oh, they did. Did that shit. Halo, Wait, 4, Halo 4 was 360. Oh, you're right. Halo 5. Mm. Okay, so Halo 5 was a launch. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh, Xbox One title. And Halo 5 sunk the ship that Halo 4 was lightly coasting with. But don't you yeah. want to see the truth? Uh, so, okay, yeah, if you don't mind. No, I don't. Please. Halo Halo is a very influential uh, game franchise in my life. I played all I played all the Halo games. Uh I have. Yeah, that's still a true statement. Um I played all the Halo games. I've gotten the Xboxes only to play Halo. And then I pick up whatever later. But I, I got a 360 at launch because I wanted to play Halo 3. I got an Xbox I got I bought an Xbox saved up for an Xbox to play Halo 1 and 2. Um and I liked Halo 4. I did. It's a, it's a pretty good game. Um, I don't think so. I, I, I like what they did with Master Chief and Cortana and kind of make that relationship be a relationship. Because the difference that 343 wanted to do was take away the idea that Master Chief was us. Master Chief is a very thin character. Bungie meant that to be so, so we could project onto Master Chief. I think playing with the idea that Cortana is more important to Master Chief... Uh, then was let on and and kind of that family relationship that's all works for me and i think it's a pretty pretty engaging story because of it halo 5 just sucks yeah but what about that didac remember the didac the villain from halo 4 i think he's in halo 5 i honestly don't even remember anymore <laughs> yeah 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 bad it's bad it's very yeah. bad well, i love they had- of those villains but like i playing halo <laughs> 4 i'm just like man i just I, I, why aren't I playing Destiny? Yeah, the Halo uh, games have a really have had a really simple mythology to them that you can catch up with, you can understand. I don't think that is true for the new Halo games under three four three. I think the mythology is really convoluted and complicated and difficult to keep up with. There's a great video all about all the books. Uh, it's yeah. like forty five minutes, and you guy read all. Yeah, I'm Poly- is that that Polygon guy? Yeah, yeah, that guy's like my favorite guy. Uh, it, that's I've a video where Brian he basically David tells you Gilbert. what's worth your time because there are things worth your time and things that aren't yeah um he spent yeah. an entire year reading halo, halo 5 is to this day the worst uh case of horrendously misleading marketing to final product i have ever seen in video games i was so and excited. probably will ever see again i was so excited because my master chief maybe being the bad guy is like the the, the coolest thing that i at the time i was like Holy shit, we're hunting down the chief to get the truth. I'm well, just so the ready. idea of these two characters pitted against each other. There, there's two different commercials of them in opposing positions, yeah, like ready to kill each yeah. other. It's awesome over their beliefs. It's and amazing. I'm like, this is compelling drama. 
there was a podcast that ran for two seasons that's an audio drama hyping up the story of that with freaking uh uh, uh Keegan Michael Key and uh and Colby Smolders in it and <laughs> narrating this incredible story and Halo 5 just like crashed and burned that whole idea down to the ground to the point where Man, I don't even know if I care about Halo ever again. You guys want to know the craziest thing? We could be playing. We should have been playing Halo Infinite right now. Right. Yeah. That game is not coming out for at least a year. Yep. I, I, I looked at it. That is part of Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series X marketing. Still, is seeing Master Chief featured so heavily. It's on the box. I, I, I said that. I, I said this earlier, but like part of the reason why I'm probably skipping the Xbox this Xbox generation is because I don't want to play halo infinite i don't want to play any more halo games also brandon microsoft said you don't need to buy a new xbox because you, you can, can play it on one you could still play all of the brand new games for the next couple of years on your xbox one you know that sounds really great but in regards to halo infinite no i'm just yeah it's yeah. still bad <laughs> i i still want you to keep holding on to the xbox because there's other things on xbox now where i'm like i think brandon would have a great time and the only way to do these things are xbox with you yep. like left for dead sure. um but Man, Halo was a what a what a it, it, you can tell how hard it fell by the fact that like it was Halo Five at launch and then misery after uh, just I, I there was no there was there was there was four or five Halo games that came out in the 360 generation and one in the Xbox One generation. Yeah, you had Halo Three, which was the launch for Halo the Xbox Three games. Reach, ODST, and Combat Evolved Remake. Yeah. yeah, which let's be real, the best one out of those is Reach. Reach, reach is so good. Reach, Reach, Pre Preach for Reach. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, hell, I played because I played three. I played four. Oh, and Halo four, so five. Oh yeah, because that that was that was a bunch of yeah yeah. So five I played, Halo games, one generation. People, what the hell there, happened? Um, I was yeah, hearing how because I have played Halo before. I do love the Halo franchise. I just don't have an Xbox because I you know other stuff. But just to hear how many of the diehard Halo fans, friend of the podcast, one of my best friends, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. He Hi, loves man. he loves Halo. And just to hear him say, he's like, dude, five isn't good. Because we when would co-op Halo together. And when I was a kid, there were two games that I cared deeply, deeply about. And it was God of War and Halo. And this generation brought those back to me. And only one of them I'm going to continue playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I, I even recently, uh, I went back to the multiplayer for Halo 5, um, and, like, it, it plays fine, but it, it's not recognizable as Halo anymore. It's turning the Call of Duty, mm -hmm. where all the guns have scopes, you, you have a sprint button, you have, like, an automatic run, and I just look back at the the first combat Halo Evolved, or Halo Combat Evolved, and I'm like, wow, how, wow, it's totally not even the same game anymore. Right. Uh, uh, so, it's... I, I kind of, if, if it's okay with you guys, I would like to change gears off of Halo because I know Halo is a huge bummer for you guys. Um, but there's something I want to talk about. Something that's not slightly well, real quickly, real yeah. quickly. If Sparks had one more thing to say about oh, yeah, Halo, yeah, I want him yeah, to yeah. get that out first. No, yeah. he's basically doing what I was going to do. I was going to say I just really wanted to cover <laughs> that because that was a crucial downfall in this generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, and we can move forward from it. I, yeah. I, I don't think there is a more clear blemish in triple a games in this generation than halo mm -hmm. 5 and yeah. yeah who knows the state i mean we know the state of infinite it's bad and i was like oh halo was the best and now where is it oh man yeah. 
Anyway, so, ben, as so, you so another point uh, that actually really big point that came out this generation is the rise of battle royale games. Mm, Apex yes. Legends, Fortnite. Um, one of my model mentions was Tetris 99, and mm-hmm. we just got Super Mario 35. Because uh, I know you two, Sparks and Ryan, have just started really playing Fortnite. And because when I first tried, I have played Fortnite before. When I tried it, I didn't like it, and yeah, I, I was in the same boat because I tried it probably around mm-hmm. the same time as you did. Early on in its thing where I was like only a few months into uh, it becoming very popular. A lot of people talking about it. I'm like, I want to try it. Like, you know, let's see if this Mm -hmm. is a thing worth worth checking out. And I didn't care for it. Same. Didn't care for it. Because, I mean, because not just with Fortnite, but uh, also because Fortnite, Apex, and at the very beginning, Star Wars um, uh, Battlefront. Battlefront 2. Because those games are (laughs) lit. Or at least they were different. But so, well, I, let, me, let me finish. That let we have finish. A, it's called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That is actually the first battle. That was, yeah. PUBG. Yeah. yeah. But looking at those games, well, mostly Fortnite and Star Wars Battlefront, because especially Battlefront, because that was at the center of the one of the biggest controversies this generation, microtransactions. Yep. Yep. That was big. Big boy. As because because I remember I I could be wrong. I could be wrong, or this could have just been clickbait. Some kid spent like 300 bucks using their parents' credit card for buying Fortnite skins and dances. Yeah, yeah it's they, uh, it, the predatory nature of free to play games is, is, is real. Like gambling mm-hmm. is a real thing, and like yes. kids love opening up boxes and shit. So like, on the on the phones, there was that huge epic scandal with Apple, and now you cannot play Fortnite on your iPhone anymore. I tried to play it so I could play it on my own time. You can't do it anymore because they had a big fight. Uh, I lost my point. That sucks. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, the, the the I'm glad you brought up both of these things. Uh, the microtransactions, especially it's like where that's yes. all where yeah. that's all. Uh, Battlefront was at the middle of that. I wanted to bring up Battlefront both for that reason and also. Mm-hmm. I think Battlefront was very special in this generation because I, what a freaking gorgeous game. Oh yeah. Uh, like Battlefront now? Battlefront 2, absolutely beautiful games recreated from the original props, recreated lovingly with Lucasfilm to be an all right gaming experience. <laughs> it, especially Battlefront 2, because Battlefront 2 went from being all right to downright despised because of said microtransactions. Then you have to get like an entire full world week just to get one thing for a certain for luke skywalker yeah i i yeah i bought that game at launch and because i because so I. I i wanted to believe that they they would fix their shit from the first game and they really didn't and it took no. them months and months until we started all playing it after it was fixed like yeah, a year, it, a year yeah. after it was fixed. in the quarantine time battlefront 2 right now is actually pretty fun to play guys it's oh. like, there's a pretty good investment to it oh. and it's no, just not hard to get 10 you need it for 10 bucks and there's a lot of shit so so uh, as awesome as because i will agree battlefront 2 is awesome. It was for free on the PlayStation uh, Store if you want uh, some time ago as a PlayStation Plus game. Because what they have done now, because people, I feel like a lot of gamers, especially today, they hate day one patches. Like Fallout 76, how big was that day one patch? I don't know. It was bigger than the game when you first bought the damn thing. Well, there was a sure. 50 gig, There was the game was 48 gigs, and then day one there was a 50 gig patch for that. And it just turned into a complete shit show. Sure. No Man's Sky. When you first bought the game, it was a complete shit show. Star Wars. First bought it, you know where I'm going with this. But as time went on, people fixed their these developers fixed their games. So now they're great game. I heard great things about Fallout. I've heard amazing things about No Man's Sky. And like we said earlier, Star Wars has become a really fun game 
with some microtransactions, but you don't need those damn microtransactions. You pointed out another really, really terrible thing about this generation. Uh, patches. Developers mm. do not have enough time to finish their games, and they have to release yeah. games before they're finished. Yep. So almost every game gets released unfinished. There are very few games. The only games that get to come out that are perfect are basically Rockstar games and maybe like uh, like the Uncharted and God of War games. Yeah. yeah. But like every other game developer, like, yo, the game's got to come out because it's got to come out. It's going to be buggy. I'm sorry. You know what? I was saying Nintendo. They're pretty good in their, their Their first party titles are also very well polished. They deal with online shit. They just make the games and they're finishing them. Yeah. That's the one thing Nintendo actually, for all the online shit that they don't do, that's the one thing they do get right. They get their mm -hmm. games out and they're good. And yeah. even when they do, because... Fire Emblem Three Houses, one of my favorite games of my favorite game of 2019. It came out with a DLC patch, and they're still and the only what was that DLC? An extra story. Guess how long that story was? That story was 15 plus hours long. That was right. a long ass and, thing. And that that is a very large and rampant problem that came up in this generation. The the need for patches, uh, yeah. the need to improve a game after its release because they kept pushing people and rushing it out. And Marvel's Avengers, terrible thing. Marvel's Avengers has lost ninety six percent of its player base. I'm one of those people. I stopped playing that game because there's nothing to do because they had to release that game a year before it was done. Right. It sucks. That game is in bad shape. Yeah. 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 Um, besides that, the other point is that if I had to give this name this generation and name it'd be the generation of streamers uh, well sure yeah i mean i mean obviously streaming is um most exists that much the previous gen that, that has more yeah, to do with youtube and social media than it does with yeah gaming, true but still but also the how access because before i want to say what i mean because with the PC, you can stream, you can do a whole lot of awesome stuff with the PC. But with a PS4, I could start, I started streaming because of my PS4. I obviously, I'm not able to do that with the PS3 unless I'm remember, remembering wrong. No, who's this that bad? Yeah, well, but I could stream easily with my PS4 thanks to a push of a button. I don't need a high end gaming PC. I want one, but I don't need it to stream. And that makes me happy. Yeah, uh, 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 all of the video game people have learned that streaming is a part of their marketability and community it's essentially free marketing for them mm -hmm. um, so they've embraced it pretty hardcore yeah uh yeah that's a good point i want to jump back to fortnite because fortnite okay. is, is kind of generation defining yeah uh, it is. yeah it's the biggest game in, in, in like mate in the world yeah uh mm -hmm. that thing took off i can understand currently playing it why but i don't get how it got there um based I mean, on my initial experience kids love building for sure uh yeah, it's, it, it's weird because it combined minecraft with um call of duty, with call call of duty. duty. Yeah. Uh, yeah but that game has come a long way and they put a lot of attention to detail and hard work into things like the marvel event that's currently happening so good on fortnite for that yeah. um that that's that has changed a lot of things in a similar vein uh, the granddaddy battle game that I think uh, is not forgotten, but easily not brought up because it's just been defining its own niche for a few years now is Overwatch. I was going to bring it up. Oh, I can't. There's a, my roommate Kai, he has an Overwatch piece of art that's been staring me in the face the entire time. I cannot believe him. I forgot about Overwatch, but you're absolutely right. Overwatch is a huge niche game and it is, I would feel it's definitely a generation definer. Uh, Overwatch and another game called Battlegrounds. PUBG. Launched at yeah. the exact same PUBG, time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, no, maybe Players it's Unknown's Battlegrounds. They call they just call it PUBG, but it's Players Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's the same game, I promise. Mm -hmm. uh, as, I, pl as, I play uh, Battlegrounds as the Overwatch one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I thought PUBG was just like Fortnite. I mm -hmm. haven't played it. Yeah, it is because Fortnite mm -hmm. stole from PUBG. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Um, so a game that was built just like Overwatch launched at the same time as Overwatch and was just completely washed under the, you that's, know what I'm talking about? Is that's ba- different. Uh, a battle, battle battle, battle, Battleborn. 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 Okay. So not Battlegrounds, whatever. That's what I'm talking about where it's structured exactly the same as Overwatch. Not like Fortnite. It's structured exactly the same. They launched at the same time and Overwatch just superseded that game. Hardcore mm-hmm. blasted it out of the water. Cause it's better. And dominated that market immediately. People realized that a market of this like uh this team combat 6v6 with special characters was was on the horizon of something that was going to be big but blizzard just owned that market hardcore hardly anything can compete with it right now like there's a game called like paladins came out there's like champions there's um there's crucible which is the amazon one that i talked about that got canceled because it was so bad yeah Overwatch is like the first one to really to really do it, just like PUBG was. And now for Fortnite is eclipsed a PUBG by a billion dollars. Like right. it's crazy that PUBG was like super popular, and then Fortnite just destroyed it. Like right. it's it's really impressive. And Overwatch <laughs> just never even gave Battleborn a chance. No, because uh, because uh, initially, Travis and I, a friend of the podcast, Travis and I, were both looking at Battleborn first, uh-huh. and that was the thing we were pursuing. And we were like, wow, this looks really incredible. And honestly, the game looked like it was designed very well. But Overwatch was the same thing and came out in the same month and killed it. Yeah. Just ro- wrecked anyone competing with Overwatch ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game always has players, just like Fortnite. Overwatch yeah. always has players. That game is incredibly popular. You've all played it for the uh, some of you for the first time this year. That game is awesome, oh, yeah. undeniably. Like it's just good combat, competitive fun. Yeah, you um, were kind enough to give it to me for my birthday. No, uh, not last year. A few years ago, actually. I believe that. Yeah. I'm just going to real quick, uh, I have this Game Informer article talking about the best open world games because that's probably my favorite genre. And these are all games that I really love. Metal Gear Solid 5, Phantom Pain, love it. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, love it. Horizon Zero Dawn, love it. Spider-Man, love it. Ghost of Tsushima, I'm the only person who thinks it's fine. <laughs> um, funny now, because when, when I was thinking about my list originally about some of the best games of this generation, I just kept thinking like, oh my God, this game, this game. But... It, I knew it was going to come down to God of War and Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. The reason why I feel, because as much as I love Breath of the Wild, and I will sing its praises, I this is me getting super, just super nitpicky, is that with Breath of the Wild, as expansive as it is, there's, and as a beautiful world is, if you get something, it's, this is going to sound weird, but let me explain. It's not new. It's like, oh, this is another type of sword this is another type of armor that i have a different that's going to break in like 10 minutes whereas in god of war because both games maybe want to explore the world they want me to see what was on the side of the horizon whereas in god of war it could be a new magic um a new magic upgrade it could be a new health upgrade it could be like when i explored i felt like i truly was rewarded with new lore with new upgrades, whereas in Breath of, Breath of the Wild, don't wrong, you explore, you find the shrines, you solve the puzzle, you get the upgrades, but in God of War, it just felt like, oh, I I have to do this. I can't just streamline and go through. I have to explore my surroundings. I the have to find it. stuff you find in Breath of the Wild isn't as exciting, mm-hmm. but the traversal elements of Breath of the Wild are are yeah. next like are the top top it's the top it, exactly in terms of exploring an open world it's the best one ever made but mm-hmm. the things you find aren't particularly interesting you're finding a thousand korok seeds yeah but of course yeah. of course breath god of war has the mirror yeah yeah um this is a good time to bring brandon in yes uh, brandon loves god of war <laughs> um, we talked about it it is wild to have a triple a title like god of war 
absolutely reinvent itself as a type of video game. Make mm -hmm. you care about the character because Kratos really sucks. He just yells a lot. And just decide, you know what? This game's just going to be designed differently uh, from top to bottom. I remember when the first, like, level footage came out and we were all watching it and we're like, oh, this is going to be, like, just a totally different game. Yeah. Uh, a whole different thing. And what an incredible shift it was. Um, yeah, I love that game. Go ahead. Expand. No, I, no, I love that game. It's, it's my, it was my favorite game of the year uh, when it came out. I think 2018? 2018. Yeah. Um, uh, I would make an argument, Brandon, that God of War was key to you stepping back into more gaming. I think so. Cause oh. God of War and Spider-Man came out around the same time. Uh, roughly, and I uh, and the, the kind of one-two punch of that was like was what really got me back in hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, man, that game that game rules. I need to go back through it again now that it's got new game plus. But everything about that game is so different than what we remember. The axe mechanic is so cool and so much fun. Uh, the story being so two dimensional, three dimensional about this about you know what i love the father 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 connected with their son um and then when we get the chaos blades in that one and you you feel like you've done this before because it's kind of familiar but it's also reinvented him fighting with his chaos blades but once right. you get in they're doing all those moves that's the only real familiarity you have to the previous games returning to your house and and re-picking up the the blades of chaos for the first time that's like a top 10 moment of like yeah. a that is like such like a like what's the thing? like it's like uh it's something really like really cool like return to your roots or something like that yeah, but, it's um, you know what i'll i'll say it's akin to when goku went super saiyan the first time yeah 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 for sure like oh ooh, this feels a this, big moment this feels right yeah 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 uh okay yeah, i know athena, what, athena was there in the background you're oh, like yeah. it's like oh god athena what are you doing here uh now what my my last point my last thing that I want to talk about is this generation. Besides it being the generation of streaming, besides it being the generation of battle royale games, got a lot of names for it. Yeah, I know. There, this is a multitude of generation. This is a huge thing. Is also this was another big thing for remakes and remasters. Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, which Brandon, you absolutely love the Spyro games, and another. I think I might interject. Yes, uh, I think the remaster remake thing is a direct response to the fact that Sony doesn't allow backwards compatibility. I think that's where that market came from. That that market was like, we need to fill this niche because you don't really see a whole lot of remakes or, 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 or remasters on the other consoles. I, I could agree to that. I can agree to that. Except for the ones that are like like Resident Evil, which are multi-console. Like right, multi if they're multi-console, yeah. sure. But yeah. like, you know, like there's no like... Aren't usually doing it. No. Yeah. Um, uh, Halo got anniversary one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Capcom. Like two generations. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm... You're right. I'm trying to think of like have yeah, yeah. Done any? how many yeah. have that have done it? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely so, more of a PlayStation thing. Yeah, Capcom has also been doing it recently with all their Mega Man titles. You have Mega Man Legacy Collection One, Two, Mega Man X One and Two. Because if you find those carts from the NES games like Mega Man X One, Two, and Three, those are hundred plus dollar carts. Uh, real quick, it's actually a good point on the Xbox exclusives because uh, I remember now God of War One does have like a complete remaster, like a dedicated remaster of it. But they just let you play God of War Two and Three because they're like, you know what, they really didn't need it. God of War. They kind of realized. Sorry, Gears of War. Gears I'm of so War. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Gears of War. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Xbox exclusive Gears of War. Uh, they did a remaster of the first one. Yeah. And then they realized, you know what, it really wasn't necessary. You can just play two and three and have it look good, but it's the game. Like just. 
Xbox really figured that out. Yeah, I think Gears was like their first like, oh, we actually don't need to do this. And then they never did it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but one of the biggest, the, I if the argument that I was saying was the biggest uh, change of a remake was, of course, Final Fantasy VII. Because that yeah. was a complete turnaround or it's completely different from what that original game is. So Ben, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna go into spoilers, but I, I somebody uh, online told me what the end of that game is, and if that's true, uh, holy shit, that's really cool, uh, and I kind of want to play that game now because uh, it's wild. And I'm you like, want- I know that's what you wanted to do in this game is be a weirdly interdimensional. I'm excited. Okay. I if you want me to loan it to you, I can loan it to you again. May, not not maybe not yet. Okay. But I, but I found out like, oh, that's what. <laughs> Oh, that's radical. So, like, I'm much more excited to play now. I know what it is. Yeah. So, seven, it's well, seven remake that was upgrades. That was the, the big one. We waited five years for that when that was announced at E3 2015. Uh, we got Final Fantasy 15 before that, which is one of my favorite Final Fantasy of all time. Was seven remake, especially since it was such a huge departure and it dove deeper into the characters of the game. It's weird because I have a bit of a love hate relationship. I love the game. It's a fantastic game. It's It's a contender for my game of the year this year. But there are some things of the gameplay that I hope they fix. That being the ATB system, which was part of the original, but there are times it really hindered my game, my experience while playing it. So as great as 7R is, there are some times where I got really annoyed with it. It's like, why is this here? Why did is this? I get it, it's from the original, but but the more I look at the game, I feel it's more of an adaptation of the original than a straight one-to-one remake. Because we all know it's not a one-to-one remake. Because you only go into Midgar. Yeah, I've I've heard that same analysis in a lot of places. Okay. Without any experience in playing it myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, solid points. Um, yeah. I've got I've got a couple of uh, other little defining ones. Um, I will just soft mention Last of Us Part Two because Have you Last played of it? Us, because Last of Us is incredible, and I've only played the first two and a half hours which is the prologue um and, i beat it and i have different thoughts and, uh, and the, i'm not uh highlighting it for like a you know great story or anything like that yeah i'm highlighting it for like good game building oh it's insane it's, that's it's, that's that's all i'm yeah. highlighting it for because i i love last of us but last of us i can't bring up because last of us is ps3 yeah um mm-hmm. yeah last of us too uh in terms of gameplay and even the story stuff like it's a well acted like just just some choices i don't think just i think they're bad choices right and but, i i won't argue on any of that uh, the gameplay is so sick, man. But the building of the world, the game, just from what I played, I know, like, this is that good shit. This yeah. is that good rock steady drug. Give it into my veins. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that game, you, no game ever more than The Last of Us games has sucked me in to make me feel like I'm just I'm just doing it. I'm just mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. I can't forget reality super, entirely. Super immersive. They're very, very good at that. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's the only amount I want to touch on that. I'm going to change gears, and I'm going to say I really want to talk about Tomb Raider, uh, okay. four generation and Xbox One generation of Tomb Raider, because not only are they great adventure games uh, in their own right that redefined a character's origin, they took Laura Croft and made her an interesting and compelling character. Uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, fr- uh, friend of mine, hopefully soon to be friend of the podcast, Grayson. He actually just uh, played all of the Tomb Raider games. He's been posting them on his um, personal Instagram, and he loves those games. So I would like to get into those. There was a remaster for the PS4, so I'll allow it. 
But the two sequels yeah, did yeah. come out. The two Tomb Raider sequels did come out. Yeah, and I'm talking about like just that trilogy as yeah. a whole. They're uh, dope. They're what's great. what Square Enix and and all that team brought to reinventing Laura? Incredible thing in this generation. And uh, outside of Uncharted, a revival of the adventure game. Yeah, um, I didn't play that third one, uh, even though I got it for free on P- PS Plus. Um, but that second one and that first one are amazing. Yeah, they're really really great. And insp- inspiration for that movie that's getting a sequel. Quick Maybe. quick. Quick thing, uh, quick uh, anecdote on revivals: the Doom revival in 2016 and the Perfection yeah. this Absolutely. year. That's on my list too. Uh, uh, Doom is like nothing else. That Doom revival floored all of us. I uh, wish with its absolute passion for being Doom. Yeah, I wish I, mm-hmm. things I hear about the sequel were better, but uh, we still got Doom, baby. Yeah. That, that thing will forever be. I really incredible. want Brandon to try it someday. It's oh, so. Yeah. It's and like what, the. It's okay. And it's it's not really a spoiler. It's a secret because Doom Eternal has secrets. And one of my favorite things is if you find all the they're called they're collectibles. They're called cheat codes, but you can only activate them when you replay a level. If yeah. you find all the cheat codes, you unlock the original Doom. And if you put because there you have a room and you're in the fortress of the Doom Slayer, that is your room. And there's a old '90s PC that you could play the original Doom and oh. Doom Two if you unlock it with a secret passcode. That's very nice of them. It is. It's like it knows his Doom. It it's just like we're doomed. Shoot, just here's a gun. Shoot them demons, boy. We're doomed. Brandon, you look like you wanted to say something. Oh, I wanted to say something back when you were talking about Tomb Raider. Oh yeah, go go go. Okay. Yeah yeah, please. Um, I wanted to bring up because you brought up Tomb Raider and you briefly brought up Uncharted. This is the generation that I played all the Uncharted games. Is there is a remaster for the PS4 of the first three, and then the fourth one came out, and then the the spinoff. Uh, that franchise rules. It does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved, I loved it. Well-made adventure games are dope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they are. Very, there's a reason why Tomb Raider has been popular for as long as it has. Uh, I'm really glad that that the revival, uh, which is Uncharted inspired, yeah, uh, took off in the way that it did, and was like, what what if we made these characters great? Um, I and story driven. I think that's awesome. I want to talk about Monster Hunter World. I was also wanting to talk about Monster yeah! Hunter World. Monster Hunter World took a game that had never been as expansive and blew it up. And we're talking about Monster Hunter World. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. 50 hours into that game. Maybe the most time, besides The Witcher, that I put into a game this generation. Some of the coolest creature AI of any video game in this generation. 100%. Every every battle, boss battle, you have to learn, like, uh, the techniques of the monster, where its weak spots are. You got to, like, have potions and, like, a weakness, like, a thing to throw at it. It's just, it's so good. It's so fun. Having people help, because I remember when we were, I, I, I don't feel bad, but I also, like, kind of miss when Brian and I were on the big Monster Hunter kick, because we were playing with my buddy Scott from uh, up in the Bay, and we would just, like, be going off and just killing monsters together. Not killing monsters, capturing, because we got more of the goods that way. And just, I remember when the Mega Man event happened, and you, Ryan, you and I grinded so my little cat, my cat companion, my palico, can walk around like Mega Man or be still, dressed up I, as Mega Man. I still use Mega Man as my little cat. Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, uh, man. I Monster Hunter World is one of those games I fell off of, um, but it's an amazing game, and I love to get. I haven't bought, I haven't gotten the Iceborne DLC. Yes, but well, I feel like Monster Hunter. It's also one of those things that even if you fell off the wagon for a while, you can still jump back in. You just might need to reload oh, yeah. the controls. But we can, luckily, we can all do it. Yeah, yeah I, but luckily none you have, can. None of us have touched Iceborne, so we can. Yeah, but one of the best things about uh, Monster Hunter, especially Monster Hunter World, that some people gave it five for, which I understand, is since it's online, 
you can use a flare gun and ask for help. Yeah. And because you, you could, I mean, you could Dark Souls one. Oh God, Dark Souls. Sorry. Put that <laughs> to the side. So you could one we want a giant monster if you want, but if you need help, you still get the goods. You still get the woods. And uh, boys, get good. I love Dark Souls. I love I'm, Bloodborne. I'm, this is the generation where you love Dark Souls now, and I'm I couldn't be happier. Ah, uh, Dark Souls three, playing a co-op. I mean, just for a for a familial thing, because I co-op that game with my brother. It was just so nice to play Dark Souls because he's played Dark Souls before, and he was telling me like, oh yeah, when I did this solo, it sucked, but now that I have you, we can. And we kicked monsters' asses. I am so excited when I get my PS5. First game I'm going to get, or the first two games are going to be Miles Morales and Demon Souls. Because I'm Demon going to be Souls, playing man. Demon Souls with that. That is going to be so rad. I watched like the first hour of that, and I'm like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. PS5, oh my god. Uh, I mean, it's the game back on Dark Souls 3, because that's the only Souls game I play. I know Dark Souls Remastered is out. I haven't gotten it yet. Like Bloodborne, same company. Yeah, I know, I know, uh, from games. Uh, but I love, love Dark Souls 3. It's, I'm now, like, I get the means. I, it, that game is just, it, it is hard, but it's fair. Yeah. And when you do die, you have no one to blame for yourself. You have... It's it truly is like when people say get good, it's like no, you actually have to get good in the game. You have to watch the boss. You can't go when swords are swinging. You have to be careful about it. But it's I feel like playing co-op because people want to play Dark Souls is like oh I did a no hit run in Dark Souls or I did or I did a no dodge roll in Dark Souls. I feel like when you're playing Dark Souls, it's so much more fun when you're playing it with someone else. Sure. Because you, especially when um, someone hasn't played in a few years, like I did with my brother, because he's like, "What's over here?" And then I walk into a thing, and it, we a find a treasure, or we find uh, this big secret boss that my brother completely forgot about, and go, "Oh shit!" So it's funny we were we've been talking a lot about exploration and open worlds, but mm -hmm. no franchise does it maybe better than Dark Souls because the entire point of the Dark Souls games is they don't tell you the story; you have to figure out the story for yourself through. Nope interactions with the with the uh, npcs and reading all the item descriptions and reading all the the lore that's like written on the walls you have to and pay attention you have to pay attention it's it, it's like it, if you just if you just kill things you can't in that be game, passive you can't be passive you have to be invested into all the dark souls games yeah so yeah. you know how my brother convinced me to play bloodborne with him yes he did he said it, it he said it was uh dark souls but victorian era with werewolves and vampires and then i saw this giant cthulhu style monster and then he's like surprise motherfucker so that's the greatest thing about Bloodborne is the first ten hours they it, you think it's just a Van Helsing thing, but spoiler alert, it's literally all about the old ones and the Elder Cthulhu gods and how it's people are growing eyeballs to see the, the inside of the gods. And I'm like, oh, this game just became my favorite game of all time. What? It, Out of nowhere, it is, it is HP Lovecraft. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. but it, it's still so much fun. I got my holy sword, and my brother and I were were rocking holy swords. Oh, Ludwig's holy sword! Hell yeah! Bro. In fact, that game, uh, the Moonlight Sword, is in every single FromSoft game. Nice. Every single Dark Souls game and Bloodborne and all their old school PS uh, PC Sekiro? games. Sekiro, yep, it's all of them. Nice. Um, shifting gears, uh, yeah. those are great co op uh, experiences. Uh, let's talk about one of the big co op experiences of the generation. Bungie's Endeavor of Destiny. Yeah, I, I, you and Ooh. I played a lot of that. The greatest feeling shooter yeah. of this generation, hands down, bar none, has a very troubled run. <laughs> man, yeah. Destiny 1 and 2 for the last seven years. Uh, man, talk about riding the wave of quality. Uh, right now it seems to be good, but man, like every six months I feel like they're going through some turmoil. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, so Destiny was a wild experience because it's, it's Bungie. The gameplay feels great. 
Yeah. Uh, the world is expansive. The lore is intriguing. Have you listened to Waypoints recently? Not not recently. They literally talk like an hour about Destiny lore, and I want to get back it. into it. Yeah. <laughs> Destiny right. lore is incredibly engaging. It's not surprising. These are the people who started Halo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alien races are unique and interesting. The world is dynamic. Uh, but EA... <laughs> But EA, <laughs> um, and that's kind of it. And we're just now getting to the time in Destiny, like in this past year or two, where it feels like they're really getting to branch out and, and let you, oh, you wanted to know more, you wanted to explore, you wanted to engage in this world, we'll finally let you do that. Because if you remember- they, With a caveat. Because remember, they were un, they were owned by EA Activision until they went independent last year. So now yeah. they can do what they want. With um, a caveat. With a uh, caveat. If you did not enjoy, if you enjoyed that old content, better play it quick because it's going to go in a vault. They're doing uh, the Disney Vault stuff for video game content, and I just don't get it. And that's tough. I just don't get it. Brandon, Destiny, did you ever play Destiny? Destiny? love child of mine. Yeah. Brandon, did you ever play Destiny? I thought you when did. When it launched. I played it when it oh. launched. Oh, you, you Never experienced, again. You experienced Dinklebot, didn't you? I did experience yeah. Dinklebot, yes. Wow. That oh. was a thing from the moon. It, it's unfortunate because. I feel like Brandon had a bad first experience because he didn't ever get to the point where he was playing with uh, like friends on yeah. the team, which I think mm-hmm. completely changes the experience. Yeah. Um, I didn't get into multiplayer to online until a couple months ago. I know. I know. And it's one of those things where like, I'd love to find a good entry point to take you back to destiny because I do think you'd really enjoy it. I think you'd like the gameplay. I think you'd like the lore a lot, a lot. Uh, it, it's just, Timed it wrong. Yeah. 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 It happens. Yeah. And Destiny, uh, they have like a two year plan for Destiny 2. Like, mm-hmm. they, they're not going to do a Destiny 3. Like, yeah, we're just going to keep updating this one game and just make it make it the World of Warcraft of shooters. Like, what they've always wanted to do, but they couldn't under the shitty umbrella of EA. Uh, I'm going to spin into a small thing about another Dragon Ball game. I'm going to talk about the Xenoverses. I like those. Uh, Xenoverse is really cool to me. Um, because it is basically the evolution of the Dragon Ball MMO that was locked, region locked to Japan, uh, that Toriyama built. And this is basically that turned into this console game that has a solid story that takes place in the far future with the Kai of time, uh, and future trunks. And, uh, you basically have to repair problems in all of time and space in the multiverse because the multiverse is real and Xenoverse makes that very clear. Mm -hmm. Um, and, the fighting is not great, but good. It's good enough. It's good enough. Uh, and everything else about it is incredible. Like, you get to design your character from all these different uh, human Saiyan, Majin, Frieza's race, Namekians. My Frieza guy, I last time I played it, I got his golden form. And I'm a super cool golden Frieza man. Yeah, and you can, you can be so customizing. It feels like you are a person revisiting the history of Dragon Ball. You're not just playing through the story. You're revisiting these moments and affecting them and changing them and causing weird things and getting to train with the heroes and villains. Uh, Xenoverse is an incredible experience for Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball games did excellent in this last generation with those uh, those current running titles. Uh, Kakarot is also out, and <clears throat> people seem to think that's like, they don't seem to love it, but they think it's good. And yeah. I'm like, hey man, all good games at least. I gotta try it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see what I got. Do I got anything? I want to talk about Lego. Lego, baby! Lego, okay. baby! I, 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 this is not my, my area of expertise, but uh, we're running pretty long, and I wanted to be sure before we uh, even come to a semblance of an end, we talk about Lego. <laughs> Because um, I think this this generation has some really good Lego games, specifically Lego Marvel Superheroes 2 and Lego Batman Beyond Gotham, which is Lego Batman 3. 
I think those games rule. May I add just one? Uh, the Lego Jurassic Park game. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, the hub world of leaving Jurassic World by boat and vehicle to travel to the other films is incredible. Yeah. Was Dimensions this generation? Dimensions was. Yeah. Yeah. Lived and died. Lego Dimensions. Lego Dimensions, yes. I still enjoyed that game. Yeah. I've played... I think I've only played one Lego game this generation, and it was the Marvel Lego... The Marvel... The first Marvel one. Lego, Lego Marvel, Marvel Superheroes. Lego Marvel Su- Superheroes, yes. Uh, and that was one where it was a big open world. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Those games are really... Lego is really good. Really good uh, couch player games. Yeah, I wish Lego, they would oh, add yeah. an online capability, but they are really good two-person couch player games. Lego yeah. Marvel yeah. Superheroes 2 has uh, has a battle world type scenario, mm. um, which is which is really fun. Kang is the villain. He's taking different things from different time periods. A lot of really cool unlockable characters from the multiverse. Like you can play as um, uh, uh, what's uh, Jesus Reyes. Jesus. Spider-Man 2099. Oh, oh uh, Miguel um, O'Hara. Miguel O'Hara, thank you. Um, and many, many more characters. Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham is when you go to the different Green Lantern worlds. Different space. Lantern worlds. That's really cool. I think playing as Superman rules. You can play as Duck Dodgers as a Green Lantern, which is cool. Like You can have so many cool little... That is cool. Lego you characters. Can, you can play the Lego, as... Uh, the Lego games, they know what they do. They do it well, and they do it with a ton of love. Yeah. yeah. Lego Jurassic World has a oh man, Lego The Hobbit, which had a which they didn't finish because they didn't want to do it anymore. Um, Lego Jurassic World, you can play as the dinosaurs, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to yeah. say it was Lego. It was because in the Lego Mar in this no not Lego Marvel oh no Lego Marvel you could play as Stanley and unlock him. Yep. Lego Marvel Superheroes one, you can play as Stan Lee, yes. and he has all the he has he can turn into a Hulk. He has Spider Man's powers, an adamantium skull. Uh, I forget what forgot what else, but yeah, he's yeah. like overpowered. But on the DC side, I think you can unlock and play as Conan O'Brien in one of them, or is it wrong? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, those, I'm glad you brought them up. The Lego games are super dope, and I'm glad yeah. they keep making them because. They make them well. Like, if you like that kind of thing, there's a wealth of stuff to enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't wait for Lego, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, honestly. I'm really excited. Yeah. I, I wish so badly they would introduce online play just so we could play it without having to be in the same place. Yeah. 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 Uh, especially, especially, because, especially because their split screen isn't great. No, I disagree. No, the split uh, screen the, where it's like the dynamic. One, I right? love the split yeah, screen. I don't really right? like it. It kind of trips me up. I, I think it's genius, it uh, is, yeah. Ben. If you're not entirely oh, no, sure, I'm, I'm familiar. I actually I'm signing with Brandon on this one because that I do remember playing split screen Lego games with Brandon back from years ago, back when we were leaving at CSUN, because we tried playing them together and it it got a little jarring. Yeah, I don't I don't really like uh, like Lego Incredibles two. I don't know. Yeah, Lego Incredibles. Um, it, it, I wanted to be sure that it was like just that split screen for whatever reason. That split screen style doesn't work for me. I don't know why. Oh, I think it's inventive and genius, personally. Uh, I think that when one character wanders off screen mm-hmm. and then the line just slowly tilts yeah. in the compass direction of where the other person is moving, and then as they come back, it realigns. I think that's brilliant because it allows you to know where you are, but you don't have to stay locked into the exact same screen format, especially for puzzles where it allows you to go much further away from each other to work on them. Yeah, I think it's a good idea for whatever reason, the gameplay the gameplay aspect of it just it trips me up. I don't know why. 
Yeah, feel you. Uh, you wanted to bring up. Oh, I just got two more games I want to talk about. Uh, I, I talk about The Witcher 3 a lot. I just think that is is a perfect game in where every quest, either side or main, feels important. Um, it's it's incredibly well acted. It looks gorgeous. It's getting a it's getting like a a like an Xbox One PS5 like update uh, while they're working on Cyberpunk. So thank you guys. Um, just like The Witcher Three, like you don't have to play the previous Witcher games to, to like it. It's it's very much a different type of game too. Like it's very much more of an open world game. Uh, not that the ones weren't. <gasps> Here's your frying pan. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Girl, Sorry, that's one of the questions. Uh, and the last one's Control. And Control is not only my favorite game of the year, even though it came out last year. Uh, it's legitimately just one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I uh, Very few games have resonated with me in a way of like, I've never seen this brought to the screen before in such a way where it is the X-Files, but with normal boring bureaucracy and the crazy people that live in that on a day-to-day scenario. Um, it's just totally fascinating and I love it with every fiber of my being. Um, I'm so excited that they're going to continue making games in that universe because it's now connected to Alan Wake. All other games take place in the same universe. Um, Remedy is just a hot, hot studio, baby. That's me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wanted to bring up also Star Wars and games. Uh, this generation, not as a highlight, as a disappointment. I think regardless of how good the games ended up being, Battlefront 2, Jedi Fallen Order, or Squadrons, mm-hmm. which two of those I really like, uh, I think it was a real disappointment that we only got four games when we were used to many, many more a year. Yeah. That's a for generation. sure. That's, yep, that's yeah, yeah. That's, that really sucks. Because um, <laughs> in one year, three games used to come out from LucasArts. Yeah. yeah. It, that's one, one day, hopefully, Star Wars can get under a better umbrella because the games might, honestly, they, they probably look the best they will ever look under EA's with, with the budget they get. But in terms of what they do with their games and their microtransactions, uh, it's the worst possible thing for the for Star Wars yeah. in terms of games. Like, Jedi Fallen Order is dope, but mm-hmm. like, it has a lot I think of Jedi Fallen Order is really fun, and I think Squadrons yeah. is a blast. But I, I, I love miss... playing Battlefront 2 with friends, and I think like it looks like yeah. Star Wars. I will say that. Like, Battlefront 2 looks like Star Wars. Yeah. When you play it, mm-hmm. That's I miss the days of Republic Commando and Bounty Hunter and like those games. Like, you know. For yeah. sure, we miss those character character driven stories that really really hit. Yeah, yeah. Fall Order's almost there, but it's not quite. Calcast oh. is fine. He's fine. OG Battlefront Two, Galactic Conquest. Yeah. Pick your yeah. army, yeah. go at it. Hey guys, and was... you get an Xbox. I know it's on there. You got you got Xbox. We can all play Battlefront Two on Xbox. Guys, you guys gotta get Squadron Squadron so we can all play it. We all be uh players, fighters, flyers, pilots, pilots. Yeah. 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 I got it. Uh, I we can keep. I know I can keep talking about this because I want because there's like fires because I thought about Smash Bros Ultimate. I know I talked about it before, but holy crap, Smash Bros Ultimate. Dead by uh, Daylight. Even, yeah, Dead by Daylight. Even that's, uh, Soul. That's my last game. Yeah, even a uh, Soul Calibur Six. Uh, oh. yeah, my my last game on the list was Dead by Daylight. Uh, this year, Dead by Daylight dominated our quarantine time. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are many uh four v one style games. Uh, oh But yeah. none of them have hit quite as hard as dead by daylight did um and dead by daylight i think we all discovered in our own way oh this is actually really cool mm-hmm. uh and we have a great time doing it together and it's it's super popular too and it's been popular for years Mo- not mostly but because the gameplay is fun and easy but also they have all the famous killers that you'd want not all of them you know you got your your freddy kruegers and your leather faces you can't get jason like that you can't get jason he's got his own shitty game it's fine it's yeah uh dead by daylight uh was like really you can see why that that format of play 
much like how Overwatch dominates its, its field, you can see why Dead by Daylight does the yeah, same. Yeah, if you uh, if you go on the PC pay on the PC like Steam store, uh, there are literally a hundred like different Dead by Daylight like clones, uh, and some of them are pretty good. But there's just a lot that are just like they're trying to capture that spirit, and it's just you just can't. It just does not. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. All right, we're we're running we're running yeah, pretty we are, we long. We are running so pretty long, but I I will wrap thanks, up. thanks for doing the episode zero of uh, Basement Arcade Pausman, you guys really appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, one thing I will end, as much as this generation is ending, um, one game that I will end it on is that if, if your game, when it first comes out, and it doesn't succeed at first, do not lose hope. Because the game, the poster child for this happening is, of course, Among Us. Because that game came out way back in 2018, and it exploded in 2020. Obviously, mm-hmm. because, um, well, not obviously, but thanks, if there was maybe a semi-positive that came out of this pandemic, is this really good very easily accessible very fun online multiplayer game came out so even though your game came out uh, x amount of years ago and didn't hit up don't lose hope because those some sleeper hits that came out two or three years ago may become one of the best most talked about games i don't think fall guys would be nearly as popular if it wasn't for the pandemic yeah it probably wouldn't or it probably wouldn't be for streamers so uh sparks do you have something to say uh, yeah, I, I think you also brought up a good point. Um, video gaming got recolored for a lot of people in the time of the pandemic as, as a super dope way to be accessible. Like people who don't Thank normally you. play video games with me are playing video games with me because it's the best way to connect with the people right now. It's honestly been the strongest way for me to communicate with people who I don't get to see at all this year and rarely because we live so far away, like my friend Justin who plays Dead by Daylight with us. Yeah, Um mm-hmm. The previous generation, there was politicians who were trying to say like video games cause like mass shootings and stuff like that. And, and now with this generation, we have AOC playing Among Us with other politicians and and streamers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. the, just the talk of video games, like they're, it's just like movies. Like movies have been accepted for a hundred years, but why are video games have the stigma? It's like it's so silly and it's cool to like, yo, like people, they're, they're video games. Uh, I was, I was going to say, just watching um, AOC playing Among Us and acting totally sus was one of the funniest things I've seen this year. Elon Amar, yeah, man, that's, that's, video games are just another type of entertainment, guys. Yeah, video games, uh, this, right now, in this current period of time, have been 50% of my social life, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, being oh, yeah. able to hop on games with people and feel like I'm still getting to converse with them, regularly engage with them, really helps a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally does, totally for, does. For, Right, Brandon? I agree. <laughs> well, it's true. Like, I wouldn't talk to Pi, Justin, Matt, like, if it wasn't for video games. Yeah. And I'm glad you have allowed, it's because it's the, you're the reason why I'm doing these online games now. I'm glad that you did that. You're welcome. Friendship. Unlocked. Okay. Um, that was fun. Thanks Thanks for uh, doing that with me, guys. Really video. appreciate it. I love video games. I'll do it all right. Find us on VictorPodcast.com. Bye. No, I'm kidding. Ben. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, Do you have any books? Uh, Could you be a little bit more specific? Um, Anything readable? Uh, ben, it is your book club, so continue speaking. Uh, okay. Oh, that's right. It is my book club. I forgot. <laughs> um, I hope you read it. I did. I read it. I read it. So my book club is our first ever webtoon on the show as of now. Um, it is the um, webtoon Melancholy by Josh Nicholson. You could read it for free up on um, webtoon as of right now. 
and we did the first three chapters. So chapters one, two, and three, we read through them. And the story is about pretty much a girl looking for love. We and... also did prologue. Prologue one, two, three. Oh, and the prologue. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Thank you, Brian. Prologue and chapters one, two, three. It is about a girl looking for love in the big city and finding it in all the wrong places. That is true. Or, or at least not, or at least not looking in the right direction. So, guys, what did you think of it? I really like chapter three. I thought it was all right. Uh, I I I expected to be worse. Just because I've met like most web comics that I've read before have been like they're they're web comics. Um, mm -hmm. I found I found some of the interactions to be pretty fun, but overall, uh, it's fine. Oh. Sparks. Uh, I'm gonna try to like pull back on how critical I am because this is a web comic, um, and and I understand like you know it's someone doing something on it like that's awesome. Um, this this just didn't really work for me. Um, uh, a lot of it has to do with the writing of this really screams, tell me, not show me in a, in a comic format, which really irritates me. There's a lot of like re restating facts. I understand about the character or defining a character by the way other people are talking about them rather than like showing me that's who the character is by their actions. Um, and because it's a comic, I'm like, you got to you got to show me some of this, these aspects of the people and uh, just many, many instances of, um, of people just saying like, Oh, can't find a man and can't find a man. And like reiterating that point over and over. And I'm like, no, no, like I get what the story is about. And like, it, it's, it's not building to any kind of a character concept that mm -hmm. fleshes anybody. There's, there's out. no arc. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and that, that, just was hard for me and i unlike brandon i really didn't like chapter three but i'm probably being like overly critical uh i was talking to ryan about it before i'm just gonna get this out of the way now uh because i'm deep in media analysis right now uh and specifically we're deep in racial and lgbtq representation that's what i'm studying in across three different classes right now uh and so when i come to this chapter three all i can see is homophobia uh with her basically being a representation of i how can you think i'm gay like that's a, so the worst thing that can be assumed about her uh, uh and there's only two people of color in this webcomic one of them is an asshole boss and the other one is an overly predatory lesbian hmm. it's not great uh for media representation it's not fantastic and i can i can again forgive like you know it's a webcomic that is common stereotypes of media representation. It's just a bummer to see. And I'm being hypercritical and I'm aware of it. Yeah. Um, because it's been a while since I because I try to catch up on Malachi. I think because the the author he releases um the strip or the pages um uh, like every, every once every two uh two pages like every two weeks. So it takes a while for me to read up or catch up on it. I, I'm not fully called up the series, but rereading these uh these um these chapters um i i still really like the character of honey because i know it's one of those things where, like later on down and if my memory serves she does grow uh, like she does grow as a character a little bit more but rereading these first three chapters it's like oh wow that is kind of one note because like you were saying sparks it was like oh my god you can't find an ant like when she was going into the speed dating one and she's talking to the speed dating lady and she's like really you can't find him in are you serious it's like wow this, this is like the third time they've done that joke already or am i just misremembering 
it's like I I get I get it. Like she's she's an extremely attractive like lady, but she has problems finding guys. But like it it just it kind of just focuses on that a lot, and mm-hmm. it's like it's very stereotypical, and it's like it's it's never. I don't, I'm not, I really don't want to be mean, but like, it just, it never really feels clever. It's just like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what bothered me about uh, it's the, the, the barista. What's his name? Not, not oh, uh, Rudy. Rudy. Um, it, Rudy bothered me because I like, I'll, I'll, I'll analyze a comic book with the, uh, with the best of them. But when I'm reading this, I'm looking at this going like, I really hope he's not, an author surrogate and he's writing this book because like i can't get the babe but what if i got it what what if the babe was like super cool and nerdy and she was like i didn't even think of that no i, I, I yeah i get I didn't, think, I didn't think of either but i do understand what you're talking I'm about i'm a little concerned about how that could come off um because of how idealized honey is mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. how like normal rudy is and then you have the then you have like the the pepper the, the like the best friend who's always like well like he's always ragging on her and like oh you don't really know her like i know her and it's like it's like it's stuff that i've seen in like 90s cheesy sitcoms like yeah. mm-hmm. i i want to i do want to spotlight just a couple of things some of them bad some of them good um uh she explicitly states in the prologue that she's in her 30s uh none of these characters talk like 30 year old somethings they all talk like just just into my 20s yeah and that makes it very hard to set like are you saying i talk different yes um you do dude it's funny the second you turn 30 you sound like a completely different no but i mean like what happened like i'm just thinking like as i'm hearing honey's voice i'm like this doesn't at all sound like the kind of thing megan would say megan's 30 you know in her 30s and i can't I'm like, she would never say, like, have conversations like this. Not not even in the way that she talks about relationships. Like, like nobody, nobody engages in this way. Like, it's a it's a webcomic. Um, but it, it's just like all all of them feel like they need to be aged down, but I feel like the only reason that they're aged up is because the concept of why don't you have a man yet is only more pressuring if she's older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone talks like they're in their 20-somethings. Everyone behaves about life like they're in their 20-somethings. Uh, it's very cavalier and, and f- so that that setup. Uh, I really like the gag about her needing to put the batteries into the Game Boy uh, to mm. play Pokemon. Yes. I, I think that's hilarious. Yeah, there is that, not that too. anywhere near enough of that in here. To uh, That is Honey's personality and it doesn't come through. Most of the time, Honey comes through as a milk toast random pretty much what pepper assumes she is yeah and rarely do they let her like uniqueness show and i wish there was more of it it feels like if that's the point of what i'm supposed to get of her character that should start showing up way more at least by chapter two uh and it's not and i feel like that's a huge detriment to it even though i think moments like that are super good i'll I'll be positive here for a second um there are some moments of of real emotional like like when you're in your thirties, looking back on your life, like there's specifically like uh, uh, this where she's like looking back at like in high school and she's talking to her best friend and like, oh, we're gonna be together forever, and then like it turns out it's not that way. And I do think there is some of that stuff that I that I can reach to, but then like the next page it's something completely different. I'm like, oh well, that idea was cool for the one page. Uh, speaking to that point, all of her like flashback twelve years ago to eleven years ago, whatever. Uh, that all should have just been a whole chapter. Yeah, like let those. Th- that's the whole thing is like let those characters mean something. Uh, when she bus- busts in 
to the uh, uh, sorority uh, looking for the friend a year later. And she's like, Brad broke up with me through postcard. Um, I, I feel like I'm not even upset with the character for not engaging with her very much about it because I, from the perspective that they give it to us, I'm like, well, you haven't heard from her in a year. Why would she? This crazy lady just they runs don't, up they to They don't your act house. like it's something that, yeah, it's, it's super bizarre. And I, I don't, I'm not allowed to have connection. Isn't the the next chapter, if I recall, in the uh, announcement page, because I read some of those, um, so it was going back to high school, right? The next chapter is like a side chapter, side chapter one. Ah, uh, cool. I'm not. Oh, I'm asking the person to read it. Oh, um, yeah. the The current chapter right now is, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell, I have is all from back in the day. Okay. Well, and that's yeah. that's that's, that's the most eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's the most current one. That's the most current one right now. I guess I'll say for like we read like the equivalent of like of like what feels like almost like. Like a like a trade or two, like it feels like a lot, and I just I'm don't. I, yeah. There wasn't much growth as a, from the character, and I understand this is like maybe long form, and web comics aren't the same as like a six issue trade or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, if I was, web comics are interesting because like if I'm reading this like every single day, like I don't know if I would like this. Just just yeah. reading like a single page every day, unless it's just like really really good, because I just haven't read a web comic since like like uh, the Penny Arcade like 15 years ago. And I'm just wondering if, like, I just, maybe I just don't like that comics. Look, I, I, 100%, like, I'm just sitting there when we get, went through the chapters and there's the part where it says, thank you, 5,000 subscribers after a certain point. And I sat there and I went, really? Yeah. Really? 5,000 over this? I just didn't, I didn't, I don't get it. I, de- I guess I just don't, I don't get it. But, like, I, I find the writing casual and, and shallow. Uh, uh, like fluffy, uh, of the level below Hallmark movie, and that's really hard for me to get invested in. Ben, uh, I've read your writing, and I think you write better. Uh, Stepan Sedgic is on webtoons right now. Fun fact: is on webtoons. Hell yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's got a webtoon. I think there are good web comics out there. I just this mm-hmm. this one this one didn't didn't speak to me. It okay. It it feels like it's written for like. If, like it, it, I think you're right, Brandon. I think it, like a very much like an audience story. Like, wow, like this is the perfect moment, and she's just like us, guys. Yeah. I I think uh, just kind of piggybacking off that point. I think the hardest thing for me to get get into it with is that I'm like, I just don't feel like this dude should be writing this story about this woman. I don't think yeah. he gets it. I don't think he gets in the head of it at all. Uh, of her, I don't. I don't know that we're ever invited into her head. I don't feel like I know her. I read her for for the equivalent of four chapters and I don't know her. Yeah. Um, but I don't mean I, to be like, too mean. I, I, Ben, I genuinely want to know, know. what, know. What, um, what works for you in this. Uh, what works? Cause, okay. Cause I actually will admit reading the first few chapters of this, it was a little hard or the first three chapters in the prologue was a little hard. Um, I, I, cause I think I remember back when we did Sailor, the first volume of Sailor Moon is like, oh my God, it gets so much better, but that's jumping you at the deep end with you not knowing everything else. Cause there are, oh, I there, forgot we did that one. Yeah. Cause there is a chapter that does dive deep into the relationship between Honey and her mom. And that's a really good one. Um, because while I was reading this, the one thing I did like about the first chapter is when she's on the speed dating, uh, when she's doing the speed date, and essentially she gets called out for finding a guy of truth, like, oh, I want X, Y, and Z, and my man, he's like, he doesn't exist. You gotta lower your expectations. And that's the writer and, telling us. And I want to, and I want to say, 
straight up, I really like that moment too. And then I hated that they immediately undercut it by introducing some dude after that who she's like, I'm going to look past flaws. And they're like, yeah, but his flaws can't be looked past. Mm. Sucks to be you. I'm oh, like, yeah, you, that... you just ruined the point you made. Mm-hmm. Just ruined it. Like, she yeah. could have met a guy who had, like, a flaw, but mm-hmm. a passable one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. You're actually right. Because after he, she talks to, I believe his name was Paul, and then yeah. here comes the dude who collects moss. And then he's like, I also collect fun guys. Like, wow. Okay, that's really lowering the bar but another thing is like chapter two because actually when i was reading chapter three i was like i actually did see like wow this actually is kind of it's problematic in a ways i'm it's problematic but going back to chapter two because that because when her and her friends are essentially you watching her drift apart from her friends that kind of hit home because i we've all drifted apart from friends in high school he won't let me other friends from high school because i've certainly drifted apart from not because i wanted to but just because it happens i mean facebook can only do so much and then one day you're on there this actually happened recently i a friend of mine i was like oh i want to see how so-and-so is doing next thing i know they've unfriended you on facebook and you're like oh well you just stuff like that happens in fairness facebook will unfriend people that you don't talk to oh really yeah they just do do it automatically oh uh I will. I will real quick talk about uh, the some things that I actually that I really did like. Um, mm-hmm. ever like I th- I guess at the beginning of every chapter, but it's basically she's having a dream oh, and yeah. then she wakes up and she's at work. And those few pa- those few pages I I thought were pretty charming. Like she's like she's like a James Bond type lady, and like there's a bomb gonna go off, and she's just playing like a game on like like on a computer on like, Minekeeper. Yeah, Minekeeper. Like yeah. Those, those are like charming little things. So like oh she likes games, but she fantasizes mm-hmm. about bigger things. I'm like. I just wanted that all the time. Yeah. And I, right. I just felt because like, you got a window into her personality. Yes, I just felt like she was that like that blonde like bimbo that like she's trying not to be, but the writer was writing her that way a lot. The yeah. saddest thing to me is that the funniest piece I read in all of this, the one that really made me chuckle, was the chapter three announcer, which you guys probably didn't read, hmm. but I was scanning through, so I stopped on it and read it. And what I read it, is, it. I read it. Yes, and it's a it's a goof on other web comics and how they over dramatize things. And so there's literally a part where this is like Scott Pilgrim humor, where they're playing with the paneling and it's saying, yeah, they'll just like isolate a square and then create all this over wealth of white space. And so you're just scrolling and scrolling <laughs> one panel. Oh my God, you're so right. Scroll, 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 <laughs> just white space. I know, right? Scroll, scroll. And I'm like, that's really funny. Uh, where is this wit in the rest of it? Yeah. Um, I mean, besides the writing, I enjoyed that one, a lot actually. Yeah, I mean, I actually um, going off the story, I do enjoy the art. I like his art style a little bit. I think he he draws cute girls. It's it's like a cute cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. A, it's a cute cartoon. For indie um, stuff, yeah, I won't knock it. Yeah. And yeah, besides besides that, uh, melancholy for me because I I dig the story. I do enjoy reading it. It to me, it's like it's a nice quick read. When it's like you know what, I just want to read something fun. I just want to forget about life because. I'm a bit of a sucker for romance stories. I'll admit it here. I, I like some of those. I like those stories sometimes. And Nothing I heard. I heard that, Brandon. Nothing and, wrong with that, then. Yeah. And I'm just, and there are times I just like Ben, I like Sunstone. I know, so do I. About that. Oh, dude, Sunstone. Uh, yeah. I, it's downstairs. I'm so happy I put it back on my shelf. Um, yeah. It's, I enjoy it. I, I see this as a nice, it's a quick read. I blaze through these chapters and something nice is like, you know what? I haven't looked at melancholy. Oh, there's a, quite a few pages up. I'll take, I'll give those a read. 
I got some time. One comment that I really like. Um, Girl, just give up. You don't need a man. You just need some cats. It's time to start your crazy cat lady collection. And I'm like, (laughs) way ahead of you, girl. (laughs) I'm over there. She does have Uh, Claude. um, I I will say... Oh, uh, Claude. Mm, I just got it. Uh, I will say just a general uh, kind of idea note, Ben. Personally, like if you do feel some of the later chapter stuff was stronger, I was thinking about it, and I feel like you could have started us at chapter two or chapter three okay. going forward, and I wouldn't have been lost at all because they constantly reiterate what her state of being is. She doesn't have man, need man. It's it's very clearly present. Uh, okay. Everybody's everybody's status is kind of restated at the beginning of each chapter, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I, know, I know where we're at. Um, just for future reference, right. uh, you know, like be, be aware of things like that, especially if you do another web comic, like if, if you feel like you got to take us a little further down the road, because I, that's a common thing in web comics that mm-hmm. they get much better because someone just, just starts something much the same way we started the podcast. Yeah. I started yeah. it just to do it. And, uh, yeah. and then you get to the point where we're at now, where we, we do StreamYard, We sound much mm-hmm. better. We have logos, we have visuals, we have a video channel. Yeah. You don't start there. Yeah. And no. web comics are much in that same vein. So if you ever feel that again, mm-hmm. uh, like think about where's a good entry point. It doesn't need to be, let's start at the beginning when things were rough. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, now that you mentioned that, cause one of my favorite web comics that I read everything when I was in high school was a webcomic called Bob and George, which essentially it, it started off as like a hand draw comic, but then it evolved into a Mega Man spoof Sprite comic. And then they just went with it. As very common with webcomics. They, they are very clearly a, of the moment I'm learning and improving uh, a thing. And so that I will never be upset with you saying hey uh or even if you need to give us like an introductory blurb if there's no clean clean Mm -hmm. entry point just like if this is the thing you want us to read jump us into the thing that Mm -hmm. you think is good about it yeah Uh, don't feel feel like because i i I don't want to because there are some really good web comics i i know they're out there um like we're doing one for our uh, book for the fickner's book club little char little char and the gang charmander yeah and i actually would like to revisit bob and george with you guys because i think you guys really you would i mean i'm gonna re i'm gonna go double check because it's been years since i last read it but i think you guys might enjoy it that that webcomic the author did it every day for like seven years or something wow it's, it's a long ass thing and he went through all the mainline Mega Man games up to that point which is Mega Man eight. Oh no he did do Mega Man. he went up to Mega Man seven that was his last one but either way, it's I I remember laughing my ass off. It was hilarious. So I I know this is definitely not going to be the last comic web comic I ever do, but I will definitely keep that in mind. Where don't if there's a really good jumping point, you don't have to start at the beginning. Because while I was reading this, I was like, it because I was remembering the the better chapters later down the line. I was like, yeah, that this is him, the author, starting out. This is him finding his groove, and then things get better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, All right. Yeah. All right. So that'll be it. Uh, Ryan, it's your book club next. Hot dog. It sure is, you guys. Hey, we've been talking a lot about Grand Morrison on this podcast. And guys, mm-hmm. and I, I was thinking about me trying to make this our, our fake nerd book, book club thing, but I still land on a wheel and like it might get picked. So I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to pick this. I'm picking my favorite Batman book of all time. It's called Batman and Robin. Batman Reborn. It's Grand Morrison, Frank Quietly. It's Dick Grayson as Batman, Damien as Damien guys this book is sensational um that's the first volume of that run right 
Yes, first volume, first six issues. I got the beautiful, big, deluxe edition because uh, this book is so good. Dick's the best Batman. Fight me, everyone. <laughs> no. <it>. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So that'll be it. So stay tuned for that one. Sweet. Yeah, okay. Um, next week, we've talked about it. It's possible we'll do a review of New Mutants because New Mutants comes so out on... yeah. Uh, New Mutants comes out on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital and digital this coming week. So if we have enough to say about it, we may do that. But if not, stay tuned for something else. Yep. Um, as we set up top, Mike's, Mike's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge, that is going up on Tuesday, guys. You're in for a treat. Um, uh, in two, in another week, you can catch us on Fake Nerds Watch once again, talking about episodes three and four of this season of The Mandalorian. Brandon, have you watched the third episode yet? Not yet, but I know the spoiler. I oh, watched I'm, the third episode. I don't know the spoiler, but someone told me, yo, this is just a live action Clone Wars episode, and I'm freaking out to watch it. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. Shit, we might be I, doing that tomorrow. <laughs> here's the thing. I saw the spoiler, and I was like, <gasps> I don't know nothing about nothing. I just know people are freaking out. I'm not gonna say anything because I watched it and I yeah. I will. And let's and let's just say that I will be listening to the wind to hear Ryan's screams of joy. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Uh. All right. Cool shit. Where am I? Okay. Yes, we talked about the Fictors Watch series. That's on here, on YouTube. If you're watching the live stream or you're watching the the replay. Uh, make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. Check out our other videos on this channel, such as our Fake News Watch series, which we're currently doing, The Mandalorian. Uh, we got a bunch of other cool shows up there for Lovecraft Country, Watchmen, Game of Thrones, Season 8 of uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah, cool. All right, so check those out. Season 1 of The Mandalorian. Season 1 of The Mandalorian. Season 1 of The Boys. Season 2 of The Boys. Season 2 of Umbrella Academy. Stay here all day. Three of Stranger Things? Uh, yeah. Two episodes of Dark Crystal. <laughs> yeah. Um, four. Because we did two episodes. Oh, talking I, about four episodes. I had to go puke, so I went upstairs for that. But... All right. Guys, remember that now. My room is Kaz here. I'm trying to get her to come over here. We also have Basement Arcade. Uh, anything coming up for Basement Arcade? Um, Ryan and I, uh, we did all the Halloween stuff. Ryan and I are planning over these next couple of weeks, you're going to see at least two Fortnite videos come up from us. One where we're just exploring the Marvel event and one where we're battling Galactus. Cool. And once I get everything settled into my new place, maybe some more, I can finally make my return to Basement Arcade. Yes, man, we can do it. Oh, I miss you guys. I miss we're, you definitely, we're definitely uh, discussing a phasmophobia experience at some point for basement i want to get spooked so bad you guys but you know what we're not discussing we're not discussing doing these things in person and i hate it it's true i hate it too not yet Fake book club is our freshman series we just finished up mighty morphin power rangers that's up now uh ben say it again what's coming up it is little char and a gang it's another webtoon yeah so on the episode real quick correction if you have seen the episode or if you're still listening to this podcast uh this far out um on the podcast, on that episode, we say it's a mortal Hulk, and it's not as little Char in the game. Little Charmander. Uh, so we had a chit chat after the episode. Yes, we did. We, we talked about how much I hate that we're not talking about doing this in person. Guys, wear your masks, please. For the love of God, wear your mask. Uh, buy podcast masks. Support your favorite podcast. Yeah, this time we're your favorite podcast. Uh, 
Uh, we went up. Uh, you can check out the links in the description below uh, for for uh, for Baker Podcast Mass. We still got them. With me, it could be the difference between me seeing my friends again and me not seeing my friends again. We also have a Patreon. You can check out our Patreon. I still haven't taken the second tier down there, but nobody do it because I'm taking it down. Uh, we have a five dollar tier. Cool stuff on that one. You may get the Mike Patola's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge episode early on that. At least the audio. Um, or I may forget. So I apologize. J- Joey's on, who's our only patron. I love you, Joey. Um, we also have a Tee Public. A lot of cool shirts on Tee Public. Uh, masks are on Tee Public also. They sell those. Uh, throw pillows. I don't care. Buy something with our logo on it. Miscellaneous. Baked Book Club. Baked Podcast. Bread and butter. Um, we got a cool little 8-bit thing. Uh, Pie's designing a new shirt for us for Christmas. <gasps> oh, my gatos. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that. I'm scared. Um, you should be. <laughs> Actually, you should be. If I just remember what's on it. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> um, well, remember the top of the episode when I mentioned this shirt right here? Well, it's a so I'll just say what it is. We're talking no, about no. doing. Oh, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna say what what you should be afraid of. Um, well, we we talked about uh, Pi and I, and um, it, this is all tentative. It could happen. It could not happen. But we talked about doing it uh, a Christmas sweater print uh... on a T-shirt uh, with a lot of like in jokes from the show and something like that. So you know, if that happens, stay tuned. Uh, what we've talked about it. So, uh, so you should afraid. be scared. You should be. Uh, all right. You can find all those links in the description below, or you can check out our website at www.fakenerpodcast.com. It's in the ticker down below right here. Look at that. Look at that. It's our website. We say shit on there sometimes. I am currently working on a couple of articles, so hopefully it's going to update that soon on my end. But you can check out all the links that I've mentioned in on that website. Your one-stop shopping place for your favorite podcast. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who's been watching this. Uh, thank you to everyone who watched the replay. Uh, we would greatly appreciate all your support over this trying time, over these last 30 years. You guys have really kept me going. Um, to thank you to Jerry, the 30 years of 2020, <laughs> it feels like it. Are you kidding? I, I was actually this close to doing a joke because, like, it is the 100 or 200th X day of March. Yeah, thank you to Jerry Velucci, uh, for doing our music and stuff like that. Uh, if you're watching this or listening to this, you're seeing you're hearing his music. Um, hopefully, more stuff coming soon. He may make it a New Year's type of thing, we'll see. Um, he also does a podcast called Suburban Proctologist Official. You can find that on iTunes or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Suckproc Podcast. I'm doing my best Sam Waterston impression. I don't know why. Um, you can check out our his Instagram at Jeremy Village Keyboards. Uh, Mike Patola. We talked about Mike a lot this episode. Guys, Mike's awesome. Mike's a cool dude. Mike's got a chicken coop. All of, these, all of these things are true facts. Because he wanted chickens. That's the reason. Like, yeah. that's it. He wanted chickens. We gave him, uh, uh, my girlfriend and I gave him a, a stamp that says butt nugget. <laughs> that's great. For, for his chicken for his chicken eggs. Uh, you can find him at at Mike Patola on Instagram and Twitter or on Tuesday on the Fake Nerd Podcast for Mike's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, guys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at BenMega27. And also, I still write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. I haven't written anything because... You're moving. What, 
exactly the same damn excuse i've been using for the past three weeks i'm moving uh, but i should be writing stuff soon i just got a brand new laptop i cannot wait to test that baby out and i also can't wait to make this so it's not a blank void of a wall behind me sparks uh, you can find me just dancing the night away at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. Hey, guys, I'm DJ Tony Snark everywhere. DJ Tony Snark 616 on Twitch. Watch me play video games. Mag says stay safe, guys, late. I was like minutes ago. Thanks, yes. Mag. Appreciate you. See you, man. Hey, man, I can only look at two screens at a time. Let's get two different eyes. That's fun. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and re- ah, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next week, guys. Happy birthday to Ben and me. Bye.